I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Oh, hello, Mr. DJ. Mr. P, how are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing pretty swell. Cool. Yourself. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm a little lonely up here right now. You look a, you look a little lonely. Um, everybody finally caught on. Uh, I've known for years I'm a sham. Now they know it, and they won't even sit with me anymore. Uh, yeah, it's over for you. Uh, what's, dude. what's sitting on the chair there? What is that? That is a Zyrtec D for our guest. Oh, okay. Our guest is highly allergic to cats, oh. but nonetheless, okay. they've decided to join us tonight. Okay. So... Uh, I've advertised today as a mystery guest, okay. and I've had a lot of people you're, ask me. You're not going to do the reveal right now, are you? Oh, dude, we're getting really, really super close. That's, that's cool that we're close. I just want to tell you who I've thought that it was. Hold on one second before I forget anything. Hold on. you got to tell this person to wait by the door until they, until they hear that they're welcome. Is that what you're doing right now? That's exactly it, man. Okay, good. So they're out in my kitchen right now. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I've told a lot of uh, a lot of people um, have known it's a mystery guest, and I I want your guesses here in a second, but everybody has uh, or excuse me, a lot of people have asked me about it, and really the surprise is actually only for one person. Oh, I hope it's me. Yeah, it, it is you. So <laughs> I actually don't mind you know the guests, but the guests swore me to secrecy. Okay. And actually said I don't want you to tell anybody. Hang on. I'm gonna. Can I tell you the the process of how I've thought about this whole thing? First of all, half our friends found out because our guest has a big mouth, and he told half our friends. Okay. All right. It makes me more and more <laughs> sure about my uh, about my thoughts. Here. Okay. Cool. Okay. Hold so, on one second. If you're standing outside the door right now, bro, and you actually hear your name, just come on in. No, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't not. Don't yet. do it. Not yet. Okay. Let's hear it. This person will know if I'm right. Okay. So this uh, this is what I thought. So when you you told me about this quite a while ago. Like, we had only done a couple episodes when you were like, oh, and we might have a mystery guest at this date. Yeah. And I can't tell you about that one yet. So my first thought when you, when you said that is that it was going to be uh, Norman Kent, that you were just going to surprise me with someone that maybe I'd geek out about. Yeah. And then you asked Norman Kent in real life, and he's like, yeah, that's cool. And I was like, okay, well, that's, that's not going to be it. <laughs> so I started thinking a little bit more about who, uh, who you might surprise me with. Mm-hmm. So the, the next person that, uh, that was on my list was my buddy Chase from Utah. Chase races 100 meters. He travels a lot for races. And some of those races are in the South because we have a lot of black folks and they run real fast, right? <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, maybe he's coming to Houston for... Uh, Fucking racist no, it's not. it's not racist. It's true, man. They're you gifted seen, people. You, yeah, they run fast. And yeah. that's, uh, so I thought he was maybe coming to Houston for a competition or something like that. And I was like, no, I just, I just don't see that happening. And then the next person on my list was my brother. Because uh, he's spoken with you before yeah. about the canopy course. Uh-huh. He kind of owes me a visit here, uh-huh. and he's got a he's got a newly uh, you know a new baby that they're just finally getting settled mm-hmm. with. So I was like, oh, maybe maybe, maybe he's gonna be my brother, right? And oh, to the icing on that cake of what, where I, why I was so sure I was right was because my mom called me on on Tuesday, or no, I called my mom on Tuesday. We usually talk every Sunday, but I was mm-hmm. in Dallas, so I called her on Tuesday, and we got to chatting, and she's like. So what's this thing? Like, I see that you, this this thing uh, is podcast. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, we do this thing. It's, oh. it's uh, something that me and, me and some friends are involved in. And she's like, why do they call you Mr. P? And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, and I've told that story on the podcast before, so I don't really need to, to go into it. But I told her the story and just kind of... So you told up. your mom your name is Mr. Penis. 
Yeah, I told her that it's yes. short for Mr. Penis. Yes. And but my mom is cool as shit. She was super down. She thought it was she thought it was real funny. So uh, fast forward to this morning. Mm-hmm. It's it's six a.m. It, well, you you asked me yesterday if I if I knew who it was, and what did I say? You have no clue. Yeah. And did you believe me? Yes. Because then I did. I had absolutely no clue. But today, today, I was sitting on the toilet. This is 6 a.m. And I was just thinking to myself, uh, you know, Tommy left recently. Yeah. And I was a little upset at Tommy because I didn't get to say goodbye to him in person. Mm-hmm. And Tommy's a good friend, and I was a little pissed off about it. So I was just kind of sitting there thinking about it. He bailed on me, too, that little son of a yeah, bitch. Yeah, dude, I, I don't know. He's, he's a sneaky little fella. So I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about, uh, you know, I talked to Sam about it a little bit, his girlfriend, Sam. Mm-hmm. And she said something in passing like, you know, I'm really glad that Matthew's out there with him so he's not alone by himself. Mm-hmm. And then I remember overhearing someone else say that uh, the, the reason that some of these new guys were going out there mm-hmm. was to give some, uh, some of the full-time people a chance to take vacation. Am I barking up the right tree here? Hold yourself on camera for one second. Hang on. I'm no, on- no, no. Hold yourself there. Don't change the screen. Don't change the scene. You're on video right now, right? Yeah. You're on video. Good. Come on in. Ah, oh, shit! <laughs> it's Big Smitty. Guys and gals, if you're not watching this, one of our really dear friends, a guy named Braden Smith, who actually wrote the uh, beginning, he wrote the intro for Gravity Lab Radio, is actually here today. He is visiting the United States for a little bit. These boys are crying and they're hugging. So this surprise is for my boy Nick Law, Mr. P. Okay. Did I? Oh, did I change the camera? That's we okay, go. man. We're good. We got your reaction, <laughs> and that's what we wanted to see. Hang on. Hey, okay. Do me a favor. Hit that door real quick, man. Yeah. Oh shit. Sorry, I should have known that. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited. <laughs> so yesterday, you <laughs> actually asked me, "Do I know the person?" Ah, uh, yeah. You feel? I feel pretty sure. Do you think I'm going to like him? I think so. <laughs> Is this yeah, good enough for it's you? It's pretty good. It's pretty awesome. So okay, so. Hold on, I want to. I, I just want to capitalize on this moment here. So, uh, Brayden, get those headphones on so you can get into the uh, how we how Sexy we sound in their big space. Dude, this is so sick. <laughs> Dude, this is so uh, fucking. Cool. How's that volume? You good? Dude, it's good. Uh, can you, you turn it? Can you turn it up a little bit? Actually, you, you want more you in, in the headphones? Um, how are you doing now? Dude, that's yeah, that's money. Is that, is that good right there? Holy crap! Right, Dude, so, you guys are killing it. <laughs> so for that microphone, they're really directional. So if yeah, you yeah, think, I know. if you look at the back of that microphone, think about pointing that at DJ, and it's going to help you hey, uh, yo, say in that word. We had a briefing last night. Yeah, yeah, he told me. I came <laughs> yeah. over last night. <laughs> right. and he gave it. He gave me the whole deal. Sons of bitches. We prepped, man. Dude, I, we did our homework. It hit me like a ton of bricks this morning that I just had this epiphany that all these little small things that I just hadn't paid attention to. That it, that it was going to be you, that you were showing up today. <laughs> well, dude, dude it, I was so pumped all day, and I didn't want to say it to anybody because I didn't want to, like, jinx it, yeah. you know? <laughs> I didn't want to just be wrong. And But as I, I, I was just at uh, Chipotle, our Chipotle, <laughs> before I came here, and I, God, and I wrote, dude, I, wrote I haven't eaten notes. there yet, dude. I haven't eaten there yet because well, of you. I will go for seconds. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting. But, uh, but I, I just thought, I started writing all this down. I, I, I already took away a, a page of notes that I, <laughs> that I made to get through... I just wanted to make sure I hit all the steps of how I came to that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> do you do you ever remember uh, me sending like random texts to you like, "Hey, are you up? Like, I need to call you." Like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. This happened a few times. Yeah. And so uh, the uh, I guess uh, the the reason that I wanted to to talk to you at those times is that there's this thing that hits me every once in a while. 
this thing of like how good of a friend you are dude. and and how much i owe don't you don't do it dude <laughs> no shut up don't do it dude uh, i'm up. honestly on the verge I, of crying right now I dude know, do not I do that you do are. not say <laughs> i know shit. you are not you sean but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh this is going to be way more fun because i think this uh making a, a public i love you bro is going to be way more exciting than, uh, than doing it on the phone, dude. So uh, this is not how we're supposed to start this. So, yes, let it go. Sorry, do your thing. So, uh, Braden once asked me what uh, what I thought I would do after skydiving, because we all are going to run into that someday, where we're just too old or we're not interested or whatever it is. And Braden said, "You know, I really have this vision of you making videos," and I was like. I mean, I had made, made some fun jump videos before that, you know, but uh, I had never really made a real, uh, a real video. And so Braden, uh, he said that to me, and then a few months went by, and uh, Braden was working for the IBA at the time. And uh, the IBA was putting on a, a competition. It was the first uh, uh, world-level recognized indoor skydiving competition. That it was uh, an aeronautical, the FAI was recognizing it as, a, as an aeronautical sport. So, Brayden was working for the IBA, and... Uh, that was fun, dude. It was super fun. Wasn't that fun? But he, he had a meeting, and they were trying to get a promo video made for, for this event. And they were trying to do it somewhere uh, out, of, uh, out of state. I think they were trying to do it with some company in California that had no idea. They didn't have any footage. And so, it was uh, causing a lot of headache. So Braden says in this meeting, he says, hey, I've got a buddy. Who I got the guy. Yeah, he's don't. <laughs> I got the guy. See, and at the time, he knew me, but I, was, I wasn't the guy. Like, I knew a little bit. But he could fake it. Oh, yeah. yeah I definitely, <laughs> this, totally was, this was textbook faking it till you make it. And uh, he said, I, I have this friend. He's going to, he, can, he can do this video, and he'll do it for a trade. He'll do it for tunnel time, so we don't have to pay him. And so everyone's keen on they the They love that, dude. All the managers, when they hear that you <laughs> don't have to pay someone... They, their eyes just light up. Go on, sorry. I'm no, no, all good, dude. You're, you're in the story. Yeah. You chime in. Whatever yeah, yeah, you yeah. Want. I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, Braden tells them, tells them about me, and they are like, okay, cool, let's do it. So I come out, and I do this video, and I'm, I'm halfway shitting my pants the whole time because it's way more than I know what to do with. Like, it's the first time I'd ever done voiceover in a video. It's the first time I'd ever done anything, like, official for a company. I first just... time I did voiceover, too. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah, pretty sure, dude. <laughs> but it was awesome, dude. It was so good. The voiceover was super humble. Yeah. But so uh, we do this video, and we spend two days doing it, two days nonstop, and it came out pretty okay. I think if I watched it today, I'd probably hate it and be like, man, we really fucked that up. But at the time, it was awesome. Dude, they loved it. And they, they did love it. They, they thought it was awesome. That's all that matters. And so they, they liked that video enough that they had me come back to do video of the, uh, of the competition. And uh, it, was, it was awesome. That went really well. I worked super hard. But again, those videos, they're, they're not great compared to what I can do today. But uh, I owe you a huge thank you because without you, I never would have... Uh, gotten lined up with iFly, which has gotten me a whole lot of tunnel hours. It's gotten me, dude. You know, that's what's up. Thousands of dollars in cash from Hell yeah. and it helped me develop this skill set that is now, you know, that's that's my job at, at Spaceland. Aside from shooting tandem videos, I get, I get paid to make these videos. For dude, and he up. kills it, crushes them. Holy shit! Yeah, but the dude. the point is, regardless of whether they're good or not, some of them are better than others. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have happened without. Without you setting up that deal, like without you putting my foot in the door with iFly, none of that shit would have ever happened. Dude, there's and no. So I owe you a huge thank you. And, and I all, appreciate and that. And all that besides, you're, you're just a good dude. Like you're someone who you're, you're a natural leader. You're super friendly, super outgoing. 
Like you're someone that I, I see the way that you interact with people and it's super inspiring to me. Like that, man, like I, I hope that I can be like this person. A lot of nice things being know. said here. I appreciate it. But uh, sound like you don't I'll believe come them. Over. <laughs> I'll come over later. But this, for, for real though, for real, this kid has dirt on me. Like, oh, legit I have told, dirt. I have told him some fucked up things. Legit dirt. And I know some of your shit. Dude, dirty, dirty. <laughs> Dude, here's and, the thing. He was saying when I came in, he was saying, you know, this guy can't keep a secret. And that's totally fucking true. <laughs> I can't keep a secret unless it's real juicy. That's yeah, the only way you're going to get me no, to keep a secret. It's got to be dirty. It's got to be real dirty. I know he's got some stuff in the vault that I don't think will ever come out Not to ever. anybody until... Oh. Until until his heart stops, maybe. I thought we were about to start like a whole TMZ thing, y'all telling dude, on each other. No, dude. No. I mean, start a girl fight here. I will talk about whatever you guys want to talk about, <laughs> dude. I I was thinking about that too because what well, I've known that we were gonna do this for for like months, you know. So I've had all these things that I want to tell you. I didn't write any of them down because I just wanted it to be natural. No, I, I just, <laughs> my memory is so bad. I just wanted to make sure I hit all the important points. Well, you know? yeah. Well, and you've, you've only known legitimately for one day. Yeah. I really did figure it out this morning. It, yeah. Dude, like I was, I was shitting. That's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. And like a ton of bricks, this realization of, oh my God, Braden is going to be on the fucking podcast tonight. <laughs> That's and I so was <laughs> so excited. And Sam, Sam walked in, like I get up just a little bit before her and she walked into the bathroom and I was just like, oh my God. I think Brain's gonna be there, dude. What was her reaction out of curiosity? Uh, she, I, I think she was confused because she, she had literally just woken up, just stumbled into the bathroom, yeah. and she does this hilarious little zombie walk. That I wonder if I can do it. Like, she, it's like she has woken from the dead. It's the cutest. It's cute, and also makes me super angry because I just <laughs> think she fakes it just a little bit. But uh, <laughs> so she she walks in, and I was like, "Yeah, Braden's gonna be on the podcast." So I I don't know if she I don't know who knew. I she don't, knew. Oh, did she? She knew. Dude, are uh, you drinking wine? Are you drinking wine? Yeah, yeah I got a glass of wine. Dude, what? Right yeah. here, dude. Right what now. is going on right now? There's a glitch in the matrix. Dude, dude <laughs> the matrix is broken. Man. As soon as I, dude, as Speaking soon as I leave. The continental United States. You you both start doing a podcast, <laughs> and Nick starts drinking wine. Dude, are you joking? Me? No, I okay. So there's a book called uh, The Primal Blueprint. I may have even recommended it to you. You did, dude. Uh, Gary, uh, no, no, no. Uh, what's oh, his name? He's been on Rogan. Yeah, God, now I can't think of his name, and I've said it a million He's times. He's great. Did, wasn't he the same guy? Didn't he also bring the kettlebell to the United States? Gosh, they may credit him with that. Uh, Mark Sisson is his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's legit, and he's all about. Is he all about keto? Uh, he's not exactly like a keto uh, proponent, but he he is a big supporter of a diet that's very close to a ketogenic diet. He calls it like his brand is the primal diet. Is right what he on. Calls it. Right so, on. So it's some, he, he doesn't. Uh, he's not saying that being in ketosis all the time is the most important thing, but kind of the overall uh, his overall thought is that you should be pretty close to to ketosis most of the time if you're eating a good diet. Right. So it's something that's uh, not directly connected, but it's just kind of kind of there with what he thinks um dude there was one thing i had to tell you and uh it just it just came out when you mentioned your girlfriend sam she's filipino right (laughs) yeah right so i live on an island with like a bunch of filipinos oh i'm sorry and dude well they all kind of i mean this is going to sound super bad but (laughs) a lot of them share visible characteristics (laughs) They, they all do. look alike. Oh, well, yeah, Chinese I hear you around well, dude. <laughs> but none, dude. But none of them look like Sam. 
So she, I'm just I'm here to tell you I came here to tell you she's lying to you <laughs> about her nationality. She's not Filipino. Dude, I actually can pick out Filipino people pretty well now. Out of the time I'm spent with her and her family, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I know. I it's the uh, I could just tell how from the way they look. Do they speak Tagalog to each other? Uh, her family does. She doesn't speak any of it. Her parents speak it pretty well. Like anytime I'm over at her aunt's house or anything, they all speak it. And they spoke it around her as a kid, but she doesn't. She doesn't know any of it. No, no Tagalog at all. No, dude. One. If I mean, Rob Wallace like, is watching, he's laughing right now. Is he learning to speak Tagalog? No, but we make jokes about it a lot because it, it kind of. So we go to this bar, like one of our favorite bars, and well, our favorite bar, bar none, is called Johnny's, and Johnny's is in Garapan on Saipan, and the whole bar staff is Filipino, and these ladies work together every day. For years they've worked together, and you watch it. They're all Filipino, and they get in these fights. And do when they shout at each other in Tagalog. I mean, it it sounds it's very identifiable, I guess. Yeah, and it it sounds it sounds really mean. Yeah, their accent. Like I really want to make fun of the way that they talk. You know, like when I'm making like when I'm impersonating her dad or her mom or whatever. I'm like pretending to do the voice. Yep, it's impossible. Like the accent to to mimic it. It's it's different. It's, it's very. Different. It's really different. I uh. Not gonna embarrass myself with a bad Filipino accent on the air. Yes. I grew That's I grew bad. up in Hawaii, San Diego, nonstop around Filipinos. I have a lot of Filipino friends, and I think the accent's not hard to recreate. I can't I can't do accents. No, dude, I can't do it at all. I actually, I caught myself singing. I was doing mic checks earlier, setting everything up for you earlier, and I just wanted to make sure we were recording that one glitch we had that one time. Yeah, yep. So I sang to Pearl Jam playing along, and I played it. Oh my fucking god! Is that what you guys listen to when I try to sing? <laughs> that was horrid, man. <laughs> Braden is, I mean, you, you thank him for what he is and who he is, and I want to kind of finish introducing him just a little bit because Braden is one of the big reasons this podcast exists. Truth. We've talked about this in the past. I love Joe Rogan. I had a buddy, a few buddies of mine suggest Joe Rogan to me, and then between myself, Braden, you, Stephen Boyd, we've all shared Joe Rogan dude. as a passion. Oh, you a debt for that. Uh, dude, I... It's, I really do. I owe you a huge debt for that. You, you opened my eyes, to, I mean, through Rogan. Yeah has opened a whole nother world go on i believe that universe would have came together though i appreciate it and yep. and dude all love and all support but i think you would have found that no matter what however led us to it it's where it's going to come to uh we share this passion for joe rogan and through rogan you listen to him man if you listen to his podcast we're the idiots he's talking to everybody's just started a podcast and you know what if you've got some interesting people to hang out with and some people to share some cool stories man we like stories it's let's do it 100 percent. so number one we do that but you actually started probably uh, 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 broadcasting gaming and I'm a big gamer I'm a Twitch fan I play a lot of video games and you started streaming and I actually would sign in under my fake name I have, I have a real gamer Twitch account DJ so Marvin number one fan dude yeah <laughs> so when I'm if, if you ever see me on a Twitch account the random dude that's my gamer tag that's I'll, I'll own it I'll be on Twitch accounts I'll watch gaming I'll comment I'll do whatever but then I have a troll account and I used to go in and you guys knew who I was loved it but we had a lot of fun that was kind of that push where I'm like man I always wanted to start a podcast. You and I actually talked about doing this. We talked about doing a yes. podcast together at some point. So you it's fucking happening right now. No, Dude, it's exactly it's so, what happened. So I'm awesome. so jealous. Whenever you, you guys post these damn things on Facebook, I'm like 8,000 miles away <laughs> just wishing I could yeah. be here, dude, legitimately. But as much as this catalyst, as much as you've been the catalyst to help light this fire, to help make me go like, I want to do this. And I've wanted you here the entire time. Since minute one, you were the first name I thought of to be here. Forget that. Broadcasting on video. OBS. I'm trying to figure out this video problem. Nick tells me, hey, yo, Braden used to use OBS for that first iFlight uh, competition. I yeah. competition. So that whole giant circle 
for me is just com- it comes together, and this is one of my favorite groups of people. Dude, OBS is so sick. So, it's free, dude. Can you believe that? It's fr- dude, it's free. Yeah, you don't have to illegally download it. Like it's not free and awesome and open source. So people, you know, dude, I've and I've had to solve like these minute little problems. Like there was one, I forget what I was trying to do, but I was trying to do a recording on Skype, dude, and. There was no, there was like absolutely no solution built into the hardware or the current software on the computer, and I googled it and I did some research, and because it's open source, some nerd had made a plugin, and it worked, it, ideally for exactly what I wanted it to do. I mean, it was like, dude, OBS is so cool, and all this stuff is so much fun. Like I'm, so, yeah. dude, I'm so jealous every time I get to see this because all this is so much fun, dude. And really, people, if they people come into the studio or into what is actually literally my office, Nick sits at my office desk where I work at days. Uh, they're amazed at some of what we have set up, but it is really simple. OBS is easy to use. OBS is right now broadcasting or streaming to Facebook in HD, and it's recording in 1080p. So if we ever decide to throw this up on YouTube or something, we have it recorded. So whose box is this coming? off of whose computer the video is off my pc is that thing built like does it need to be built? no dude no it's an office computer i i I went to best buy looked for a computer that's going to fulfill my needs as a man who runs a business a little bit more powerful because i want to last four or five years right it's not a beast it's not a crazy machine the 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 biggest thing about it is it has a two terabyte hard drive on top of a solid-state drive Oh, okay. So the two terabyte hard drives, all my video storage, everything else, all my OS and everything runs off the other one. Um, very, very simple built machine. You know, with, with how simple it is, I'm actually really surprised. You know, the Rogan travels and does podcasts from time to time. I'm surprised like how shitty the quality is when he does one of those traveling podcasts. Me because, too. Because making the sound good is really pretty simple. He's mm-hmm. talked about it before. like So he did. In fact, I, I re-listened to uh, a podcast recently, but it was with Tony Hinchcliffe and Dana White on the way back from oh, the Ronda Rousey Holly yeah. Holmes yeah. flight. Yeah. They did that podcast on a plane, and it was a very controversial podcast because Tony Hinchcliffe made a joke about Cyborg being a man or whatever. Mm-hmm. He made like a super controversial joke that was really funny, and it sort of spun like the whole MMA world upside down because it, which I kind of understand, it's, it's such a hard spot to be in because you have two comedians who are obviously riffing and trying to make jokes, and sometimes they'll cross the line. But then you have the president of that company who's like her boss kind of like laughing at the jokes that they're making about her being a man. And it's like, yeah, but at that moment, dude, you're with your buddy. You can't do anything like, about it. Yeah. You're, it's going to happen. probably drinking on the plane. Straight up. Like, dude, First just, class. Just having a good time. Business class. I'm drinking. I would feel really bad if anyone ever heard anything said on this podcast and was personally offended by it. But it's like, you just got to understand the, the, what's going on here. Like, we're just some dudes having a, a good time. Business class international flight. You 100% are drinking. I know that for a fact because I just flew coach international. <laughs> and when you fly international, booze is You're free. You're drinking. Yeah. Booze is absolutely 100% free. They were serving breakfast. Okay, so what I did, I get on the plane. Hold on one second. Time out. I just, I want to, no, 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 no. I want to put some context to everything. So I want to finish this introduction just so this helps tie your story together. You're flying here and drinking. Uh, Braden used to work here at Scott Ice Baseland with us. We really hated him because you left, and you've been where for the last yearish time? Saipan. Saipan. What have you been doing there? Doing nothing but hauling Chinese people out of airplanes and skydiving. And Japanese it. people. We don't all look alike. Yeah. Give me a break. One percent Japanese. So you are. Actually, I thought it was more. We'll talk more about that. That's yep. what I'm sorry. So you're on vacation right now. Yes, sir. You're on vacation for how long? 
w- almost a month. So oh, Mr. Shit. P is the start of your vacation. Yes. This is all in the planning. So you're coming home. You're on vacation. Sorry, I just wanted to finish your intro real quick. You're here from Saipan. Yes, Drinking sir. with breakfast. Dude, so I didn't... So, oh, dude, I brought you a t-shirt from Tokyo because I flew... Well, I flew to Japan first and because it's like an easier flight. So you can either do this. You can go Saipan, Guam, Guam, Honolulu, Honolulu, Houston. And that's like a 45-minute flight and then two really shitty eight-hour flights. Okay. Or you can do a 45-minute flight to Guam, a three-hour and 50-minute flight to Narita, Japan, and then a 12-hour flight from Japan to Houston. Right. So, th- But if you do the Houston leg, or if you do the Japan leg, you get to drink for free and you get to buy your buddy a T-shirt. Yeah, so who's, not, who's yeah, not doing that? I'm going to Japan. Yeah, fuck yeah. 100%. But I didn't want to stay awake on the flight. I wanted to teleport from Japan to Houston. Okay. So I took, I think it totaled to five Benadryl. There were like some that were like cracked in half and stuff. I got on the flight and I mashed like 125 milligrams of Benadryl. I put on my sleeping bag. I was, sit- I was sitting, dude, this was, this was the best. I was sitting in an exit row. I had nobody in front of me, and I had a window seat, which I paid extra to get. It was like an extra 200 bucks, but worth it for a 1200, uh, like 12-hour flight, right? So I get in my sleeping bag, throw on my neck pillow, put in earplugs, throw on my eye mask after I chomped all that Benadryl and slept for 10 hours. <laughs> like, and, and when I woke up, they were serving breakfast, and I didn't order breakfast. I just ordered beer. The lady was coming by. I was like, do you have beer? And she was like, beer for breakfast and i was like yeah and she was like okay yeah she's like yeah it's cold what do you want and so i I proceeded to start drinking beer and as i was getting off the flight the one of the flight attendants he like cracked a joke to me he's like why don't you he was like why don't you be a little harder next or harder to deal with next time because he totally saw me (laughs) literally put myself into a cocoon and sleep for 12 like 10 hours and not bother anyone like i was so it was like i was so chill I watched like 50 people walk past him and not say anything. And then when I walked past, he's like, hey, why don't you cause a little more trouble next time, guy? <laughs> and uh, so I teleported, actually. Like, it's, it, didn't, it didn't even seem real. And then when I got to the States, that's when the jet lag sets in. And, like, going west is easy. Coming back is more difficult on the jet lag. And I don't know any science behind that. That's just what I've heard people say. And enough people have told me that, that it's reinforced in my brain. And I know it's true. And it's weirder coming back. And the whole, like, all of yesterday was just kind of like a dream sequence in my memory. And, like, there were times when I was trying to nap and, like, waking up and talking to people and shooting text messages and, like, falling back asleep. It was really weird. So that Benadryl's good shit is what you're saying. Dude. And they sell it over the counter. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's $3. Dude, the last time I took Benadryl, I was probably 19. And I promised to never take it ever again because, dude, it messed me up so badly. I thought I could take it. I was still, I was doing body piercing still. And I took it because I was having crazy allergies. And then I went to work. And then I watched myself be insane at work all day. And I, like, I would say some stuff and be like, why the fuck? Why did I just say that? Like, I w- don't even remember thinking that statement I just and made. You grew up on no meds, no. right? Like, not, your parents didn't give you, I mean, they give you Tylenol if you had a fever, but that was it, right? Like, yeah, but I mean, I, I, I moved out when I was 15, you know, and then from then on decided I didn't want to mess with that. You moved out when you're 15? Yeah, are you, you a newsie? You are, you, are you a newsie? A newsie? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the kids who in New York delivering papers or whatever no. with the little hats in the 50s, whatever. It was I, dumb. I was not a newsie. It was I was a telemarketer. At the, at the time, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, I just, I can't do those, do that, do that medicine. It makes me feel worse than whatever symptoms I'm trying to, trying to help out. You know, I just can't do it. I think I'm like at this stage in the game, 
I think I'm used to it. it. To me, like Benadryl exists. I well, a I've always had really bad allergies, like as a kid, but especially to cats, which is why as soon as I got here, DJ hooked me up with a Zyrtec D because I told him that he has cats. In about 15 minutes into this thing, I'm gonna start wheezing in this microphone <laughs> and sound like I'm super obese. But <laughs> I'm gonna go full on fat. Guys. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna start huffing Chris and into this microphone. Um, but so I've always had really bad allergies. So I grew up on like you know, tons of allergy medication. And Benadryl was always like the ace in my dad's pocket, essentially, because it cures your symptoms and puts you to sleep. It's like a babysitter. Yeah. It's like a babysitter <laughs> yeah. and an allergy. Shut med. up, kid. Yeah, Go to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And uh, so I've been on that. I've used it my whole life. So it doesn't have as intense of an effect on me, but I will notice there are groggy effects. And if you take enough of it, I mean, there's a reason why on the back it says do not operate heavy machinery because that stuff, dude, it knocks you out. Hundred percent. I have the uh, I have the weirdest. I for me, Benadryl does one thing, helps my allergies. The other day, I got stung. I'm allergic to bees. My arm starts swelling. I took two or three Benadryl to drop. I actually took two there. Came home, took one more. No drowsy symptoms. No. I went to bed when I went to bed. The one thing I do know is when I go to sleep, I go to sleep easier if I take Benadryl. So at night, if I have allergies, I take Benadryl to make my life easier. But give me three Benadryl right now, and I'm probably going to be okay. Dude, see, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. It's weird. I mean. I'm hyper. It, dude, everything has a different effect on, you know? I mean, you last know, I, time I took NyQuil, I peed the bed. <laughs> I was 25. Yes. Yes. And the dirt comes out. Did you, yeah. have a, did you have a significant other that was sharing a bed I, with you? I don't think so. No, I think I was by myself. But I just had one of those really good dreams where you're pissing and it feels <laughs> awesome. And then I woke up and that's exactly what had happened. You're like, mm-hmm, that's why it feels that way. I've peed the bed twice as an adult. Both times were alcohol related, I'm ashamed to admit. Um, one time I tried to blame it on an animal that lived in the house. I tried to blame it you on the dog. You tried to say the dog pissed yeah, I tried to say, Yeah, and I, I tried to tell everybody that the dog pissed on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, nobody bought it. Nobody of bought course, it. Of course, because they're not fucking six years old. <laughs> yeah, Why do you think that's going to happen? <laughs> and the dog, uh. the dog had a perfect reputation. It had no accidents in the house <laughs> since it was like six weeks old. And I tried to blame it. I was like, dude. Dude, it must have smelled something crazy dude, on my dick. Dude, the that's dog what pissed on me. straight up pissed on my dick. And they were like, ah, we don't think so because we saw you stumble in at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> ah, that didn't get anywhere. I just oh, have man. to tell you, you are so great at telling stories, man. When are you going to start doing stand-up comedy? When is dude, it there's happen? no opportunity for me anymore. What do you it's mean? It's over. The dream is done. What so that was a question about? I had. I when you were here, you were going to do an improv. You're going to do stand-up, dude. I did improv. In fact, I have a podcast lined up tomorrow with the guy. He does a podcast called Fatzillas, and I don't know exactly what it's about. But he does it. It's about he's he's constantly on the journey. Like, dude, my entire life, I've been almost a fat guy or like a fat guy that's like almost skinny. You know, like I've always been on that bridge. So it's like a constant. It, it's something that I pay a lot of attention to, but I never work as hard as I could at. And so it's like this constant struggle of almost being a fat ass. Like <laughs> I'm. Like I'm 30 days of bad decisions away from just ballooning into <laughs> like this dude. I mean, seriously, at any given moment, I could say fuck it for 30 days. The next time you see me, I would have two chins and there'd be <laughs> fucking Whopper sauce on my face. When it, like I mean, it's so. But this you say guy, that like it's a bad thing though. No, it's a good okay. life. It's a good life I live. But this guy, he 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 sort of does a similar thing. But this was the dude that introduced. I, I dude, I feel so fortunate. He's one of the guys that I, both people in this room, I I owe a lot to. 
Um, but this guy, I also owe a lot to because he introduced me to improv, and it was really cool. It, dude, it was a way to totally get me outside my comfort zone and actually get on stage. But not it. It was a, I was able to get on stage without having any commitment to the preparation. So when you get on stage and you do stand-up comedy, you go up there with material that you're like, I think this is going to be funny. If it bombs, you're fucked emotionally. You're fucked emotionally because you, you, you just don't think you can handle that. You don't think you no, can no, handle no. Vomit? I think I could, and I got material for sure. Yeah, I know you do. I know. I'm ready to rock and roll, dude. It's just there's no at this point in my life. I don't, I don't totally have a venue for it, and that's a shitty excuse. But uh, I've done yeah. a lot of writing over the past year. Well, how about go fuck yourself? Let's go to an open mic. We should. We, okay. should, we should talk about it. We're we're gonna go. There's no I remember open, that there there's was nothing in Saipan. I swore off our friendship. I think I said if you're not on stage by this date, we're not friends anymore. Well, I had. A, that outlet that I have in improv was really cool because it allows you to get on stage with, and I, I should actually give this guy a plug, Beta Theater, downtown Houston, is starting a level one improv course that's 125 bucks, and it's like eight weeks of twice-a-week classes. If you, dude, if you have any free time in the world and you want to go and just step outside your comfort zone in whatever ridiculous way possible, this community will welcome you. And they're beautiful people. They're a little zany, and they're a little kooky, but it's a lot of fun. And it, 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 anyway, it allows you to get on stage. Oh, look at this. You're pulling it up. Yeah, we're uh, on we got our young Jamie right here, man. Dude, this is so Mr. sick. Mr. P is on it. But so oh, this. Oh, in IT. They, they allow you. <laughs> <laughs> another plug. Another shameless plug. <laughs> yeah. But they allow you to get on stage and have no commitment to that. Anyways, you're outside your comfort zone. And it was really, really great for me. And it existed in a space where I was going through a breakup. Do you remember that? Do you remember when I oh, broke yeah, that dude. girl from Yeah, I, do. I totally remember that. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I remember the plot to win her back. Dude. You were oh, dude, I told you about it. That's right. You were of course I shared it with You're you. You're the yeah. one. It was so important. Um you were I dude, I shared it with you, but I don't I think you were the only person I shared it with. And I remember telling you about my plot, and you were like, We're not gonna talk about the plot because it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, Whoa. that was perfect, dude. No, no, did it no. not work? It did work. Well, no, no, it didn't work. It didn't actually work. I thought it worked for a little bit. And then you moved to fucking Saipan. No, 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 no. It, it, I guess maybe it planted a seed that grew into a flower because then she contacted me like four or five months later. But at that moment, after I finally, I basically called her on the phone and was like, listen. Oh, this is pre-trip. This is pre-trip. Okay, yeah, yeah, now yeah. I know where we're at. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, man, I made a huge mistake. And this is why I made that mistake. I basically was going through a transitionary period. When I left Key West, dude, I was in a rough place emotionally. And this is why, that's one of the reasons why Spaceland will always live in my top tier of places. The Boyds, Spaceland, DJ, Nicholas Lott, people like you will always be in the top tier because it's always been a place that I could fall back on. A, it taught, well, it really taught me the skills. We're a good backup plan. Dude, it's not. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, a, man. It's a really shitty way to word it. No, no, you're, it's a home. You can always go back home. It's a, dude, it's a really good home, but it's also where I learned pretty much everything I know about skydiving. Like, I, I can't shit on skydive Utah because that's where I learned how to skydive. Awesome drop zone. But when I left, I, I went through... I mean, we can go into the, the the greater details, but Spaceland was really a welcoming home for me. And it... So the rating center specifically has a really good reputation out in Saipan because we've got Brad a bunch Patterson, of guys. who's a dude, a really sick pilot. Brad's awesome, dude. He's a great instructor. Fucking great man. Ro yeah. Rob Wallace. Piece of shit. Rob, piece you are of hopeless. Shit. Yeah, Fuck dude, Rob's you. such a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, the first thing he said to me after I he got you, back, he, he came back from uh, wherever, I think he was in, 
he was off island. He was in the Philippines or whatever. He he broke Humpty and Dumpty. They had to put him back together, surgery or whatever, in the Philippines. And when he got back, the first thing he said to me when he got it, he'd never even seen me in the war in ever. And he walks out of the shower. He's like, "Don't you dare nut tap me," because he knew it was coming from DJ. Because that's what DJ told me to do. Is like, you need to nut that nut tap this guy. <laughs> and as soon as he got out of the shower, he looked at me. Didn't even introduce himself. He's like, "Never tap my nuts." <laughs> that's all he said because he knew it was coming, dude. <laughs> dude, him and I still have one uh, hanging out there. Oh man! Just uh, all I know is random times, random places. Neither one of us can trust the other one. Ever. You can't ever trust. Rob. I love Rob Wallace, but Rob and I have been on the golf course playing, and I'm sitting there about to hit a golf ball lined up in the middle of a backswing, and the dude takes his fucking four iron and throws it up between my junk as oh hard as he can. God. The toe of the club right on my nut, not like a dick. Uh, <laughs> bam! Jesus. This is this type no. of guy, dude. But I've also been in, uh, on a sit jump with Rob, and we're we're flying together. Everything's going good. I got a little squirrely for a second. He points and laughs. So he's in the sit. I immediately lay back as hard as I can, drive at him as fast as I can, and straight up punt his nuts. At a boy. I'm not kicking. He deserved I punted as hard as I could. He deserved it. And watched him curl up and do a little. Oh, God. I love you, Rob. Dude, he deserved every bit of that. I've So I've followed Rob. The way the rotation works in Saipan is that you always follow the same guy and you've always got the same guy behind you. You just trade spots in the plane. So at the beginning of the day, you might start off in the six hole. And as the day goes on, the next load, you're in five, four, three, two, one. And as you move through the plane, you're taking heavier and heavier weight. When you're in the one slot, you're going to take the heaviest weight and then boom, you're back in the six. God, man, that just sounds so incredibly organized. Dude, I, I I could spend three hours just talking about the organization there and how much I like it, but also... It's got its detriments too. Like, if you're always following the same guy and you've always got the same guy behind you, if they if they do little things in the plane, like little ticks, oh, sit a little yeah. too close, like yeah, slam dude. slam the rig in your student and you, do shit like that. You know, my new favorite thing to hate about tandem instructors, I'm especially, I'm ready, is when they're they're leaning back because they don't want to support the weight of the rig, and then they lean back to the side and crush, crush the spot your where your leg. leg. Yeah, like, dude, have you never sat behind a fucking tandem rig before? There's not room right there. Unbelievable. Like, the reason that we fit is because our body is all the same shape, and my leg lives right there. And if you take up my my leg space, and then you're going to fucking look back at me like I'm running into <laughs> your rig when you're crushing my leg, <laughs> you're it's insane to me. You have, like, a 40-square-foot canopy, and you're, like, 150 pounds. Yeah, like, dude, dude, you can't look at me like I'm the problem. Yeah, it's like, I've, I've done this before. Yeah, no I'm shit. aware that this is a thing. If you knew that this was a thing, you wouldn't be laying on my fucking legs right now. Same thing with the people that like sit on the floor and sit in the middle of the aisle where feet are supposed to live. It's like, hey, dude, if you sit there, my foot is not totally dead still the whole time. Like, I'm going to turn around and interview this person behind me, and if you're going to sit on my feet, it's going to feel like I'm bumping into your rig. So why don't you just move back into the middle where you fit, and none of us will have this problem. <laughs> yeah, so... Basically, because just like you said, because you're in front and behind the same guys all the time, you're going to run into those issues. And it's a lot. Who are you behind? I'm Rob. behind Rob Wallace. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've been a, dude, I've been behind this dude for 1,600 jumps. And this dude. 1,600 jumps this year. Well, I did 1,965 tandems. Fuck, man. In the past year, I did 270 tandems just in June, 230 in May. Dude, yeah, I'm so happy to be on fucking vacation. You cannot. 6 a.m. to sunset. Every day that we didn't go on a weather hold for three months, dude, and we were short staff. We had a guy have a slight injury. Um, Humpty Dumpty. It, no, it wasn't Rob. Okay. Rob's okay. Um, 
but but yeah. Anyway, so we've been su- we've been super busy. We've been cushioning, and tourism is is ramping up out there. That's that's a lot of the reason why we needed the extra help. But um, so Rob, following him for sixteen hundred jumps, he's he he's made the U.S. national team for like swooping and stuff. He's a sick canopy pilot. I've learned a ton about doing uh doing tandems with this guy. He's taught me a lot about how to fly a canopy, and he's great. But again, you spend that much time with the same guys. I've seen <laughs> damn near fist fights in the van because after every load, like you, you got to believe that I spend 12 hours a day with these guys at work and then we either go to the gym together or we go out and drink together. We go out and have dinner together every night and then I live with some of these guys. So they're like, dude, these guys are brothers. I love these guys just as much as I hate these dudes. Like 100%. They, I'm sure they feel the same way about me. Like they're my brothers, but because of that, you know, we have our conflict. So there's a lot of great things about the way that that sort of style runs, but then it also has its detriment too. Like you, and that's the reason why Tommy and Matthew are there. Because you got like, I can't, you can't just hire anybody in that environment that you, especially that you don't know. Like there's no ads going out for staff. You yeah. have to no, know this person. Never seen an ad for Saipan. No, and you never, and you probably won't ever because it's it is uh, it's so far away. These guys are making such a commitment to go there, and they need to be really special. And that's why, I, dude, I got so lucky meeting Brad because mm-hmm. Brad was my hookup out there, and I got so lucky as just to make a good impression on this guy because he recommended me, and he kind of did it on a whim. He didn't know me that well. I just made a good impression when he was doing his tandem course with you. Then he went out to Paris. He kept doing tandems and then somehow ended up in Saipan. I don't exactly remember how that whole lineage went, but he ended up in Saipan and he recommended me. And uh, that's how I ended. I wound up out there. And it's been the past year. Rob been Wallace, an unbelievable journey. Rob Wallace and Brad were roommates in Paris. Right. So Rob ended up out in Saipan through another couple buddies of ours. Okay. Brad followed Rob. Got it. So that, that's where they kind of come together. Yeah. And, uh, but dude, the last year's just been insane. I got to use the restroom really bad. I'm gonna. You come know the right rules, back. dude. Cool. Go do your thing. Do Thank what you, you. got to do, man. So, Mr. P, are you are you uh, happy or disappointed that I figured that I figured it out? Uh, no, I don't mind you figured it out one bit. You know, it, it's uh, surprises live where they do, things in where they are, and the fact that you figured it out this morning is almost better because now you hung on this all day long. Oh yeah, dude, I was all like, day long. You almost tortured yourself, right? Like, is it? No, it yeah. Is. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was still definitely second because I didn't know for you never know for yeah. sure. But all of the signs pointed to to my man Big Smitty. Yeah. So there were so many times it almost got given away today. Uh, our girl Sam knows because Tommy was told. Tommy about two or three weeks ago almost gave it up in front of you in the tandem lo- or in the tandem t- picnic area. He said something to you. Him and I walked away a couple minutes later. I'm like, yo, you know. He's like, what? Braden's coming. He's like, yeah. I said, you can't say it because I know I caught myself almost slipping. We went to dinner with Matthew at the harp. Matthew said something about Braden at the harp. You got up to go to the bathroom. Matthew, you can't say a fucking word. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. I got it, man. Oh, okay. I'm glad you said something. Almost slipped. Cool. Today, people almost said something. I asked you for this Saturday night, UFC 213. I said, come on over, watch the fight. Braden's going to be there. You know when I said a couple buddies are going to be there? Yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember hearing that. I, yeah. w- I, I stuttered. I don't know if you remember. I was like, a couple buddies are coming over. <laughs> I stopped myself from saying, Braden's going to be here, bro. You got to come watch the fights. What, what is this shirt that you're wearing, by the way, Braden? This is uh, the Saipan Brewing Special. Um, Saipan's a small brewing company. They sold these for St. Patrick's Day, and I wore one, and I represented, and uh, I like drinking beer. 
Dude, one of the best things is the beer says tribe, and some people have actually said tribesmen. Uh, Braden is one, I think, of the original tribesmen we had here, which I is now a fallen tribe. It's an extinct tribe. I created the tribe. You are the lead. You are the chief. What's the tribe? I can't answer that because I was actually refused admittance. I was refused access, and I was refused any knowledge of the tribe. I don't even... That's a beer fridge, and it's on. Yes, sir. I don't even Put know what the tribe is. You really didn't know about the tribesman communication group? No. What is that? Did he not know for real? What's a tribe? Roger, I'm catching up now. The first rule about Fight Club is the same first rule about the tribe. What tribe? I actually was told about it and offered an opportunity to know about it, but it was also told by my boy Big Smitty, you don't need to know about it, you don't want to know, and knowing what I know, I'm okay not knowing. Ignorance is bliss. And that goes back to where you figuring it out this morning was best. If you stayed totally ignorant, you would have been like, I wonder. I wonder instead of going. I, I mean, nah. my mind would have been thoroughly blown had I not figured it. You would, I would have experienced this epiphany moment that I had to this morning by myself, right here in the seat, which maybe wouldn't have been so bad. But uh, no, man, I'm I'm super super fucking happy. I Dude, think there were so many people that I wanted to put in the tribe that I just couldn't because it's it like you obviously Stephen Boyd. Jason Hyder. <laughs> I mean, dude, there are people that I wanted in the tribe, but it just out of sheer. I, See, you're just, what, you're too responsible. You're the, too responsible. Yeah, the, the tribe. It was it was small at first too. It was just a handful of dudes, and then someone added someone, and someone added, and more people kept get, getting added to it until the the common thing that's caused fights and arguments in every male group I've been a part of is always women, a girl, right? Women. Two dudes like the same girl. One of them talks shit. Someone says, "Hey, there's this thing on the internet." And then it's like, man, you are not a tribesman anymore. Nah, we like, had to downsize. So we downsize. Uh, there were some people that were miffed about the downsizing. Some I'm sorry. say that the tribe is now a myth. Uh huh. Will yeah. you ever know for sure? I don't know, but it sure says tribe, and that's all I know. Oh yeah, this is uh, tribe, dude. That's kind of cool, actually. And you know, the logo of the tribe is similar. They have like two axes, like crisscrossing. This is Tribe Marianas. This is a company that was started by either Chamorros or Filipinos. Let's but it's be a- real. That's why you bought that shirt. I, dude, actually, it's it's really not. Uh, but now that I think about it, I should have bought it for that reason. By the way, speaking of coincidences, I do have to mention this. Back to your introduction for a second. Mr. P, everybody asks me why do I call him Mr. P. <laughs> and everybody now knows the stories because you, and for those who have not put this together, this is Braden Smith. This is the man who did the voiceovers for our intro. This is the man who helped to actually edit and put together our inter- intro. We actually just sent you a lot of, of I say we, me, you didn't do shit. Uh, I sent you, a, I actually dug through two podcasts worth of audio to give you those clips. No doubt. And I, 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 I didn't want to trap you in a corner, so I gave you everything. Yep. So you've done that, but also you, you're the one who came up with Mr. Penis or Mr. P. I don't, and I still have no idea why that started. I, I really feel like it was just an organic thing. Like I just walked into the video room one day and it was a, hey, Mr. Penis. <laughs> well, I think it honestly started from... I, I you prob- can be as honest as you want. If, if there's a connection to this story and me, I like, probably shouldn't it. tell the story, but I'm gonna. Yeah, okay. bring it. So John Barry and I once found out once upon a time, like four or five years ago, that Nick, uh, obviously we know he's... At one point in his life, he was interested in body modification, and there might be a little, a little work done downstairs. PAs, and, yeah. And me and me you and uh, you don't know what that means. Don't yeah. even get into the details. You don't want to <laughs> yeah. know. And so I don't mind. John I had a roommate I, who wouldn't stop showing me this shit. And like 
dude, John Barry and I were so curious about this, and we begged and we begged and we begged. <laughs> oh my god, Nick I forgot to, about this. For part. Nick to show us his his wiener, we just wanted to see it. And I'll John is the perfect dude. Like we had no qualms being like, dude, show us your dick. And finally, and you never did, and you never did. And then finally, you were leaving, and I. This is this is the part where I'm I, I don't remember exactly about but no I remember this part very well you because were leaving I, I was moving back to Utah how come that Why was were a you sad moving? day because my dad was sick my dad was sick and I was going home to that's to, the part I, didn't, I wanted you to bring up I didn't want to bring that up because I didn't remember <laughs> if that's exactly actually yeah that's, what it was. that's the first I've but, heard of it because I knew you left but you didn't you never shared share that with me yeah but. Uh, that, that's so that's why I was going uh-huh. and I had been I had been crying because I was so bu- like I was bummed about I loved I love Spaceland that's why I came back Such that's why it's <laughs> but no I really had been crying and walking around saying my goodbyes and I'm sobbing because that's just I'm just I'm an emotional little fella and uh, <laughs> the very last thing before I take off I've just loaded my shit into my car I'm about to go and I come and grab John Barry and Brayden and we go outside <laughs> And I was like, all right, there it is. Check it out. Dude, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Dude, this like this dude is obviously like he's leaving all oh. his friends. He's going back home because his dad's sick. It's a super sad day. And the last thing we do is go out in between the like out next to the bunkhouse. We don't even go inside, <laughs> we just go out next to it. Yeah, just between the hangers. And we're like, me and John are like, all right, pull it out. <laughs> and he pulled it out. We dick. both got a look. Like we both looked down at it, looked at each other, looked at you, and we're like, have a good trip. Dude, we hugged it out and that was it. I feel I do feel like I mean I don't remember seeing you naked. Mm-hmm. I definitely have seen John Barry naked because anyone who's known <laughs> him for more than a couple months has Dude, if you pump but John I've, Barry's gas, you might see him naked. I feel like <laughs> I've seen you naked. And I just can't picture when that would be. Maybe at the iFly corporate apartment. Yeah, or yeah. no doubt. I don't know. Probably. But that's uh, that's fine. The yeah. S- the Spartans, you know, you know the movie Three Hundred. All yeah, those ripped yeah. ass dude. Dudes? I don't mind. Those guys were all doing each other. Dude. And they were warrior. They were men. <laughs> now, and I just so want everybody that's listening to know that we never did that. That's what we may he, have seen each other. Naked, or, but we never did or that. is that what the government wants you to think? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I think I think I've seen all like I don't know from the time I was probably eighteen to <laughs> now. I've seen a lot of my close friends naked. So DJ, take your clothes off. Yep. You don't need to go laugh right now. <laughs> uh, you just don't need it yet, dude. I, I, it's, it's coming to be amazing because something that will blow your mind. I've never seen Rory Corrigan's dick. I've never seen John Barry's dick. Really? Yeah. See, Rory doesn't surprise me. No, but Rory, John, John Barry Rory is the shocking part. Became harder to see. No, Rory he early on, he had to. <laughs> Rory early on was actually a worse offender than I've ever heard John Barry to be. Rory's actually one of the worst offenders I've ever known. Apparently. Yep. But he's just always left, for some odd reason, the rating center of my job has always left that little bit of a stigma of like, you don't need to be a tribesman. You don't need to see this stuff. Yep. And actually, um, I probably wouldn't mind a lot of the gaming groups I have. <laughs> um, but you're probably right as well. A lot of the gaming groups I have, we have message boards, we have message groups. But almost always, there is the adult-only message group, which is exactly what you're describing to me. And it's usually a core group of the fellas. And I've almost always been added to that group. And I've almost always left the group. Like... This is cool. I get it, but I just, it just, it's, it's over my head at this point. I can't maintain an erection that long. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yep. And I think, I think most of the stuff on, the, I mean, not many people are, are posting in the tribe these days. It's Which, pretty. It's, what tribe? It's well, 
But the, it's I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Now that we're talking about it again, I don't know what we're talking about, uh, dude. Th- th- your shirt it says Tribe on it, dude. That's a really good beer. That's what's pulling it in. Oh. No, but I don't. I don't think it's a great idea to be naked at work. Let's just put that out there. I don't uh, support anyone exposing <laughs> themselves in a place of business. I think that's grossly inappropriate. I think that's what shut Rory off. That's what because he he used to bust it out all the time. Yeah, it's not uh, something you can do where you work, man. Yeah, that's and then crazy. He got, and then he almost got. I think he got in big trouble for it. I think there was a little bit of heat, um, and, and he had to shut it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I and still begged him. Dude, I begged him for a photo, and he sent me a photo. That's how. That's where I'm at. He sh- he sh- <laughs> I haven't he, seen your junk I, enough because he's similar to Nick, dude. He's got photo. hardware. He's rocking where he's. So I heard working with hardware. You I have a picture it. of it, so you heard. No, so no, 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 no. He showed me on his. It's your screensaver. I don't remember. It was years ago, okay? But I saw it. <laughs> but I saw it. That's awesome, man. Where do so? Uh, Pornhub. There you no, go. Let's not That's go. where that let's conversation went. Yep. So, uh, Braden, what's your favorite part about Saipan so far? Um, well, I would probably say, Sleepy. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd probably say, you know, the, the, the office, man, the nope. drop zone. What about the wild women? Uh, dude, oh, uh, yeah, that's a that's a good. I, I I happen to have found myself a lovely girlfriend. Oh, really? You have yeah. a girlfriend? Yeah. What's his name? Her name is Sherry Riggs, and she is the local reporter. She's one of two reporters. She works. She's actually from Utah, and she's not an Asian lady boy. No, Surprise. she's a <laughs> Caucasian woman, and she's fantastic. And she might, in fact, be watching this right now. So because she might be watching, what's, she is. What's my her favorite. name? Sherry. Hey, Sherry, you can have me on Facebook. It's cool. We'll talk. <laughs> Nick has this thing about taking over our females in our lives yep. and, and really falling in love, or getting them to fall in love with him. That's cool, dude. So I'm I, not sure what. I've I hope always that been open to a more than. Uh, just a monogamous relationship. Like I want to, honestly, like way down the line, if I'm married and, um, you know, I don't want to just live in a house with just me and my wife. It would be fun if I lived in the house with me and my wife and a couple of my good friends and their wives and we all just live together. That would be my idea, you know. So let's do that. Let's go. Yeah. It, you're in Saipan now, and he asked what your favorite part of Saipan is. But the vast majority of people I know hear Saipan, and they think, "Is that like part of Japan, or is that like Saigon?" It's a, it's a U.S. possession. Mm-hmm. It's 120 miles, uh, 120 miles northeast of Guam. It was um, a, what's really cool about Saipan. It's a 44 square mile island, so it's really, really tiny, and it just happens to be a mega destination spot for Chinese tourists. It's like two miles wide in, in some parts, right? It's narrow at the tip. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it it's it, it gets yeah, whatever. But it's a it's a really beautiful island and it's a really popular destination spot for Chinese tourists. So it, it brings a lot of people in. Over the past since World War II, um it dude a huge battle was fought there. Thirty thousand dead. In fact, I don't know if you've looked at Facebook lately, but there's recent there was a recent post that went pretty viral because I heard about it some <laughs> it, I saw people talking about it on Facebook that were outside of the Saipan community. Amelia Earhart mm-hmm. is rumored oh, to yeah. have been a prisoner in Saipan now. They, they, they found a picture of her, I believe, like up in the Marshall Islands or something like that, where she was never believed to be before. But the Japanese had that as their territory, and they were using Saipan as their main, main jail. Mm-hmm. So when they took prisoners other places, they'd ship them to Saipan. And upon discovering this information, my girlfriend, the reporter, has obviously, you know, a Facebook story about Saipan goes viral. She has to do a story on it. There's no other way around it. So she starts investigating. She's talking to local historians on the island. Some people are saying that that story is, in fact, not true, that Amelia Earhart was never on the island. Now, she has other historians that live there that are saying that she was on the island, in fact. There's a lot of people that reported a 
white woman with short hair, sort of a stockier build in, in, the, in the prison. But the problem is, is the only, for you to have a firsthand knowledge of actually witnessing her, you were, you were five years old at the time. And now you're, you know, 85 years old or whatever. You know, the people that are claiming to have seen it were five at the time. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's hard information to verify. But there was a major battle that took place there. Like I said, 30,000 dead. And there is some, you don't dig it. Like, you don't honestly go off into the jungle. There's a lot of open jungle that's not 30,000 dead on Saipan? On Saipan, dude. Wow. It's hard to believe just because I don't think square island miles is so yeah. small. Dude. There's so much history there. It's so wild. There's a, there's a cliff called Bonsai and Suicide Cliff. Basically, when the Marines yeah. were going to fight, when they were going to overtake Saipan, as they were getting there, the Japanese soldiers were telling the local Chamorros, holy shit. Yeah, many is in the house. It's Ben Nelson. Hey, Ben. Yo. Hey, you're on the thing. So real quick, we're gonna, I want to come back to that for one second. Um, hey, Mr. P, while they're saying hello, I want to figure something out with you real quick. Sir. I've thought about, so uh, Mini P sometimes rolls his chair over to your left. Yeah, yeah, he hangs out over I'm here. I'm thinking about throwing Mini P over to the right. That might give you a quick access to the mic and camera. You think yeah, it'll work good over, over here? Yeah, yeah, what yeah, do you think? Yeah, throw them anywhere. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, where ben, do you want to be, Ben? Chair to that side, to the door side or the inside? Whichever side you want. You go where you want, we'll make it fit, dude. Dude, I want him over there. The reason why is Stop. because he can start the fireman beer carry from the fridge. If I need a beer, he can go boom. Boom. boom beer boom. bitch. Yo, yo, yo. Your camera, your bottle's right in front of that camera. <laughs> 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 well done, Mini well, P. We could probably move that camera and get, get a nice three shot going here. I um, guess that leaves him without a microphone. He's just going to be sitting there. Yeah. But he is, <laughs> he is that manly icon. You're going to have to actually move that camera back because now you have everything out of frame. Um, Mr. P, you can see the live shot. Can you readjust that yeah. camera as necessary? Uh, yeah, I got it. Thanks. Uh, Mr. P's got it. So, Saipan, I, I grew up in Japan. I grew up in Hawaii. And for me, the Pacific Theater is a very large part of my family. Very cool. Both of my grandfathers fought in, uh, or excuse me, were in World War II, whether they fought or active or inactive. They were active military. So there's a lot of history for my family. Again, back to that theater more than anything else. Uh, so I, I had to study a lot of that. So I've been super excited about it. So yeah. Saipan, Bonsai Cliff is where you were at before we said hello. Okay, so... If my, my boss, if he's watching this, dude, he's a real like World War II history buff, and he's like a really smart dude. And I'm gonna, I may be butchering some of this stuff, and it's going to piss him off, and I'll probably hear about it, but I don't care. So let's push forward. So anyways, Japanese had the island of Saipan. It was an important destination for U.S. because we needed a platform to stage a war in the Pacific Theater. To give you a background on that, just south of our island is a much smaller island called Tinian. It's four miles away. Mm -hmm. Now, Tinian is where it's, it's a huge, it's honestly a huge cattle, cattle farm. Like, if you go out to Saipan, you think that you're probably going to eat, like, a bunch of really good fish. And that's possible. You can go out and spearfish and get really good fish. But really, what's, what's better there is the local grass-fed beef. There's grass-fed, free-range beef, all you can eat all the time. And it's a lot of it's farmed on this island called Tinian. But on Tinian, there's runways. And one of the runways that we see from the plane was actually where the Enola Gay took off before it dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. Dude, it's a very, I mean, this is a, a like, this is a, obviously a staple of, of the history in World War II, but also there's a cliff called Bonsai Cliff and there's Suicide Cliff. So when the Marine, the U.S. Marine Division was arriving, they were coming to Saipan, the Japanese soldiers told the local Chamorros that when the United States soldiers got there, they were going to rape and murder everybody. So the women took their kids up to Suicide Cliff and they jumped off, dude. And so there's photos of like women in the air with their babies like flying next to them, like free flying. 
with the babies. Uh, with it, how was their arch? It was it was not they were good. free flying, dude. <laughs> they were good. sitting. And a lot of them ended up in the water, and they actually survived the crash and like oh stuff like that, God, dude. It was awful. like it's wild, but alongside this stuff there's a there's a, a ton of really cool history and a lot of really cool japanese stuff i mean you can still like easily haul off into the woods somewhere find a cave find sake bottles human remains bullets guns weapons you don't want to stick a shovel anywhere in the ground out there without talking to somebody first there's eod that comes up frequently a few times a year they come up from guam the uh explosive ordinance dismissal guys that come up and blow stuff up um, so th- there are live bombs still in the ground. Straight up. Yes. 100%. In fact, there was a bar in Guam where a guy had an old howitzer shell that he thought was inactive for whatever reason. And there was an, and he had it as like one of the little you know ornaments of his bar. And there was a Navy EOD guy that was sitting there drinking. And he like looks up at that howitzer shell. And it's just sitting in a bar. It's been there for 30 years or whatever. And he's like, hey, let me see that round. The guy takes it off the shelf. It was a live round. Yeah. And this stuff exists all over the island. So they come up and they blow this stuff up. But there's there's tons of cool stories. Um, the one specifically that comes to mind, I think his name was Captain Oba. He was a Japanese captain. You can read about him. There's a plaque like five minutes from my house at the top of Mount Tapachau, which is the highest point on the, on the mountain. But during the last days of the marine invasion of the Saipan Island against the Japanese... Japanese staged their last bonsai attack. They knew they were going to lose. We shelled the island, and we bombed the island for days before we even came out. I mean, we flattened the thing. We fucked it up so bad. And then we came past the reef line, we offloaded soldiers, and then we started fighting. And I don't remember exactly how long the battle took place, but we were going to eventually overtake the island. This captain, this fucking gangster, his name is Oba, after their last bonsai attack, essentially their last suicidal charge against the American soldiers. He took him and 40 dudes off in the woods and they staged pick attacks. They fought for another 17 months against the U.S. military. They lived off the land, off in the jungle. It was him and 40 dudes. For a year and a half, they kept fighting the Americans. This dude was such a badass. And there's a photo of him surrendering it's like him surrendering like his Bushido sword to like the American Americans after he surrendered like a year and a half later. There is some really badass military history there. It's a really cool in that capacity. It's super cool and there's ornaments all over the island. There's old air raid shelters. You can be on the beach and like at a place where you think is just a beach and then you'll look off in the rocks and there will be a machine gun nest with uh, a hole cut in the coral like a small barrel would have pointed through, you know, like back in the day. I mean, it's, it's really rad. The, the whole Pacific theater, back, back to growing up with it, I had no choice but to study. It was kind of shoved down our throats. I lived, I grew up like maybe 45 minutes from Hiroshima. Uh, I don't remember the time, time frame right because I didn't drive much at the, you know, 7th, 8th grade time frame. But th- they shoved it down our throat. And yeah, I remember being in high school and still hearing of, of old Japanese soldiers hiding in caves and coming out and finally surrendering, going like, I've been hiding here for 30 years and, and giving it up. Many stories I've heard. I heard one yeah. identical to that about a dude in Guam that they found like 20 years after the war had ended and he was still in his cave. And apparently the last thing he heard was him, his captain being like, you guard this cave. You never leave this cave. Dude followed orders real, real well, dude. Yeah. I just listened to a, uh, a similar story in an audio book. I want to say that the title of the book is a subtle art of not giving a fuck. I think this is the book that talks about it, but it might, it might be a different book, but uh, it talks about this guy who for 30 years in Japan, the last thing he heard was, hey, the propaganda that the, you know, if you hear that the war is over, that's just propaganda. The war is not over. It's still going. Mm-hmm. And yeah, stuck with that for 30 years, living in the jungle, just killing a bunch of bunch of people. 
There's quite a few. There's stories of it. And in the back to the islands, so many Pacific islands have been bombed and just completely devastated in the Pacific theater during World War II. Yep. It's really changed things. It's interesting. I, I would love to visit Saipan for so many reasons. Rob, Par- uh, Rob Wallace, Rob Parker. Rob Parker, <laughs> Rob Wallace has been trying to convince me to visit forever. Now Brad is trying to convince me to visit. You've even told me I should visit at some point. Yes. And I think I will. It's, it's a cool. Go, go. Uh, if you're going to go, go with the intention of, of definitely diving. Yeah, I, I do. I want actually, uh, Miss Mini P is our nickname for Ben Nelson, and Mini P has joined us tonight. And Mini P just actually came back from a dive certification, and him and I have been talking God, he's about. He's so handsome, dude. You gave Tommy his certification, right? Or you helped with it, or something? So Clay Harrison, Third Coast Scuba, is the instructor. I was just helping out, but uh, yeah, Tommy just got his. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tommy just got his uh, certification, and we just came back from the lake, and uh, we had a couple more people get certified tonight. We just got out of the water. Sam Lombardo, maybe. Yeah, Sam Lombardo, Sam Lombardo actually yep. just saw Sam her Spears, post something about getting it done. Jeremy Cardop. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, Kate, right on, dude. Yeah. Kate Potter. I definitely I, I would plan on doing that. Uh, one of the things that I really love and dug is was it. Your birthday that you guys just did a big jump onto a beach for? No, 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 that was Brad's. Brad's. I knew it was one of you bees. Uh, Brad Patterson, again, Brad Patterson is the shit. Brad is a phenomenal human being. He's a phenomenal dude. He's a wonderful douche nozzle. And, and he's a badass skydiver. Yeah. Yeah. I love Brad. I actually did everything I could to talk Brad into coming to Spaceland instead, instead of, of Paris. Paris. And actually, you probably helped try to push and, pro- and promote that when Absolutely. that happened. Um that island you guys jumped onto, what was that? That's called Menegaha. So it's the it's like I think it's two or three miles off the shore of Saipan, but it's a really popular destination spot for tourists. They go out there, they take trips, they go out there and snorkel and do all that fun stuff. But it's like got the perfect landing area. It almost it's like it was designed for skydiving. The only issue is you gotta get back. So you gotta hire a boat. And like so we hired a scuba boat to like come and, and pick us up. The only thing, the only obstacle out there is like a volleyball net. But um yeah, the owner was of our drop zone was like cool enough to you know hook us up with a load for for Brad's birthday and fly us over there. It's bad. That's the second time they've done it. I wasn't there the first time. The first time they camped out, and uh, there was some drinking to be had out there on that on that small little island. It sounds so cool, man. Because in skydiving, there there are quite a few DZOs who truly appreciate their staff, who are truly respectful of their staff, and, and they do a nice job. But the guys who own Guam and Saipan, which it's the same entity, right? It's the same group. same entity. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. They invest in you motherfuckers. They love you. They want you. And they're keeping you as long as they want. Yeah, they're, dude, uh, the guy who owns our company is a fantastic. I mean, he's, he's awesome. And I've, uh, I'm super, super fortunate to work for him. My manager's great. The whole team is great. I can't say anything but good things. I'd like to know the owner's name, first of all. If John I can. Stewart. John Stewart. And I'd also like to know the manager's name. Darren Quayle. Say it one more time. Darren Quayle. Darren Quayle and John Stewart. Something in the sport that blows me away, and we've all worked in the sport, and, and I really do, please don't get me wrong, I feel blessed with where I'm at. I think we're in a very good place. But I think most, and will you bump up my volume one uh, tick, Nick, on my headset? You're level one, yeah. Cool. Um, what's that? that you're one I'm one, yeah, yeah. We match the mics. Um, mad respect to John Stewart. Mad respect to Darren Quayle because... In skydiving, I see so many DZOs and so many managers who don't appreciate their staff, who don't, A, pay them well enough to keep them going. Instructors are a dime a dozen. Yes, they are, but you also get the quality of a dime a dozen. They're paying top dollar and for the right place and right time. I don't think every place needs to pay top dollar, but they know they need top-level staff 
so they pay top dollar to get Dude, it. Dude, Guam hasn't had to hire anybody in like 10 years. Like legitimate, like those dudes didn't leave. Yeah. Not only is that the case, but you're on vacation right now. And, and I may be right, I may be wrong, and you may not be able to answer this question. But your boss is supporting this whole vacation as far as the getting you there and back. Uh, negative. It's not. I, I mean, in the sense that he's, you know, essentially his company has been written on my paychecks for the past year. He's not paying for this trip. I'm paying it out of pocket, which is fine. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, he he has helped me in a number of other capacities, you know, when flying out there and such and, and, and putting us up for the first uh, the first month that we're there, helping us out financially. I mean, it's a big move. And That's what it and is. He, and he participates in that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he expects... Um, he expects a top tier performance out of you, and because of that, he treats you know he treats us like top tier dudes, you know. And I don't think I live up to that reputation all the time, but I certainly try to. And the guys that I work with um, are all, and the guys that I've had the privilege to work with my entire career have all been, you know, all been better than me. So I've had to sort of rise to the occasion, and that's the absolutely the case, dude. My manager, he's been jumping out in the Marianas for like twelve years, dude. He has like. 20,000 tandems, like just an unbelievable amount of tandems out in that environment. This dude is like Rain Man when it comes to weather. Is It's like no pun intended, I guess. <laughs> but they, uh, dude, I mean, he, he understands the weather systems and, and he just has an unbelievable amount of knowledge. And that's what you get, you know, when you treat a guy really, really well and you give him responsibility and uh, you treat him well, he's going to stick around and work for you. And I'm like, it, that operation wouldn't work. If you didn't have uh, the right the right dudes, it just it, it wouldn't work. I firmly believe that Saipan, Skydive Saipan, Guam, those places are an absolute reflection on something that I've I've talked about for a while with DZOs and, and for my friends listening, DZO drop zone owner or drop zone operators. Uh, I tell them all the time, demand more, but pay more. You're going to demand more out of your employees. You're going to make sure they live the life you live. And if they don't, there's a consequence. You don't work here anymore. You're grounded or you're doing whatever. But pay more, and you're going to get top-level guys, and you're going to keep top-level guys. And I don't care what industry you're in. Demand more and pay more is something we should all look at, we should all consider. I love eating at Chick-fil-A. There's so many different political issues, and I'm going to leave that one alone. But what I'm going to talk about is the work ethic. People who work at Chick-fil-A work hard. I worked at Chick-fil-A growing up in college. They promote, teach, and are big on work ethic. And the people work hard, but we're paid and we're respected for it. Pay more and demand more, man. And to, to your boys in Saipan, I have so many friends out there, as you know. I have friends in Guam. I've had people I've trained at both drop zones. And I feel so blessed because uh, you said it. We have a reputation. We be in the rainy center. And I say we because, yes, I own the company and I am the founder. But there are five, six of us now in the rating center. I really appreciate the way y'all have represented, but I really appreciate what your bosses are doing and the fact that, that they're, you guys are out there doing such a damn good job in our yeah, sport. Yeah, and uh, they're, they're great. And I, I didn't, although I didn't get, um, uh, you know, my certification through the rating center, I feel like I've sucked as much knowledge as possible out of the community. So when I got my tandem rating, you know, I had the qualifications to do so, but I wasn't, I sort of bounced around the country a little bit and ended up at some drop zones that... Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to be at. Like I worked out in a, a drop zone in Virginia that I didn't really agree with, and then I worked in a drop zone in Las Vegas, where I was frankly out of my league as, f- as far as ability was, mm-hmm. and um, I just wasn't ready to work in that environment. It was uh, challenging conditions, high density altitude, desert winds coming through, and, and there not were, a lot of help. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And uh, there was one. In fact, the guy who told me. <laughs> 
you know, he gave me the best piece of advice that I got when I was out there. And it was like, hey, you know, I told him my jump numbers when I got out there. He was a little surprised at how low they were. And he was like, just so you know, he's like, I think you can handle it, but it is going to be a challenging learning curve for you. And frankly, the time that I spent there, I didn't enjoy. And I just, it was kind of like, dude, am I, am I even built to do the skydiving thing? You wouldn't even do tandem when you showed up here. Yeah, you dude, hated it. I hated it. Dude, I hated the job originally. So I enjoyed doing it at Skydive Utah, but then when I was traveling, I was like, dude, I don't like doing tandems. Like, this isn't for me. I just want to go to a place where I could shoot video. That's all I wanted yeah. to do was just shoot video. And then I got in touch with Jason Hyder, who's the shit. Jason Hyder is the fucking man, dude. The godfather. Dude, he's, <laughs> dude, Jason is like, you know, I've heard people in the past that didn't get along with him. And he's one of those guys that's so awesome. That it's like, if you told me that you had a problem with Jason Hyder, I'm going to automatically like just write you out of my life, dude. Because he's such a, he's that good of a dude. And he gave me the opportunity that, uh, he, I was like, dude, I just want to go and shoot video. And mm -hmm. he's like, sweet, we need a video guy, come on down. And I worked, and then I think I worked for like five or six months just shooting video full time. I learned the lay of the land. And then through some instruction from you, through a lot of instruction from you, and a little bit from Jason and a little bit from some other guys, then I started to do tandems again, and then I fell in love with it. Do you actually remember the first time you and I ever talked? Because yep. I do. Oh, John yeah. Barry was teaching a girl named Kayla. Kayla was a sushi girl, a girl who served sushi over at Sakura. Remember her? Remember her petite green suit. Yep. And uh, she actually moved away and she moved back. She's Never a Sakura forget again. the suit color. <laughs> suit color. A super nice young lady, but she was having so many problems in free fall that John Barry was insisting on more tannins before he would get there. And one of the things you told her was, hey, man, put your knees together, feet on, her, on his butt. And I immediately, politely, I hope, said, hold on one second, time out. This is that what I'd rather advice. you do. That shitty advice. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And, and my and, advice was terrible. And I got with and I saw and I read you well enough that I can immediately go, like, yo, bro, I hope you understand. That's like crap, yeah, shitty yeah, advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was terrible. And he took it really well. And I explained, knees together and feet on your butt is not how solo students skydive. Solo students skydive with their knees shoulder width apart and their legs extended. Yeah. So you're gonna make John Barry's job fucking harder. Right. And then when she was gone, you and I talked about feet on your butt also promotes drop knees because that's what people do. Right. And we had a super wonderful conversation. So when, when you blame me to help you, I, I, I remember for two or three months picking my shots. Bro, I watch you interact with students. And you saw it, man. You worked with them. As a videographer, I'm like, dude, you bring a pleasure to the table for people. We talked about it for our lives. I don't fucking care who and what your relationship is with Braden Smith. If you have a relationship with Braden Smith, you are going to smile. Whether he makes you smile for good reasons or makes you smile because you're laughing at him, you're going to have a good time with my boy Smitty. Dude, and you're gonna, you were going to laugh at me when I first started. Dude, do you remember the shit that I used to wear? Fucking Steve Rozier called me Baby Huey because I had my sh none of my shit fit. <laughs> like my suit, my, my camera wings were so tight that like... You could see all these like fat bulges in them. And my my camera helmet I got was so small. My buddy was like, dude, he's like, when you buy a camera helmet, you want it to be so tight so the cameras don't shake. And I was like, well, my head's pretty big. Should I get a large? He's like, no, you should get a small. And I was like, sweet, dude, I'll buy a small. And my fucking earlobes hung out the bottom of the thing, dude. And that's the helmet I wore for like a thousand jumps. Dude, and I that showed up. That was your first Rawa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my yeah. black Rawa helmet. Black one, yeah. And dude, you know who I gave it to? I think I gave it to like Sam Lombardo or somebody. Like Someone I, with dude, a I, tiny little head. Tiny head, dude. Little shot, head. Dude, I shot a thousand videos with this thing. And as soon as I rolled up to the drop zone, I started shooting videos. Steve Rozier started calling me Baby Huey. Like I didn't know the dude, but I was like, dude, I, I, I was a soup sandwich, dude. 
I was a soup sandwich, a total absolute shit show. Man, I, I, I had to talk you into it. It was almost like a fight. Again, I picked my choices and I picked my shots. I didn't really throw it and shove it down your throat, but I really, I, I worked harder to convince you to do tandems again. Yeah, and I'm super thankful you did. Yeah. Because I love it, dude. It's a really, you know. And I at this point in the in my career, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna be doing. You know, next month I'm hopefully gonna be back in Saipan. But like, and then after I don't that, know where I'm gonna be co-hosting Gravity Lab. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt. He's saying, hey, we can have a remote host. Even do you, you realize that's possible? Do you realize that's possible? Absolutely, oh, man. it is yes. very possible. I have a microphone there. I have the laptop to do it, and I have an interconnect internet connection that supports. Like two or three megabits up, which is plenty to do 720p connection over to you. It's just the problem would be the ping time. It'd be like a half a second before you guys would hear me. So that would fuck Dude, with the there's rhythm of the Dude, there's more than half a second lag in our brain sometimes. Well, that's what I'm saying. But it, I it, think we should at the very least give it a shot. Just yeah. segments, if nothing else. Let's start with a segment here and there. Hey, we're going to bring in Big Smitty. We're, we're going to have a, this, this next hour with, with Braden. Just and, bring and, me in, and, pump yeah. me in for a quick No, I think, I think you come on and you do a stand-up routine. That would be... You tell a joke. That would be uncomfortable, knock, and knock. I don't believe it's the environment for it. Well, if you can do it <laughs> when you're uncomfortable, then... standing in my house by <laughs> yeah. myself. Yeah, dude. Telling jokes to a no. fucking camera. Yeah, no, you're in front of the bathroom mirror with the... with the, uh, Make Brad and Rob stand there. <laughs> yeah, with the microphone in front oh, of the mirror, man. talking as though you're rehearsing it, like there's not people watching. Oh, dude, that wouldn't ever work. That it's gonna work. work. It's, it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna, gonna be gonna art. Try it. I'm not gonna try it. You All right. Well, I'm gonna hold you to that, or we're gonna go to a to a comedy club, and you're gonna get on some open mic time. Okay. Well, you we do that. Did I? Did hey? Did you see what I was? I just thinking because I have an empty beer here, and I'm gonna drink another one. Yo, beer assistant. No, 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 no. It's all good. I I got this. But I wanted to show first what I walked in when I was drinking. They don't sell these in Saipan. This right here is a chalada. It's a clamato. It's beer and clam juice and they just don't sell this and it's a disgusting beverage it's beer clam juice and tomato juice in a can they don't sell these in saipan i don't think they sell them anywhere other than texas to be frank with you <laughs> and i i went to I, I i bought this on the way here along with a double cheeseburger from jack in the box because i knew i needed calories and a red bull but when i went in to buy it, it was so funny because the lady carded me she's like yeah she the lady carded me and I was like, dude, when have you ever had somebody, like, not 21, try to buy, like, not 40, try to buy a chalada? Like, dude, this is beer and clam juice, and I'm buying one, and you're going to put it in a brown bag. Like, dude, this is not something that a 20-year-old does. What's the rules with the brown bag? I bought wine at HEB on my way here. What did you buy? Just a bottle of wine. Dude, how much are you drinking? I need to know this. Have you been, dude, have you been drunk? I don't think I've been drunk. Really? I mean, I haven't. I've been a little wobbly from a glass of wine, like because usually I have a glass of wine with dinner. Dude, the buzz is and nice, right? How old are you now? Uh, be honest. How old are you? How old am I? Oh, dude, look at this. We're switching over, dude. Scotch. We just made the transition I'm, to Scotch. I'm 31, and dude, I've got I have my so much respect for you not having been drunk. However, do you like the buzz? I, I don't know. Not really. No. It makes me just want to go to bed. You're not drinking fast enough. <laughs> Dude, you're 100% not drinking fast enough. That's probably true. How? Uh, and so you'll have a glass and that's that? Okay, sometimes I use it as bedtime medicine. Dude, after, which is perfect. After dinner, I have a bottle of red wine in the fridge because I like it cold. Just like cold. I just like cold drinks. Dude, hey, you get what you want. Guess what? So, you're 31. Yeah, I'll you do whatever the fuck. Whatever the I'll fuck eat you goddamn want. gummy bears it for dinner. I don't give a matter. shit. 
Doesn't but, matter. Uh, no, yeah, I take five or six chugs of wine, and then it's bedtime. Dude, that's awesome. Straight from the bottle. Yeah, straight from the bottle. Who needs a glass? The, the bottle's is, made out of glass. The scotch is piping hot. This is spicy. Have you tried this shit? No, I haven't done any alcohol. Alcohol. Don't do it. You want any you rocks? Want party. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Well, yeah, actually. So one or two. Uh, that is uh, that's one of my favorites. Is a Balvini 14 year scotch. So this is a department that I don't even venture down. Like, dude, I don't mess with. Just I'm not like a hard alcohol sipper. Like, we go out. My drink of choice the, over the past year. Good, right there. Has been this is perfect. I think. I mean, I, no, I like, honestly don't even know what I'm doing. You're supposed to have a, like a little a little drop of water with scotch. It opens the bouquet, the aroma, the flavor, everything, and it really does. Um, I've turned it a little bit into a scotch nerd. My boy, uh, a guy named Robert Sanchez, actually, uh, dude, we'll talk about that a whole other time. But dude, who runs a speakeasy in town, and actually, the guy who got me back into drinking has also got me into scotch, whiskeys, bourbon, stuff like that. Dude, I heard uh, Rogan talking about recently. I thought was interesting. He'll this dude who's a he'll take like a mediocre whiskey mm-hmm. but he'll put water in a smoker and mm-hmm. he'll smoke the water and I then heard that. freeze it into cubes yes and then he'll serve those smoked cubes he'll use those with with the whiskey in it and it can take like a a whatever shitty whiskey and Who make was it like that though uh, I, I it's some bow hunter recently. it was a bow hunter it was re- it, you know what it was their uh podcast in paradise yep. vip yep podcast in paradise um i'm just gonna interrupt you guys real quick and give a shout out to my mom who just tuned into the podcast for the Hi, very mom. first time. Hey, so, uh, <laughs> hey, just so you know, uh, Mrs. Lott, I'm Nicholas's best friend, and that's not debatable. I don't. My care sister who would you argue with that. No, that's not debatable <laughs> in any capacity. People will say that they might be his best friend, and they're imposters. Bray's a really great guy. I love him to death. Love and also the man who named you. But, uh, Mom, uh, preemptive apology about anything you might hear or see here. Uh, I don't know these men. I've never talked to them before in my life, and anything they say about me is untrue. Wow, that leaves so many open doors for us. Fair enough. How often does she tune in? Uh, I've never seen her tune in First time, before. I think. No yeah. way. No, yeah. dude, you didn't hear me telling the story. I did hear you because I was standing outside did, the door. Did you hear I me just tell forgot. Yeah, my mom, <laughs> my mom called up and asked, about, well, hey, what's Mr. P? Yeah. And so, you told her it was yeah, Mr. Penis. Yeah, I got to tell her it was Mr. Penis. I can't yeah. lie to my mom. Fair enough, dude. Hi, Mrs. Lott. I almost feel like I should call her like closer to her first name because I might be closer to her age than your age. I'm not sure about it's, that. It's Ms. Lott. Ms. Lott. She's a single lovely lady. How are you doing, Ms. Lott? Connie is her name. She's What's very up, sweet. Connie? Dude, here's How a, you doing? We still have a couple bases that I, I need to make sure are covered before I get too, too deep in the scotch. Have you been strength training at all? Yeah, I've been lifting a little bit. How often? Uh, well, I, I was running for a little bit. Dude, uh, did I have you gone down that rabbit hole? Well, okay, so you know about that girl, Caitlin, the girl with the Jenner. <laughs> no, <laughs> Caitlin Connors, her name. She's the amputee girl that I did the story about. Did a video about. Hundred percent. Watched the video. It was fantastic. I still you were got still a cru- here when that happened. Nope. Were you not? Okay, was that not must here. have been just after you left. And I still so, got a crush on her. <laughs> she's a pretty girl. Uh, Caitlin lined me up with this uh, nonprofit organization called uh, Catapult, and they work with adaptive athletes. They work with uh, people who are disabled in some way who want to compete in sports. It's a kick-ass company. Yeah, they, I mean, I, I think it's a... I, I don't think the people who run it make any money. Okay, nonprofit. It's a kick-ass it's, nonprofit. No, but I think that there's the potential to make money. I think it's like uh, there are a lot of these starting all over the country, like these uh, adaptive athletes foundations. And uh, I think there's the potential to make money there, but they don't. Should we try to jump in and bank on it? uh, We should. (laughs) No, let's not do that. (laughs) But uh, so I did a story about her, right? So she connected me with this group, and they wanted me to do a story about this this woman. This woman, her name is Odessa, and she was a triathlete 
and she got hit by a drunk driver. Um, she got Texas. yeah in Texas, and she got life lighted to the hospital, and she was uh, dead, clinically dead for three minutes when they brought her off of the uh, life flight helicopter down into the hospital. Holy shit! And they did a procedure on her called an open thoracotomy, which I guess they just open you up from your throat to your pelvic bone, and then uh, gave her a blood transfusion, and her heart started going again. She, I think, she won Memorial Hermann's Patient of the Year award because she survived a procedure that just nobody survives. And That's so th- the award you never want to get, but when you get it, you're like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did that shit. But So they, they had me do a story about this lady, and uh, it was a challenge. She was a pretty difficult person to work with, like probably the most difficult person I've had to uh, cooperate with in a professional setting and keep my keep myself together. But uh, we got through it, and this th- they had me make the video because they were giving her... Uh, so she was in the hospital. She got her leg amputated while she was in the hospital, and she vowed to compete in triathlon again as an amputee, that she wanted to go to Tokyo in 2020 and compete in the Paralympics. Cool. And so they were giving her a running prosthetic at this big gala event. So it was their one-year anniversary of being an organization. They had a big gala event to celebrate. What was the location, the amputation? Uh, How high was it? Uh, it's below the knee. Oh, okay. Below the knee, I want to say it's her left leg. Okay. But uh, so they were giving her this running prosthetic. I don't know if you know anything about prosthetics, but they're very expensive. It's a $15,000 piece of hardware that they're Jeez. giving to her. And so uh, they wanted me to, to make this video, her story, that would play before the ceremony of when they give her the, the running prosthetic. And you know, part no of it's wait, they played your video? Yeah, it was awesome. How I was many in a, people there. There were about two hundred people in the room, all all dressed to the nines. It was a bunch of really wealthy people. It's a fundraiser. A Not lot a of dry them, eye in the whole room. Uh there were a few dude, but, it had to uh, be heavy. but some people cried, yeah. For, for sure. It was sure, great. Dude. And uh, it was nice being able to see the reaction. You know, most of the videos I post online, I don't get to see people watch them. So that was one thing I was super psyched about is getting to be at the event and watch people watch my video, you know, because I, I don't get to do that very often. Yep. So they, uh, uh, they play the video. It was great. She got a standing ovation, came to the stage. They did fundraising after that. Um, and it was great. Why did I start talking about this? Because I have no idea. Uh, uh, strength training, strength training. Oh, Boom. yeah, running, running, running. 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 <laughs> okay, so that's how I got connected with this this catapult group. Is I went to talk to the to the leaders of this group, the CEOs, I guess, the founders of the group, uh, and they were all meeting at uh, what's the big park, Memorial Park? Yeah, Memorial. So they were meeting at Memorial Park to to have track practice there. They were running. And so I didn't think I would run because I hate running, and I thought they were doing running like a sucks. distance run, and I didn't want to do that. But they were at the track running sprints. And so I talked with these guys, and we went over to the track, and we were chatting, and they're like, hey, you want to run with us? And I'm wearing, like, uh, my, my Vans shoes, like, regular. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll run some sprints with you guys. And so I ran a few hundred-meter sprints with them, and then after I, I think after I was tired, I started just kind of paying more attention to what was going on because all these people that were there for practice were all these, that they're all adaptive athletes. They're all people who are missing a leg or two legs or they're blind or they have some other crazy thing, some crazy thing that makes it super difficult for them to show up at that and start line. And so they're still running. So you obviously have to keep Dude, running. Dude, I, I felt super guilty. I was like, man, maybe I'm not using my body all that I could. For you know? sure. For and, sure. And so I started, I started running sprints. And I don't know if you know my buddy Chase. 
Dude, uh, you've heard me talk Chase. about him. I've explored Chase's body with my hands, and I did that immediately after meeting him. I was like, boy, you sure are a ripped gentleman. Did you meet Chase? Fuck yeah. The dreadlock what? guy, the blonde No, dreadlock. no, that's Ryan. That's that's somebody else. Oh, Ryan's but yoked. Ryan, Ryan's Ryan yoked. is yoked. But hey, Chase, shout out to, <laughs> hey, shout out to Ryan but, for being ripped. Dude, but, but Chase is also super ripped. He's the one who owns the gym. He owns Vitality. Vitality. Yeah. I've heard about this dude. Is he, Okay. So he's a legend. He's In awesome. a liftoff between he's, Ryan and Chase, who wins? Oh, yeah. Chase wins. Really? Dude, Chase taught Ryan. Dude, Ryan's Ryan started a, dude, learning. Ryan's a freak. He, he is, but Chase is. Uh, Chase is right now. He, he's competing against an Olympian next week Holy for running. He's shit. he's the fastest man of his age in the entire country. He's oh winning. He's winning God. national Chase level competitions. In what in, yeah. what in what distance? Uh, hundred. I think he does sixty meter indoor and then hundred meter outdoor and two hundred meters as well. Is he white? He's white. Holy shit! Be- beating these black folks, dude. Are you serious? Okay, yeah. go on. And I'm I guess sorry. I, I guess they you. get real upset at him for being a fast little bald guy. Dude, this is incredible. <laughs> go on. Okay, so uh, so then you know I saw these people. I saw you know the tremendous amount of work that they were doing to show up at the at the start line and to and just they had done so much work just to show up there. I felt like a shithead for not doing it. So it was that combined with Chase's uh, love for running that I just decided like, okay, this is the new the new tough thing I want to try doing. So I was running sprints. Uh, I would show up at Spaceland an hour early. I think this started in like. Did you run the triangle? No, I Pieces actually. I would. Uh, I measured out. Uh, I measured out 100 meters on the taxiway, and would use that. And yep. then uh, Chase actually helped me with some programming, and I was using that. And so some days it would be starts. Some days I'd be running 200 meters or 400 meters. Sometimes I'd be running 25 meters or wh- whatever. But uh, I trust Chase programming because he is winning national level competition so he's obviously doing something right uh and he's yes he's got a lot more running experience than i do he was a triathlete and he ran a couple marathons and uh i just don't have much running experience is this guy captain america he's pretty close yeah (laughs) carries a shield no dude he's uh (laughs) we lived together for like five years he's uh elite he's dude he's a he's trying we started training at jim jones together and I think our, our time at Jim Jones is why he wanted he decided to open up his own gym after that. Dude, when I first started working out, I saw commercials for Jim Jones. And Jim Jones is this gym in Utah where you don't go and sign up. You don't go buy a membership. Like, if you're going to work out at Jim Jones, you get invited. You get tapped. Like, you can't just walk in there. And I remember when I started, I started doing, like, P90X and shit and Insanity, and I've never been in that great of shape. But when I started to to like get into fitness and stuff. I remember me and my buddy watching videos of Jim Jones and like shuddering because these dudes would like sprint across a gym with chains tied to them and then they'd get on like one of those sprint bikes, the ones where you do your hands yeah, too. Yeah, Airdyne is what's called. The Airdyne and get on that and do it till like they throw up and then they pass out next to it. Then somebody wakes them up and they're like, you're a fucking pussy. <laughs> and then they do it all over again. It looks so intense. It was definitely, the, those workouts were brutal, man. And I would train there at 6, 6 a.m. is when class started. Which meant I was getting up at 4:30 to have a shower, start waking my body up, and try and get a little bit of food in me. And I wasn't. Uh, this was before coffee, but I would do like a pre-workout thing. Like, do you know? Do you remember No Explode? No Explode. Mm, yes, sir. And I would get tasted s- like shit. Tasted got you awful. Jacked, yeah. Got but, you jacked up. Yeah. The the problem was the timing. Like you'd have to take it. I'd have to take the. I'd have to drink this stuff 15 minutes before I was about to be physically exerting myself in some way and if i messed up the timing i turned into a crackhead until i started exercising yep. like, i get super itchy yep. and my ears are hot and tingly and i'm like getting dude i need to interrupt out. you for a second the shit that was in no explode which was also in a supplement called jacked which is you can look it up it's 1-3 dimethylalanine i believe it was it was like 
and it was in all it was in all those pre workout supplements, and it was like a legit precursor to something real special. And the FDA took it off the market because people started having panic attacks, and it ruined it for <laughs> everybody because that stuff was the bomb. That was a great supplement, and the, what you were experiencing was an amphetamine <laughs> overload, and that's why you got such sick results. Go well, on. that makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, Jim Jones was awful, and uh, those workouts were we really were talking, terrible. Dude, we were talking about running, and I can tell you. Oh yeah, and you asked if I had been doing strength training. Again. Yep. So yeah, I have kind of put uh, running. It's a little bit on the back burner right now because I just want to be strong. Yes. Um. So I've I've been flipping the tire a lot. I've been swinging kettlebells a lot. A lot of pull ups, push ups, planks, uh, box jumps, uh, more body weight stuff, more yep. uh, functional movement stuff. Yeah. But um, dude. So recently, I adopted running into a regimen. So, so we hired this guy named Chris Harden about uh, four months ago. And this dude, uh, he showed up from Paris. He's a tandem instructor. He's a black guy. Uh, and I add that to the story for no other reason other than <laughs> I don't have many black friends. And okay. so there we go. But it makes you I'm sound not racist. Cultures. I have a yeah. black friend. And he lived with me for a while. And this dude is a fucking great tandem instructor. He's an all-around great guy. But he is shredded, dude. This guy is so ripped. He looks like he looks like Ryan. Like basically, the the best way I could describe him if you, is if you took a homosexual comic book nerd and told him that they can design any character they wanted, they would draw this guy. And I lived with him <laughs> for like two months. They would literally draw him. I mean, dude, he is so shredded. And he would take he'd take me to the gym every day. We'd work out. We'd do twelve jumps a day and still go to the gym. And somehow, uh, I mean. Dude, he's he's just incredible to work out with. But he had me running, and I have never been a runner in my life. And we run a couple times every week, but every week we run a five k, just on Friday. It's five k Friday. We just go out and do it. There's this road called Beach Road. It's right up the west coast of Saipan, and it's a beautiful sidewalk to run on right as the sun sets. And it's cool because you get to overlook the bay there. And on the bay are what are called the Merchant Marine ships, and they're these six thousand foot long vessels that are privately contracted by the military. They're owned by a private company, but they house military supplies for the Marines and the Army, and it's, a, it's literally a war in a boat. That's what it is. It's tanks, Humvees, missiles, bullets, and then all the other stuff that you don't even think about when you think about fighting a war, which is like triage and hospital centers and like bulldozers to knock down roads and stuff. So these boats are filled with Army supplies because Saipan is like the closest spot to, you know, North Korea and like places that are sketchy. And so they sit there. They literally just sit there and park. And the merchant marines, they come in, they take a boat every hour to shore and they dock. So anyways, I don't know why I went on that tangent, but we run up this beach. We do a 5K every Friday. And dude, running, I've never been a good runner. I've never been good at cardio, you know? And uh, there's some there's some lifts that I can do pretty well. Like I'll never be the best at, but like there's some things I can do well. Running is, dude, absolutely not one of them. that I don't think it ever will be. But Dude, what an appreciation for long-distance runners that you'll earn. And it takes you, what, 800 meters to get that appreciation? Or maybe 400? Oh, dude, I can kill myself in 400 meters. Kill yourself. This guy took me on hill sprints. And we were doing hill sprints one day, and we, were, we did like eight sets of, it was like a warm-up that we did of like a really steep inclined hill. The best part about running in Saipan, especially in neighborhoods, is that you will literally be chased by dogs that are trying to bite you. <laughs> So, while so there's motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's motivation. I can't and stop like, running. While you're running, you can never, like, you have to save a little bit of breath because you need to be able to bark back. Like, you need to be able to make a lot of noise and, like, dart at this dog that's going to try to bite you. you got to get bigger than him, like, and um doesn't happen all the time, but it's it's always out there. And we'll do, like, 40-second intervals, 
where we uh, sprint up a hill. And it's amazing because you can absolutely destroy yourself. You think it's like, dude, I can do anything for 40 seconds. Yeah, you're fucking wrong. Dude, and you sprint, and all of a sudden, I'm looking at the time, and it's like I've been, I've been running for 15 seconds. Like, dude, hill sprints, or any sprinting for that matter, and running in general, I mean, dude, you really figure out what you're made of in a very short amount of time. I think that's what I really liked about sprinting is that it was so short, and that I only had to hate it for so long, you know? But I had a similar experience. Like, I'm trying to... The, the goal I set was to run... Uh, Sub 12 second, 100 meters, which is a, a big bite to take off. I didn't I didn't really realize, you know, and uh, I can all out. I can get 13 seconds, but I got to find I got to make up one whole second to get to, to the goal that I, that I want. 100 meters, that's hard to do. Dude, that's it's so much. It's so much. But I'll, you know, I'll be uh, what I usually do is I, I have uh, I'll use like a, a, an interval timer, you know, like we've used before in workouts. Braden, by the way. As a man who will get down on a nasty workout. Dude, like, I don't look <laughs> like I will. I don't look like I would, but I will. Dude, Br- Braden will throw down. I we will. would have some some good workouts yep. back like under the deck at Spaceland. Yeah. And then Braden would he's not the sort of the dude to give up. So I, I tell you all the time I'm too lazy to work out. There's one person in this world who actually knows how much I w- I'm willing to work out. When I work when I got over my shoulder recovery, I worked out for what, about six months while you were still in Dallas. And actually, every day I worked out, which was three to four times a week, I communicated with Braden. I was checking out of the gym, and my accountability was, yo, bro, this is what I did. And I sent him my workout routine every fucking day. So strong to have that community. When you get those yeah. messages piping in, it helps so much. Go on. Yeah. And then you would give me feedback like, bro, why are you doing this in this order? And there was never questions of challenge as much as understanding. Sometimes like, good, I like it. Or sometimes like, bro, we'll consider this. So I, I can sit here and lie to you all day long and tell you I'm too lazy to work out, which you always call me out on it being a lie. You say it nicer than that. But Braden, dude, he, he has been my motivation to work out. He's actually been the guy who, who helped me and pushed me hard. Dude, Nick has got to be one of the best workout partners because Nick, deep down inside, I think he hates himself. <laughs> Because he will, deep down dude, inside, deep down inside <laughs> on the outside too. I think he likes to torture himself, and I'm pretty sure. Because dude, we've I mean we've gone to some deep dark places, dude. And there's been times where I definitely wanted to quit, and uh, and that's dude, that's exactly the same style of workout that I do with this guy, Chris. This this guy, dude. I, I feel I feel sorry for him, but I'm also happy because we got to adopt him. But he was gonna be a, he was gonna be a Navy SEAL, hundred percent. Had no idea how to swim. Taught himself how to swim. He went for a year and met up. And, and did a course with pararescue guys. The guy who ran the course was an ex-pararescue dude. He had been in Air Force, which is the equivalent of a... It's it's a Navy SEAL in the Air Force that are legit. They parachute in. They're like combat medics that are elite as fuck, that can swim, do it all, right? And so he went to Vegas to train with these dudes for a year he trained with them. And he ended up not being able to get in the Air Force because of a knee injury that he had from football. That's what held him back. The dude taught him how to swim. But this workout program that we were doing on the island was like chunks and like pieces that are pulled out of this. So it's like a lot of calisthenics and and core training. Um, And some of the swim drills that we we haven't started swimming yet, that's going to be coming up in the next little while. We just just started taking on the running. We're going to start the swimming. And then eventually we're all going to move into the biking. And then I think at some point there's going to be like a half Ironman that takes place in my life. And I believe... I believe I can do it. Yeah, I'm sure you can. And I think endurance sports, I think it's really just putting in the time, you know? That's it, dude. That, uh, that I think most people could... 
I don't know about a full Ironman, but like I think in, not for me. You know, not in, for me. In not a, a full. In a few months, I think most people can train for like a sprint distance triathlon, and uh, that's what I'm going. I mean, for. they're not going to be competitive, you know. Right. But to to just complete the race, I think that's. I don't think that's. Uh, out of reach for you by any measure no that's what i'm going for i'm going for like just to say that i did it you know just train enough but i mean yeah it, it's interesting that you that you were taking on the running thing like in a similar time frame that i was because dude god running is such a beast and then there's and here's here's the thing you take guys that do full ironmans and you take guys that do you know these like super ironmans and these ultra marathons and then you take dudes like cameron haynes the bow hunter yeah. that does the bigfoot 200 a 200 mile That's insane dude. a That's 200 insane. mile run right now this this guy is training for a 240 mile run dude i that's that's absolute lunacy i can't even wrap my head around that dude i i run for a mile and a half and i'm pretty sure the next mile and a half is going to be hell <laughs> yeah it's going like, to kill the you the next mile and a half yeah. is going to be hell these dudes are running for 240 miles i can't i mean it's like that's unimaginable for, for anyone who hasn't done that. That's crazy. So sick. Running is like one of my, I hate, you, you talk about Dude. I hate raining, running. I wasn't able to run. I, I've never run a full mile without getting shoved in the van. Let my coach let me puke in a, bu- a bucket before he shoves me back out. In high school, I did that once or twice in football practice. But other than that, I've never actually run a full mile until uh, when you knew I started getting to working out, getting into my shoulder recovery and getting healthier. And I ran two miles. That's the most I've ever run at once. That whoops two miles my sucks. ass. 240 miles, miles. And how long does it take Haynes to run that? Do you know? I believe he did the 200-mile race. Dude, Nick's on the pewter. Well, I want to say it was like 48 hours or something. I think, it was in the, I think it was in the 70s. Maybe 72 hours. Maybe it was three days. Yeah, I think it was in the 70 range. And I think there was like a 40-minute, a couple 40-minute breaks in there where he like sat down and just like thought about how dumb of a decision it is. Uh, Cameron Haynes, Eugene, Oregon, 78 hours, 56 minutes. Okay. What's right the on. short time there? First place, we got 62 hours and 18 <laughs> minutes. That dude didn't even win. Dude, <laughs> yeah. Some dude did it in how, what he did he did 16 hours 60, better than him? 62 hours, so yeah. Dude, that is, yeah. who is this man? 16 hours and 40 minutes better. Who is this man that runs 200 miles in 62 hours? Richard Cresser from Seattle, Washington. Shout out to Richard. 30 years old. Hey, Richard, if you ever find me, on this fucking planet, I will buy you a beer. I doubt you can. I doubt you'll ever get this message, but yeah, thank, thanks for the thing. I'll do, hey, Richard, I'll do more if you want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Richard, call me. So one of the things I've actually told my friends who were watching and who were going to watch this podcast, I had so many people ask me who is the guest, and I just refused to tell the majority of them. I told people, I promise you one thing. This is going to be the least skydiving productive conversation we'll ever have. But this will probably that be one of the true. funnest nights we will ever have. So how long are you in town for, Mr. Braden? Dude, so here we go. I have to... Dude, how, how long have you been rolling for so I know my time frame? Because I got more I want to uh, talk about. We, got, we are at an hour and 42 minutes right now. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. And four hours is the max because Facebook cuts us off at four hours. Okay, we'll be yeah yeah yeah. We're, we're not going to stretch it that long, but I still have more that I want to talk to you guys about. Um, I'm in town until so. Here's the deal: I got to spend time with my family. Yeah, Absolutely. no, for sure, yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm not yeah, expecting yeah. you to be in yes. Houston all month. Yeah, your stateside, of course, you're going to see your family. So I'm out. I'm going to fly home on July 9th. Okay, and I'm going to spend like 10 days with my folks, and I'm going to fly back here on I think the 20th or the 19th, and then I'm going to fly out of here on the 20th. Fourth, I believe it's something I haven't 
I haven't fully looked at my itinerary. So I'm going to be in Houston like a week total. But I promise we're going to take advantage of that time. This is what we're going to do. So uh, Rob Parker is the one who first put this idea in my brain. And I don't think he's going to pull through with it. So I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you up to this. Is the tire, the giant tire that we used to flip. Okay. Still lives under the deck. It's got a space land. Do both of them, the I, tractor tire and the loader tire? I just I flipped the big one, the loader tire. Right. right on. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that, yep. That's the that's the that's the big mama. That's yep. the one I like. So Rob had the idea to start at one end of the runway and flip the tire all the way to the end. <sighs> what which, a fucking asshole! <laughs> yeah, it's dude. A only an idea. asshole comes up with that fucking but idea. He, he said, "Hey, guess how many you think it's gonna take?" And I really said, "I think I said six hundred was my first guess." That's probably and, a lot. And I was like, "If it's under a thousand, I'll do it." And uh, by yourself. N- uh, well, we d- we talked about doing it as a team, a two-man team. Okay. So, uh, and I think we did the math and measured the tire and measured the runway that it's 137 flips a person. I'm dead. Da- I'm to in. Do, to do 100% one, end, one end to the other. 100% I'm in. So I think uh, I think we're gonna have to do that with three people. No, me and you, one and two. Oh. Oh, I thought that would be three. I mean, I'll ask Rob if he wants to. He's been sick and he's been hurt. I don't think he's going to be down for flipping a tire. Here's for, the spin for we're going to put on it. We're going to do it on a Saturday when they're flying loads all fucking day. <laughs> so we have to dodge airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually... We got the manager right here, too. We got the guy to talk to. Yeah, about can you coordinate this. that for us, Ben? Two thumbs up from Ben Nelson. I'm down 100%. One of the other things that you're talking about doing, and, and I need to know about this, is uh, open mic night. That's happening. Uh, that's a maybe. What I think do you if, mean you, it's maybe? if you make that information public, I don't think he's going to go up. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's not. It We're not going to let anybody no. know when and where it's going to be. No, no, That's no, fine with that. I'd go into some dive. There's a couple spots, dude. I know about it from my improv buddies, and like, there's there's talk about it. I I just didn't come fully prepared, but I mean, if uh, I'd I, love I to look, see it, man. I can look at my notes. And we'll see. It, ma- it makes me nervous. It certainly makes me nervous. Yeah, but I mean, see, but if this you told, in there is you cool, could right? just tell one story right now. Out of the dozen stories that I've heard you tell more than once, that I can tell that you're, you know, part of you is telling a story and just telling it again to someone else, and part of you is working on the material when you're telling the story. Right, people. I right. can tell that you're trying to work. There's it some out, stories that I've just absolutely polished over you, the years, you know. Yeah, but I know you could tell a certain story about a certain text message you sent to your brother. You could also send oh, a story man. about uh, a bathroom stall at boarding school. Like these are. Which these, one was that? The bathroom stall. Yeah. Wiping the wrong way. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Wiping the what? What? what, what? Oh, but no, I could probably tell that story here. Dude, do you want to? Because I, could I would. That story. I, I would use the bathroom. Love to. I would love to hear that story. You get. You go practice in there for us, and then you come back and tell a story. <laughs> we'll warm it back up, man. <laughs> I, I can't believe. Like just the opportunity to have him here has been really fun. While while we're waiting on Braden to get back, something that. I don't know if you and I have talked about this yet, Mr. P, but I, I think we've recently spoke on this, this week, maybe today or yesterday, but many P and I have spoke about this, and every guest is a new adventure for us. It's a new adventure as far as the stories of conversations, but for you and I, the time we think about it beforehand, and for me, the time afterwards, I always think about how each guest goes, how each show goes, the feedback I hear from everybody, because I do want to make this something that we enjoy, but also the audience. And one of the things I came into terms with very recently is I think people like to feel better about themselves. I think people like to feel good. And the Jerry Springer, I watched Jerry Springer to feel good about myself, right? Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I've noticed is one of our more popular guests has also been our assistant producer, Minnie P or Ben Nelson. 
And I've come to the conclusion that people love seeing Ben on the show because when you watch Ben, you immediately go, oh my God, my life is not so bad. I feel better about myself. <laughs> Come on, quit picking on Ben. I'm on I'm on team Ben Nelson. I love Mr. Ben Nelson. I think Ben's a great guy. Mini P. So what... Uh, what hey, uh, DJ, how many world records do you have? Uh, none. Hey, Ben? Oh my God! I just shattered a wine glass. That's instant instant karma. That's I'm instant in karma. Best. Ben, Ben, how many world records do you have? Sixteen. Thirteen. 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 You were saying as I ruined your wine glass. Hey Ben, who taught you how to do tandem skydives? Did I finish that scotch? DJ, DJ. So even with all your records, who stu- who do you still consult with with safety in that arena? So back to the back Yo, to the don't story. Clean that up now. Don't clean that up. No, now. we're not gonna clean that up now, but we do have to be careful <laughs> with that. Um, so yeah, it's gonna take a vacuum cleaner to clean that yeah, up yeah, right don't now. Don't even sweat it, that. It, it really is, dude. You're not gonna be able to deal with it right now. Um, ben, 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 you're about to step on glass. Okay, cool. Uh, so what we're gonna be doing now, something that's gonna become a little bit more of a regular gig, is Ben is just—it's been a great conversation, the three of us. So we're actually gonna get Ben to start uh, being on the show a little bit more regularly, not just in the background. So we're gonna start seeing a little more common naked. You guys have got to do solo ops. You don't always need a guest. No, but what's just gonna be the three of us shooting the shit and chilling? And something that we're working on is Ben and I will be sitting here at times. Ben has actually agreed to work on uh, him and I switching places one day. People have asked. They want to hear my story. They want to hear my background. And, and you hear some of it throughout time, but one day Ben's going to interview me sitting here. And there will be days where I actually will probably sit behind there and, and Ben and Nick sit up here. So we're going to make it a little bit more regular occasion. It's just the three of us shooting the shit, having fun. Naked. Naked. N- now I'm in. Now, now you've got my attention. How deep would you say you're in? I'm <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude. Hey, when you used to work in the oil and gas industry, how deep did you drill? Deep. Both inches. I drilled both inches. And one other thing, and it's it's just an open statement. You knew this, and you've heard this from me before. If you ever live in Houston, this is a three-man show or four-man show, whatever it is. Dude. We could set this up. Look at Fighter and the Kid. It's the two of them with whoever they bring on. Right. Dude, this podcast was made for us. Mr. P fell into my lap. Face first. I mean, Mr. P fell into my lap as Dude, far as what a goes. good fucking job he's doing. A, a sign from the little slip-up you just had with the wine glass. You've been doing a great job. And actually, so far, no technical difficulties in tonight's show, which, I mean, I just... You've always jinked us by saying you're not going to have them. So you didn't say it tonight, so now I just ruined the, the closing. Um, Mr. P, yeah, the, the wine glass is your technical difficulty. Is that what you're going with? No. No? Um, so... It definitely come back in. Back to the new ideas. Ben will be joining us a lot more regularly. Naked. Oh, by the way, Ben, nice hat. I got me one of those. Yeah, you get that? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I like fitted hats. I don't like snapbacks. I don't mind snapbacks. Respect to snapback wearers, but I prefer fitted hats. Agreed. Skydive Spaceland has always had snapback hats. I don't wear them for that reason. Dude, I for sure have one from a green one, but I think Steven gave it to that me. Was, that was like a personal model. Steven was doing it. He did, uh, Spaceland Gear Store did one or two fitted hats that were just small and uncomfortable, but they recently came out with a new line of fitted hats, a much more comfortable hat, a much better fitted hat. Um, Vulcan, uh, mad props to Vulcan. I can't even believe I said that. Uh, they're selling them for 25 bucks, so super fair price as well. If you like fitted hats, it's super comfortable. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> Ben's okay. He's living long and prosper, if you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or Volcom is one <laughs> of my other films. fucking Star Trek <laughs> y- Yes, it was, sir. Welcome. <laughs> yes, it was, sir. How dude, you doing over there, Mr. P? No offense to Vulcan. Dude, how many, honestly, does anybody have a ballpark figure of how many, f- how many javelins that guy sold? In his lifetime. Dude, that man has sold a bungalow to Rex. I think, I think he's about to get a certificate from Sunpath for the number of Sunpath products he's sold. I, it, who sells more? I don't know. Military. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Actually, there I wouldn't go. be shocked if Shooting Star. Right. Shooting Star Obviously, is, they do a ton. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm. So, but he, he is one of the top, no doubt. In my small little world, he's the fucking man, dude. Yeah. He's the guy to go through for a javelin. Yeah. And not just a javelin. I mean, he definitely uh, pimps a hell of a javelin. But he also sells a few other rigs really, really well. And most manufacturers I deal with, which unfortunately is more than I can count, not very high, uh, a lot of them say he is one of their num- bigger dealers for anything. And part of it is, is we have the volume of Spaceland. Part of it is, is he uh, he has an international presence. He's Turkish French. He has other people he sells to, and he actually has a very large European market. Yeah, we mock Vulcan all the time. Vulcan hold, says all the time, "I'm here during business hours. I hold business hours." We joke and say, "Bullshit! You hold bankers' hours. You run from nine to three, and you're out of here." And this guy was so anxious to make a sale, he got in his car and drove to Oklahoma with a bunch of rigs. Yeah. And the dude. only reason anybody who, who <laughs> this guy talks, wants the sale, bro, he wants yeah. it. Dude, he Want, is such a salesman. In dude. a storm. I think it was in a storm, too. I'm not even kidding. And fuel prices he's were like, super high. He was, <laughs> he was like looking at the weather and he's like, I think there's going to be a storm, but I really want to sell it to these guys. So he literally loaded them up in his truck and drove to Oklahoma. Dude, Vulcan's a legend. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> he actually does a lot of sales in Europe. So in the mornings, he's commonly at home doing European sales. So if you ever hear us joking around about Vulcan having banker's hours, it's because he's not in the shop doesn't mean he's not working. Right. So the boy definitely hustles. My friend, for you, come into my shop. You straight up, you just <laughs> walked into a Turkish bazaar. Uh, for sure, bring your bargaining skills because you're going to need them. Dude, and if you've never skydived before, it doesn't matter. He'll still sell you a rig. It does, he, he lives up to the Middle Eastern stereotype of a salesman. 100%. Like my friend, come into my shop. The guts, the guts is the same. It doesn't say Sony on the outside, but I promise you, it's just like a Sony. Yeah? <laughs> What's a son path? <laughs> and and you say he will sell you a rig even if you haven't jumped. I know at least four people who have bought a rig in the last two years before they ever made their first student jump. You're jo- okay, so they've done a tandem. Yes, they've done a tandem and said, I'm buying gear, so when I graduate, it's going to be here. I know at least four people in the last about two years. Dude, I know five, but one guy needed a special I mean, the weird part is they're jumping, they're jumping a javelin, but, you know. <laughs> there are, there are those people. It's the same, my friend. <laughs> dude, there are those people that I respect more. Than, dude, when I... There, there's two types of people in this world. There's the people who... Like, when I did my first skydive, I did it because I was going through a rough breakup, and I was doing anything I could to not think about that girl. And, like, I went skydiving for the first time for my birthday, and after I landed, I was like, dude, I haven't thought about that girl for seven minutes. I was like, that's a record. I'm going to keep doing this, right? But then there's other people that start skydiving. They do their first tandem. Before they do the first tandem, they know it's something that they're going to do. And you see... That's not something I experienced until I went to Spaceland. And I've seen a lot of those dudes. Mm-hmm. One recently that I'm going to give a shout out to. I actually, I, I probably don't know the guy well enough to really talk about him. And I don't know enough of his story, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, 
Dude, I just saw uh, fucking Larry Hack making a wingsuit. Based Larry job. Hack, dude. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? What a great, what a what an amazing example of a goal set and a goal met over a long progression, over a four or five. I don't know how long. I think he said it took four years in his post. He was like, "I want a wingsuit base jump." Four years later, he's jumping off of a cliff. And from what it looked like to me, I, I don't have a lot of base jump. I've got like 18 base jumps. I don't know a lot about the progression, but from what it looked like to me, yeah. he, he took the right avenues. Like, he did it right. I know Larry's hack story, unfortunately, too. I say unfortunately, actually fortunately, because Larry's been a good guy. And about four years ago, I met Larry Hack with an A license and 20-some-odd jumps. And he tells me, I'm going to do this. And I'm thinking, gee, buddy, great. I hear this all the time. I don't tell him that. But what you've got is a lofty, extreme, and an extremely dangerous goal. And, and you're going to probably either not meet it or you're going to do it in a really stupid way is my thought process. Because that's all I typically You ever see. hear. That's all yeah. you ever hear. So I'm like, cool, buddy. I like your goal. That's a super lofty goal. Make sure you go about the right channels to do it and the right ways to do it. And Larry actually told me, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man. I promise you I am. And he said it in a very respectful way, but he said it in a way that I'm not, that made me go like, yeah, great, you're, you're going to do this. And within a year, I firmly believed Larry Hack was going to do the right thing. And uh, our buddy was recently on the podcast, a guy named Luke Hively. He was actually our last guest. And Luke has been his coach through the process. Luke actually does wingsuit-based coaching. Met him. And know him. Met him. Yeah, that's right. Love because him. you're yeah. Love the guy. You know he runs the Rating Center Canopy courses in Dallas now. Shut the fuck up. He is a canopy. He, he Have is, you he's seen one of those, those eyes? They're gorgeous. No, no, no. If I remember the guy, he's a good-looking guy. Yes. Pull up a photo of him. Pull up a photo of Luke Hively right now, Ben. Yeah, yeah. On that laptop right in front of you. I want to see so his just So ch- just pick up a new browser tab and uh, pull him up in a, a uh, what's it called, in a... In, in, uh, Pull up his face right now. Does this thing recline? Because I'm afraid I'm going to hit a tab and it's going to open up some sort far of like right, t- far right midget porn. Grab or a new tab on the far Put right. Put his face up right here on the computer in front of me. Does this seat recline? Because I like right to recline there. when I'm jerking off. Uh, LukeHively.com. Got it. Heading that way. Oh, dude, it does. Sweet. Hey, Nick, dude, you need to stop cleaning, man. You have no idea how good it makes me feel. No, man, I'm, I'm good with it. I let, let him do what he's doing. It looks good down there. I, he's at our feet doing his thing. Dude, when has Nick ever been above 9% body fat? Speaking of men. Dude, the dude's always in good shape. Dude, he gets above 9% body fat every time we go do one of our fun dinners together. And, and then the it. next day he fasts to get back below 9%. I've been, I've been using an uh, Apple uh, iPad for so long, I'm touching the screen like an idiot because I'm trying to get... <laughs> are, you, dude, are you stabbing I don't even know how to use a mouse right anymore, You've man. You've seen me at work. My laptop I'm is serious. a touch screen. I have no I idea. I'm just sitting here touching the screen. It's like, <laughs> why isn't this working? Wrong keyboard for... You're just poking Nick's <laughs> yeah. screen, his so fucking $1,000 computer. LukeHively.com is his website. Oh, right there. Right there. Hold on a second. So look at the bottom row. You see one, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognize it. Yep, yeah, handsome yeah. as it gets. Yeah, dude. Luke is a fucking sweetheart of a man. So Super Larry, nice guy. Larry Hack has done all his training that that way Larry Hat goes over prepared for this trip. Larry goes with the safest course of action that he's not going to need. He went on this trip with so many extra things saying, I'm not going to need any of this, but just in case I'm going to have it because if I need to take this alternate route or this thing. So I, I got to throw mad props out to Larry. Dude, he, he does it the best. I can't way do can. it any. And honestly, like the dude rolls up to the drop zone and he wears Shit, he dresses like Iron Man. He and wears fucking Iron Man underoos. Dude, the dude is the dude is legitimately. I I actually stalked him once, and I did a little background check on him. Just on, I didn't pay for it. I just went and did it myself. 
but he's like the closest actual thing third to, to the to, last tab he, he's the closest actual thing to tony stark he wears iron man shit he's the chief technology officer i believe for an online retailer so he knows about computers i mean he didn't build like blinds.com or something yeah like yeah that. he didn't build jarvis right but he's the chief he's the cto for a company and now he's wingsuit base jumping that's dude that's pretty sick and he set the goal i mean that's very sick he set the goal four years later he achieved it and I, like i said dude that sport, from what I understand, has gotten super dangerous. Well, we talked about with Luke a couple weeks ago in 2016, August, 16 fatalities. Haven't they beat that number this year? Somebody told me. I don't know that's if that's true. That's in one month. That's not in the right, year. Right, 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 right. 16. I don't think we've beat. I don't think they beat the month total uh, this right. year. Right. That, 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 that was a crazy month. So these people are pushing it to the next level and, you know, say whatever you want about that. I, I've heard a lot of talk about that. It's like, dude, people will do what they will do, what they will do with their own bodies, and uh, there's that. But, um, but in in the way that Larry did it, I mean, I, I blew my hats off to the guy. Fucking he, respect, dude. dude. Mad respect. Man. He set a goal. Four years later, he's stepping off a cliff wearing a fucking bird suit. That's and, pretty dope. And any fifty year old man who can wear Iron Man underoos and own it as well, no, most people can't do it. He's yoked. He he's rich, dude. The it, guy's dude. the man. I love you, Larry. If you're watching, Larry, I'm a fan. We don't talk that much, but I'm a fan. Larry, Larry's a super good dude. Connie, Connie Dalton Lott. Where did you learn to clean like a rock star, Nick? Certainly didn't learn that growing <laughs> up. All credit to you, Mom. He gives all credit to you. She's probably wondering, well, why didn't you do it your first 18 years of life, you little son of a bitch? Hey, Nick, while you're up, will you grab me a shiner out of the fridge? I got to switch off this whiskey. I just, decide, I just started to slur. That's Koch is getting you? Dude. What proof is that? Uh, dude, it's not that bad, man. It's seriously not that bad. Is it heavy. just like an 80 proof, like a whatever? Uh, yeah, yeah. It is uh, 43%, which is what, 86? 90. Yeah, 80. Right, right, right. You got it. So I'm blaming it uh, then on the jet lag. Although no one will ever tell you that a symptom of jet lag is slurring. <laughs> yeah. I did save you from this one because this one's somewhere about 120 oh, okay. proof. Yeah, that's a little So intense. I thought about pouring you some Edredor. Uh Definitely, you're going to feel this one in the back of your throat. That's right. Um, it's a very peaty uh, tasting scotch. It was a gift from a buddy of mine named Brian Clark. Yeah, but all this stuff Vulcan sold to him. It's so, you know, it's two bottles of uh, Waski. Waski. But the gut's inside, my friend. It's but the it's same. Good. The it's outside, the same. it looks it's different. Same. It don't say so. I love you, Vulcan. I love you. It don't say javelin, but it's the same inside, buddy. <laughs> you love the javelin and the j- the javelin and the Waski. <laughs> the javelin and Waski. Love Dude. that guy. Love you, Vulcan. Shinerbach is a good beverage. People, so one thing I learned uh, leaving the continental United States Conus. is that never forget the ease of access you have to uh, stuff that's as cool as Shinerbach and uh, everything else that is easy. Oh, fiber optic internet. Fiber optic internet is awesome. It's fantastic. We had a storm. It was luckily happened before I got to Saipan, but there was a tropical depression that came through and knocked out the undersea communication cable. And for six months, the only way to get, or sir, I'm sorry, for six weeks, the only way to get a message off the island was if you wrote it on a piece of paper and stuck it on a boat or in an airplane. In a bottle. Message yeah. in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Right now, your mom is getting a bottle that they found in San Diego and someone shipped to her. Well, it's, it's like, I'm doing okay, mom. Dude, seriously. Like, you sort of lose sight of the fact of how separated you are out there. But, dude, if shit hits the fan, I mean, you can really, you're uh, pretty limited on communication. I, Nick, it's good, dog. I want to tell the story now. I want to tell my story, and you need to be listening for this. No, it's the story of me wiping. It's the story of me in the stall. Front to back, back to front. The reverse, the reverse UTIs. wipe. The reverse wipe. Yeah. 
And don't worry, we're gonna have to vacuum when you're done, said and done. When we get done, when we're, we're when we're uh, getting everything I'm, online, I'm about ready to hand this mic back over to the man. People do ask me regularly, how long does it take us to get things online? When we wrap the show, if I'm focused, I can have this podcast online within 20 minutes. Within 20 minutes, you should be able to search iTunes or most podcast players and be able to see it. How long does it take from when you walk in this room to hit the go button? That can happen like within five minutes. To, okay, right on. Uh, normally, what it is is one of the things I had a problem with is. Exporting and post-production took a super long time. I figured out if I just save the project at the beginning. And Nick, I don't know if you actually, uh, I, I don't know if Nick ever figured out, but look at Audacity real quick, Nick. Read the top. Nice try, Nick, is what it says. Did you actually look at that hoping to see if you could get the hint? No, I really thought that it would say episode 16, mystery guest. So okay. That's what I expected it to say. Yeah. But I did check on it to make sure it was good. And so when you saw that, you probably got a good chuckle going like, oh, yeah, I snickered. Yeah. Um, Dude, can I, hey, you know how he had the profile, the silhouette of the band with a question mark? Yeah, and yeah. that you, yeah, you yeah. posted that like advertising image. Will you make just like a gif of like me sliding into space and then it illuminating like <laughs> mystery guest unsolved? Boom! That sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> DMT has opened my eyes to who the mystery guest is. I've seen an alien. Yes. Yeah. Just like everything that just happened. What? what? Put his voice over <laughs> on it too. That too. Oh, that's going. Yeah, on yeah, that goes in it too. <laughs> you grab it's the no audio. longer a gif. It's now a video. The DMT bit too. What's yes, that? Yes, the whole deal. DMT. It stands for DJ Marvin Triumphs. He's a winner. He is a winner. So Braden wipes front to back or back to front. That's where we're hanging out right okay, now. Okay. Well. Yeah. Start of the start of the beginning. I didn't even I I didn't even honestly know that I was gonna have to explain that, but we're gonna have to go way back. Oh, yo, timeout. Hold on one second. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself a Tony Casino, Tony Cacino, Tony Cassio, Angelo's brother, bought me this bottle. This is one of my favorite scotches. Tony just logged in. Tony just signed on. Tony, thanks for the drink. I love you. You whooped his ass. Fuck yeah, Tony. Shout out for the good whiskey. What, Dude, what is it about Tony and booze? First of all, the guy knows. He brew. He was brewing beer. He was like when he was living in a trailer at Space and he was like nitro tapping fucking IPAs and stuff. Like, dude, he was he knows his booze. Oh no, no, no. Who taught Alcoholism Tony? is very powerful. Who taught Tony <laughs> this one? I actually introduced this label to Tony. Oh, okay. Right on. But no, he knows his booze. Dude, he he was brewing. Dude, he had a he had uh, uh, am I incriminating him right now? Nah. Dude, he had he had tapped beer that he brewed. He had a, a kegerator with beer that he tapped. And to me, I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. That just seems like a lot of barriers to entry to get down that road. So front to back or back yeah, let's to front. Set, set the story here, Braden. Where, where are you at? 14 years old, northern Idaho, boarding school. Okay. For, for, whatever, yeah, for whatever reason, the stalls in all the men's bathroom were chopped off at like nipple height. So if while your buddy was taking a shit, you could just walk up to the stall and just talk to him. You could just sit your hands on top like and just stare at his dunk. Yeah, make whatever while he's shitting, and you could like talk to him. And you get real close with your friends when you're in boarding school like super fast. And I was doing my deed after lunch. And, uh, you know, my buddy was sitting there talking to me, and I was going to do the paperwork. And I stick my hand down in the front of my legs. He's like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm wiping my ass. He's like, dude, you wipe from the front? I didn't know until I was 14 years old that wiping from the front is absolutely not what you do. And the clues were outlined for me in place because, like, dude, we'd get back from gym. We'd get back from, like, the gym or whatever. We'd be done doing whatever we were doing. 
And everybody would, you know, when you're 14 years old, you're, you start to get body odor and stuff like that. Everybody would be like, man, my nuts smell like shit. And I'd be like, yeah, mine do too. But mine actually smelled like shit. They didn't smell like body odor. It was because I was wiping shit under my balls. That's just a little jam for everybody watching so this. Bird. <laughs> right? So, so go ahead. So now I know. Now I know. That I wouldn't do that. I wish and I you're wrong. <laughs> you, I, you are wrong, by the way. Ever, yeah. If I ever, ever have a chance to get into a time machine, if time, tra- time travel ever becomes a thing, <laughs> you need to be that's there. where I'm going, dude. The I'm going to 14-year-old Braden Smith in that stall. That's the moment I want to see. The thing, like, And you're wrong. You can, fr- you can wipe back to front. But first of all, you can't be a woman. Because women wipe into their piss hole and they get UTIs. Right, right, right. And you stop wiping when the butthole ends. You don't wipe into your dick. Well, that's why I got mad follow through. I got I mad follow through, dude. I pick up my junk and I still wipe because, man, I just don't got the flexibility. I can cheek. I reach between my junk, I lift her up, and I wipe we back to front. We found out that DJ it's wipes okay. from the front just now. That's yes, wild, DJ. Straight up, Finish dude. your story and let's, let's <laughs> keep, teach him something. Keep bringing it. So that happened, right? And I didn't think I was going to tell it, but I just wanted to know... <laughs> Who, dude? The fucked up part about that was who was letting that happen in the port, and that was my family. And so now I'm looking back at my family, like, why? Why'd you let me do this? There's anyway, nothing wrong with it. Whatever. There's another. Yeah, you're right. Well, the way I was doing was really fucking wrong. Yeah, why would it to your nuts is a that problem? Was way wrong, right? And so I learned. I was like, okay, you wipe from the back. At least I do now. It's Especially like he, if you got mad follow through. It's like you're using your fucking shit for like lube, man. You're like, oh yeah, let me rub this off. Absolutely foul. There's parts of the world that that's okay. I didn't. I wasn't living in one of those parts at the time. <laughs> and so, and now the next part of the story. <laughs> and the next this is one of my favorite s- stories or this is one of the the stories that everybody that tells from the, I went to another boarding school in uh, in New Hampshire and it was really cool boarding school is an awesome experience most people think that it, it must have sucked your parents sent you away boarding school blows you're with all dudes not true it's co-ed it's fucking awesome and you have no parents and you live in a giant building with all your friends so boarding school presents a number of opportunities for you to ha- to have a whole lot of fun. And on the weekends, we would sign out and we, we, we would travel from where I was at in Franconia, New Hampshire. We would travel to Burlington, Vermont, and we'd go skiing for a weekend. And we would live, we would go stay at the dormitory from all the people that had graduated the year prior. So we knew a bunch of seniors. They had dorm, or we, they were freshmen in college now. They were seniors the, the year before. They had dorm rooms. They could buy beer. So of course, we signed out. We went and got drunk. And I'm talking stupid drunk. Like the only, the amount of alcohol we drank was the only... Only like an 18-year-old body would allow that. Like only an 18-year-old liver would allow this amount of alcohol. Like, dude, we got shit-faced. Like the most drunk I've ever been in my life and had a really good time. And uh, there was one time we were up at, we went to go ski at Jay Peak. We partied at the University of Vermont. We got absolutely plastered. I have Polaroid images in my head of the night before. We call that a brownout. It wasn't a full blackout. It's called a brownout. And we woke up in the morning. We're late to get You're to the slopes. You're talking about the back of your nuts. Yeah, yeah. They're brown outs. <laughs> Straight up. So we're late to get to the slopes. And uh, we're, we're, we're rushing or whatever. And on the way there, my buddy's like, dude, I'm not feeling so hot. So we stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts. And my buddy's walking into the Dunkin' Donuts bathroom. And in the Northeast, you always have a mudroom area. Like, you have two sets of doors. So the heat doesn't escape, right? So he walks in. And he starts. he started vomiting. Before he got through the second door, he walked in the first one. I don't know if he got like a smell of food or whatever. He just started throwing up in the mudroom. And I'm like, whoa, that's heavy. My buddy's throwing up. I don't feel so good. And I went into the the restroom and we were in a time crunch. Dude, we had to get to the slopes. And I took 
you know, I use the restroom in a manner that you could only use it after a hard night of partying. You get my drift. And my buddies are in the car. They're waiting for me. They're in a hurry. So everything I did happened super fast. Okay, I don't remember it all. I just went through it super quick. And I got mad follow through, right? We know this from the previous story that I told. And we get to the slopes, right? So we, we ride in the car for like another hour and a half. And, and we get to the, the base of the mountain or whatever, and we get outside the car, and we're all putting on our ski boots and, like, doing our stuff. And I'm putting on my ski boots, and my buddies all go, oh. They're like, oh, what the fuck, dude? They all point at me, and I'm like, what? Like, I look back, and I'm like, what's, what's wrong? And my shirt had come up, and I had a streak of shit going up my back. <laughs> like, up to the middle of my fucking back because I was in such a rush, and I was drunk that I had somehow in my drunken state I had smeared shit up past like my tailbone and I had sat on it for an hour and a half in the car and just like it was all over my fucking back and so before skiing before like going skiing I had to go into the fucking bathroom dude I had to go into the bathroom at the lodge and clean myself up and act and behave like an adult from here on out right and obviously, I didn't. I've never lived that story down. I never will. So you're It'll supposed be told to wipe wedding. your ass, not spread it across Dude, your body. Just smear it up your back. Let me just smear it up like my nuts, up my back. Dude, if, a lot of stuff I didn't learn. A lot of things I didn't learn. <laughs> well, if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't be so happy at this moment right now. So it was all. It was all worth it. Good. I'm glad. Dude, it's I, for the greater good, really. Shit um, balls. I just. I really hope. <laughs> I really hope that the people that are watching this right now just understand that I am, in fact, a good person. Dude, and John, I've changed a lot in 18 years or whatever it's been, 10 years. John Barry is, uh, has chimed in a couple of times. Dude, he's watching? Dude, yeah. I have to wipe and wipe and wipe <laughs> and wipe. Who said that? John Barry. Barry. Oh, dude, Barry. Yeah. Dude, he knows me. Dude, John Barry, just so you know, buddy, I plan on hitting you up. We are going to have John Barry in this room, and we are going to have a podcast titled there's The Talents of John Barry's Mouth. Dude, there's no, there's not a better podcast. The, he, he could honestly do a national podcasting tour. What he needs is an agent of, of people to just contact other podcasts and be like, hey, we got a guy coming on the show. And they're like, who is he? And I'm like, you don't know him. And they're like, well, we can't have him on the show. I'm like, no, you can know him. Yeah. <laughs> you can have him on the show and you need to have him on the show. John, I'll send you a message after this. At some point, I need, I need to get you going. I need to get you on. Uh, John is one of those guests that is, for, for me, it's a Braden caliber guest. We're not taking this very serious. And, 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 dude, I don't think we've ever really taken ourselves too fucking serious Never, here. Never should. But you definitely... This this is what the podcast is about. Matthew Peterson and I actually have a high five in the airplane that's based off of a story about John Barry and Braden Smith. One oh, day I will yeah, tell yeah, you yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 Dude. No doubt. So, so no many doubt. fun goals with my friends. Actually, just a, a quick pause, a quick talk. This week, right now, we're dealing with you. Next week, we got a buddy of ours, JP Fernari. JP is a longtime skydiver. Pizzle. Uh, yeah, Pizzle, J Pizzle. He's also a jump pilot. And, and for me, it's very interesting for jumpers to hear it from the pilot's perspective. And JP is also a guy, a guy who has a lot of opinions, who are very educated and very informed opinions. So I don't think they're just random. So it's, it's going to be interesting to hear and talk about the future of, uh, and, and what we see with him. I think it's the week after that we're going to get a guy named The Kid or Anthony Zerbonia who runs a wingsuit school at Dallas. So we're going to have oh, him sick. coming in soon. Is he boys with that dude, Hively? Uh, He's got to be, I right? don't know if they know each other well at all. As a matter of fact, they just met. What's that? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. He runs the wingsuit school in oh, Houston. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, totally. okay. Thank you, Ben. Um, 
And then uh, next month, August, we actually have Critter. You know Critter? Of course, 100%. Critter now works for a company means sit, means sit. He's a total waffle. He doesn't skydive. So we're going to actually have him with a dog episode. Oh, very cool. So I've, I've got a few things coming up. Uh, John Barry Those is are sick episodes. Fuck yeah, I got many mouth talents. So, John, I will be hitting you up very soon. I actually got another buddy we're going to be having on soon who hosts a, a show called Canvas Conversations. So you remember I talked about having Ben on Canvas Conversations on? I want to let him grab a little bit of energy. Do you have any clue who Boz Rutten is? Oh, yeah, for sure I know who Boz yeah. Rutten is. Yeah. You know who Boss is. 100%. Dude, Homeboy just had Boz Rutten on his fucking show, man. What? Well, that's now insane. he's doing everything in, in, in uh, video, like Skype kind of conversations. Whoa. But he just had fucking Boss come on his show and talk about the fucking McGregor Mayweather fight, Dude, which, by the way, we we're getting. How much, how much time do we have left? Two we, hours. We've got, it, it, I mean, 45 minutes until we hit three hours. Okay. Three hours is just, it doesn't mean anything. Dude, worst we case scenario, to, we, we have, have pause, pause and restart. Because I want to hear your take. I want to hear your take on the Floyd. I... Nick, what do you know about Conor McGregor? He's an animal, dude. He's a beast. He's right a, he's a, an amazing fighter, one of the best in the world, most would say. And what do you know about Floyd? Uh, the same, but only in the realm of boxing. His so, I mean, you're educated what you need to be. If if Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor got in a fight, Floyd is fucked. If, if, if it wasn't even a grappling match, if all Conor was allowed to do is strike, in other words, he could also kick, Floyd is fucked. Fucked. Imagine Floyd getting a couple leg kicks. He's gonna, it's gonna eat him alive. Dude, leg kicks will fuck your world up. I've never felt anything like it. When I went to Spaceland, yes, I, I was obsessed with Jason David Frank. Dude, I was the ultimate Power Ranger nerd. And when I went to Spaceland, I got to meet Jason David Frank. My body was trembling. Right, it, dude, I was such a fan. And that dude, he was like, dude, I want to. He's like, I'll leg kick you in the quad, five percent power. And he kicked me so lightly in the leg, and I thought, as soon as he kicked me, I thought I was going to throw up. And it was 5% power. I had the utmost respect at that point. Dude, for you held hands for harder kicks. You actually let him choke you out. You let Jason oh, you, you, you choke me unconscious. Uh, hey, everybody, try getting choked out by your childhood hero, okay? <laughs> it's the coolest shit ever. <laughs> when you fucking wake up on the floor and the Green Ranger's standing there, you're going to be so stoked. Dude, uh, he's actually agreed to come on the show at some point as well. We Very plan on cool. having JDF. Very cool. Um, well, fuck, man. Now I forget what we're talking about. You're talking about McGregor Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. Oh, Mayweather. dude. So as far as the fight goes, my take is pretty simple. It's not a fight. It's a boxing match. So I believe Connor won't embarrass himself. I believe Connor will do okay. The question isn't, will Floyd win? The question is, is how, does, how much does Connor make him work for it? It is 100% believable and possible in my mind that Connor can actually catch Floyd. You watch the fucking Jose fight. Connor Jose. Unbelievable nine seconds. Did you watch all the pre-fight footage where Connor sat in the fucking uh, uh, in the drilled, locker room? Yeah, rehearsed that punch move. over and over again. Drilled the exact move. move. Move slip, punch. Move slip, punch. Move slip, punch. Bell rings, boom. Move slip, punch. Punch. I mean, he knew it. And the chance he has to beat Floyd is to watch tape, understand Floyd. He's going to sit there and figure out that timing. He's going to figure out where he can get, and, and he's going to not embarrass himself. Dude, he is the, you're, dude, you described it, unfortunately, exactly like I would have. So now if I try to give my take on it, I'm going to be reiterating exactly what you say. But one of the main things that I hear from people when they talk about this fight is a lot of people who don't. They just know Floyd Mayweather and they know Conor McGregor at sort of a broad scale. And the number one thing they say is, "Oh, that's so stupid." You know, it's just a, it's a, you know, it's it's like whatever. It's a stupid matchup. And guess what? Yeah, maybe it is in in a certain capacity. But the whole world disagrees with you. 
and everybody involved is going to make a lot of money and people are really interested to watch it. In my mind, there's three different outcomes that can happen, all of which I'm super stoked to watch. The first and most likely, and honestly, most boxing analysts give uh, box his head off about 96% chance of winning. And that's even like favoring Conor McGregor, maybe even too much. So what you get to watch, the most likely scenario is you get to watch uh, a world champion just completely pick apart a dude for 36 minutes. And and to me, a dude, I love a mismatch. I go out and I watch fights on Saipan. They have these fucking crazy barnyard boxing matches that they hold in fucking parking garages. You get to watch crazy mismatches. People beat the the shit out of each other. It's a lot of fun to watch. So that's the first option. You're going to get to watch a world-class fighter box the shorts off Conor McGregor. Now, here's option number two. You get to watch maybe, just maybe, Conor McGregor knock out Floyd Mayweather catch him and becomes a super legend Ireland explodes Biggest Ireland literally blows up as soon ever. as that dude there is, will be death as soon sure. as that happens Ireland blows up and all the people fly around the world they from the explosion to and SBC. they just show up to bars and start drinking and smashing fucking pint glasses into people's heads and they all go start training at SBC his, dude his gym uh, Kavanaugh's gym to me that's honestly a really a really cool option and then the third is you actually see a boxing match and you get to see and, and to me I also enjoy that option because then it sort of achieves what a lot of UFC fans have been wanting to do for a long time and disassociate boxing from the legitimate combat sports arena. <laughs> what and I don't think that's going to happen. What but a it, lot of people don't see, though, is I don't think a lot of people are looking at the aftermath of this. The aftermath of this is pretty simple. Number one, this is helping revive boxing, which has been dead lately. So it's starting to put a little juice back into boxing. Huge. And for the boxing fan, it's going to bring MMA fans back into the boxing world, and I think that's good to see. Uh, what it really does is it brings a lot of those boxing fans to MMA who would have never otherwise acknowledge it because MMA is a joke. Right. But here's the real big move that I don't know if this is going to happen. I, You know this of me. I listen somewhere between five and ten hours of MMA podcast a week. Straight up. So, you know, as you much actually as, listen to MMA hour, don't you? I listen to MMA hour. He goes deeper than I do. I can't go yeah. that deep. Uh, uh, co-main event podcast, uh, um, uh, MMA beat. Those are my three every week. Luke Thomas, uh, uh Promotional malpractice, that's another one I listen to regularly. And then there's a few others. MMA Radio is a daily thing with uh, George Goes, Gorgeous Goes, uh, George and Goes, the the host and co-host there. But anyways, um, things they're talking about, to me, this is the interesting thing. Is Conor's going to go fight the best ever? And he's going to lose. That's what we all believe. But now, Conor's going to be able to say, I stepped into your ring. I did it your way. Now come fight me. And the boxers that we're going to translate into fight, we're going to see a better crossover of both sports. I yeah. think of the exposure it's going to bring. And, of course, if anybody thinks that it's not about the money, you're a fucking idiot. Each guy's at least making – they're literally, literally each getting a nine-figure payday. And then there's some debate about how much more Floyd's making than Connor and whether that's actually mm. worth what it is. I, dude, when this, this whole shit first started – I was like 100% Floyd's worth more than Connor. He's earned bigger paydays in the past, so he deserves a bigger paycheck in this fight. But like I'm starting to rethink that. I think Yeah, if, if Connor hadn't brought this fight to him, like how how many other boxers could have challenged Mayweather and it wouldn't have been any more publicity than it is on any other fight. Nobody gives a fuck about Canelo. When's the last time you when's the first time you ever heard of Connor? Do you know? The was first he in the time? UFC yet? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first time I heard of Connor, he wasn't in the UFC. What was he? Was he Strike Force? What was he fighting? No, in? no, he was in some like Irish promotion. He was over in the UK. He had nothing to do. Strike Force was dissolved at this point. Strike Force was said and gone. Bellator wasn't really doing much anymore, or yet at this point. Bellator's really done well for themselves lately. And Connor was like, "I will be the first UFC multi uh, division champion." He was already a multi division champion, and I can't remember the name of the promotion over there. But he actually held two belts there. And he's like, I will be, I'm the king of the fucking world. All this shit people says he's talking, he talked in this low-level promotion. If you go to his Wikipedia page, we can actually pull up his uh, MMA record. Uh, Wikipedia pages are fucking phenomenal. That and Sure Dog. I know you know Sure Dog. Um, and, and he said that. And I heard that before he was ever on MM, uh, uh, in the UFC. And uh, even Rogan acknowledged him in that. And you've what heard Rogan legend, talk about that. Dude, to make that claim and live up to it, that's so sick. And then the first time I heard him interviewed was on Hawaii. MMA hour and MMA hour is like fucking four hours long. I can't make fun. Is of Is he still banned from USC events? No, dude, that that turned that over turned so over fucking quick, quick, man. Uh, there's actually an MMA uh, journalist association. They just started the MMA. MMA, MMAJA, if I remember the initials right. Uh, ben Folks and Chad Dundas and a couple other guys uh, just started that. Anyways, this is where I nerd out is, is when we get to this stuff. Um, he was on Aero Hawani before he came to the UFC, and he made these claims again. And I'm like, man, this guy's brash. This guy's bold. And then I watched that fight. Ooh. And he made another claim. In the second round, I will knock his fucking head off. And I forget what we but second round. In the first round, I'm going to fucking choke him. First round. Whatever he called, he did. Such an insane rise to fame. Yeah, man. And, and Connor, I think Connor's worth more. Not because he's the more accomplished athlete. Not because he's the more accomplished fighter. But who draws, like, how many of my friends are interested in watching Floyd Mayweather fight? Uh, two. S yeah. How many of my friends? Hey, by the way, I'm getting that fight. You coming over? You know I'll be here. Dude, Mayweather, yeah. you're in town. You coming over? Uh, for Mayweather, McGregor. If you were in town, would you be coming over? Oh, dude. I've already had four me? or five friends. My boy Mark Moore is going to be coming over. So friends who have no interest. Why? Because McGregor. Because McGregor, who's worth more? Well, dude, he is. Well, he's more interesting to watch Floyd. Like, dude, Floyd Mayweather. Like, what? I mean, I I hate to to shit on him, but like, dude, Mayweather he's a point Pacquiao. Fighter. Mayweather Pacquiao. Yeah. Like, what a, you know, like obviously, if you're like, oh, there's a lot of diehard boxing fans that are like, oh, that was such a great fight. It's like, dude, to ain't for sure. And it was it, a, it was a great boxing fight. But Strategic. to anybody else, like, it's not pulling any interest from anywhere else. People, other people who mm. don't give a fuck about boxing, watch that. And we're like, fuck that. GSP was. Do you know what a point fighter is, Nick? A point fight, yeah. Someone who's going to win the fight, not to win the fight, but yeah, they're winning on points through the fight. Yeah, they're they're fighting to win, not fighting to beat somebody. And it's the least interesting way to watch a fucking. It's boring. Event. And GSP got accused of it. But man, when you are the champ, when you're a number one, and when you're on top, you've got to protect it. So I don't fault point fighters. I actually respect point fighters, but it is boring. Unless yep. you're a true fan of the art, it, it is fucking boring. So that's going to be good. Well, and that's what's cool with what Eddie Bravo's doing with Ten Planet Jiu Jitsu. He's making a submission only grappling. Like, dude, because these point, I mean, these point Jiu Jitsu guys were super sick at it, and it wasn't that interesting to watch. So now you've got submission only matches. You know, Chell's been actually using those rules. Yeah, he yeah he got him from Eddie Bravo. Yeah, it, dude, it's so cool to see BBI Eddie Bravo Invitational. It's dude, it's so cool to see that guy, and it's honestly kind of alarming. Because you could make the argument that Eddie Bravo 
belongs almost on the Mount Rushmore of jiu-jitsu at this point. For be- sure. Because he created his own. I mean, I-, I don't know enough about it to really make that claim, but I know that he essentially created his own style with the rubber guard and the electric chair and all this shit that he designed. But he also is like a borderline flat earther and shit. It's so borderline dude, yeah, I've been flat earther. To, I've been waiting to bring that up. Dude, it's so borderline flat earther. He thinks that the earth is flat. You're aware of this. It's, He's not borderline. Dude, he loves it. It's it's so crazy to me that that you can take a guy that goes into such a complex martial art and one that takes such severe dedication and it takes such a brain. But then he like, dude, he's, I mean, whether or not he believes the earth flat, I, I, I think, I think he's toying with that idea, but he's all about tower seven, nine, 11. Dude, he's all about tower seven, trails, tower dude. seven, he's tower all seven. about that shit. Yeah. Like 100% he's in that realm. And it's just, it's weird to see a guy that is so respected in that martial arts community, even fuck with the idea that the world is flat. But like, some of the most brilliant minds are crazy. 100%. Look at the brilliant minds in history. Look at the brilliant minds in time. And they still try to prove it daily. Some of your most brilliant minds are absolutely a little bit crazy. Psychos. And Eddie Bravo is one of the most brilliant BJJ minds out there. I've been told I'm like the Stephen Hawking of skydiving. What, that you belong in a wheelchair? Maybe. That you sound funny when you talk? Maybe. Um, Sorry. No, no. So actually... Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We, we kind of got sidetracked by Ben and CCMA. CCMMA. Which he actually started a, a Canvas Conversations MMA interview. So he's done some really cool shit. Check it out uh, if you're online. CCMMA. I can't ever say those letters too much. Um, so you coming out? So by the way, back to something earlier. I uh, you just you just I'm you just, just getting ready to talk. I'm not nuzzling. Wait, this there's thing a fight. Yet, there's a fight there. on the eighth, right? This Saturday night, there's a fight. You said you're solid. You yeah, already yeah, dedicated yeah, yeah, yeah. that. This Saturday night. It is a pretty good card. Uh, Nunez versus Shevchenko, which is a I do. I love watching Amanda Nunez fight. Dude, that... She is an animal. She's two fights away from convincing me she's nonstop. This fight won't convince me because Shevchenko, she's all... I, I just... I, Shevchenko is just kind of, for me, eh, But she could shock me because we didn't think home was going to beat Rousey either. Oh, man. no, yeah. I was super shocked by that. So the Shevchenko fight, again, is not a point prover to me. Whoever they put in front of her next will prove to me, and I already believe it, but will prove to me... Nunez is going to be dominant. 380 or 90 days already as reigning champion as far as uh, 135 female goes. I love that the UFC is also harbored the only sport that men care as much about the women division as they do about the men. Dude, like I, straight hey, up, dude. I, I am a serious WNBA fan, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies can dunk. <laughs> Girls can get some hops. Dude, I love how well the MMA. Dude, did you see? Dude, it's like, is this good? Did you see that recent fight? And I gosh, I could wish I could remember her name, but she took a shit in the middle of a fight. Oh yeah, oh, that my poor girl. God, oh she yeah, was she was on Rogan's podcast telling the story, right? Uh, if she was, I didn't know she was on podcast last couple days. Yeah, then. she dude, she Felice, definitely told that story. Look, uh, look up Felice Herrig, and then you'll see who she fought last. Felice Herrig just fought some chick, and you actually see a picture uh, uh, of. Um, in the ring, and you could see the poop, dude. The guy who was shooting that photo was just thinking he's going. Paige Van Zandt, is that her? Cha-ching. No, no, not Cha-ching PD. in his uh, head. Cha-ching. Kalen Curran, Go with Kish. Justin Kish. Check Kish. 
Um, I want to say it's that. I'm not 100% sure. Because I swear to God, this girl was on the Rogan podcast and talked about this story. I remember it. She told That's in detail. Right there. Oklahoma City. She told in detail. Oklahoma City. Dude, one of the best things is uh, Justine Kish. Yeah, right there it says Justine Kish poop. One of the best things about Justine Kish Show is it. it was either that day or the next day. She posts something on Facebook or, or Twitter. Says, oh man, sorry I did my best. You can't win them all. Hashtag shit happens. Oh no. Was that shit on the mat? <laughs> dude. dude, I didn't realize that shit got on the mat. No, dude. dude. She straight up poops oh, no. the ring, dude. Oh no. Oh. Nick, do you show this on the podcast? No, for the it's viewers? not on the podcast. Yeah, but yeah. if you uh, yeah, just look up uh, UFC fights, Felice Herrig you know versus that's Justine a bu- You know that's a button click away, right? If you just go UFC fights poop, then that'll be good. And I don't want to show this because okay, this Roger, is yeah, UFC. Yeah. Licensing and shit. Yeah, yeah. And then if I throw it on YouTube, I'm going to get pulled from YouTube. So that's not going to I can share the link on the no doubt on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. P. It's worth watching only because I didn't realize there was actually shit on the mat, dude. <laughs> and that's like, ah, <laughs> uh, dude, it looks um, terrible. I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, it looks terrible. Dude, but I love the fact that she hashtags shit happens on the next day. Dude, I, dude nothing against her. You work that hard and you shit yourself. Hey, yeah, well, I mean, did you, she win the fight? Uh, no, uh, Felice Herrick did poop. Uh, yeah, she uh, got the shit out of not. her. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Come on. Come on. That was a layup. Dude. It was, that was a, a layup, layup, but it was still awesome <laughs> because it's such an easy one. Nobody <laughs> I know has taken it yet. Dude. dude, what? I haven't heard it. <laughs> yeah, man. I haven't heard it. It was the most obvious joke <laughs> yeah. that no one came up with. I've actually dude, heard. People have absolutely. Someone has said that. Dude, I'm not I the hope they I've have. heard it on one MMA podcast. Oh. There and you the go, host ben. said, there I refuse go, to take the joke. It's too easy to say. Uh, she beat the shit out of her. So he acknowledges the joke, but he refused Dude, to tell the joke. Dude, the ref just stomped in it. The ref stomped <laughs> in it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Poor Felice Herrick. She, uh, she, she's a damn good fighter, but she actually recently said, uh, UFC doesn't think I'm, I'm too old and I'm, I'm not old enough or I'm not young enough and I'm not pretty enough for the UFC to promote me. And she recently said that? She, dude, yeah, like, well, you for this the fight. <laughs> well, you took it down in the ring. No, <laughs> yes, well, no, well, that was now you're fighting in strike force. So. Kish was the other chick. Kish took the shit. Not oh, Herrick. my bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah. No, Her- Herrick is a beast. There's no doubt she could be promoted better. Um, wow. Uh, John Reese. Dude, people are all over wa- watching that video. That, that got the most attention ever in the world. Dude. So there's a few things that y- that you eventually want to share. I, I kind of got more questions and things we're going, but so what's new, man? How's Braden Smith doing, buddy? Dude, I'm really stoked to be back in the states. Um, and dude, this last year in my life has been a total adventure. I honestly, I had every intention last summer of going to work at Skydive Pacific out in Hawaii, and that was my plan. In fact, I had a plane ticket bought to fly out on August first. And then Brad Patterson hit me up on a Facebook message, and he goes, how you feeling about island life? That's the message he sent to me. And I was like, I thought that he had heard through a third party that I was going to Hawaii. And I was like, dude, I'm feeling great. I'm actually going to Hawaii on, on the August 1st. He's like, I actually want you to come to Saipan on July 1st. And it was like June 20th at the time. And I was like, dude, I don't even know what that is. And I looked it up. And he told me a lot of different facts about the island and uh, what the skydiving life was like and all this stuff. And he told me that the company would pay to fly me out. And I was like, well, I have nothing to lose. And at if I do fly to Saipan, I happen to be, you know, only an eight-hour flight away from... I, I'm almost the same distance away from Hawaii. And the trip is covered. And I will have a flight voucher that I already purchased with American Airlines or whatever to fly. To. It was like, dude, there's no loss. There's no loss. I might sure. as well check it out. And I wasn't even planning on staying there for a month. And uh, I went out and fell in love with the place. I got there and sort of we have a, there's a rite of passage with, with new guys coming in. And Brad, frankly, created it. Um, 
when I arrived at the airport, he immediately picked me up in a car. He was with two Russian girls that jumped out of the car and they were dressed for the beach. It was like 9 p.m. at night and they were dressed as if they were going to the beach. They jump out of the car and they go, welcome to Saipan. They both run up to me and kiss me on both sides of the cheek. They each kiss me at the same time on the cheek. And I've never seen these girls in my life. And Brad, I've seen like a couple times. I'm like, so far, so good. He hands me a prepaid cell phone with minutes already on it. He gives me a rental car. He drives me to an apartment with a bed made. The air conditioning's already on. Gives me the Wi-Fi password. And then I'm like, okay, so where do we go? Did you bring your glass, Nick? And so then he says to me, he's like, I'm like, dude, so what's the plan? He's like, dude, tomorrow you sleep in as late as you want. The company understands that you're jet lagged. You take as much time as you want when you're awake, when you want to come swing by the drop zone. We'll get you up for a couple fun jumps. See where you're at. If you want to, you can take a driver on a tandem. And that's pretty much the prerequisite. What we recommend is guys do that. And so I did just what he said. I woke up, got in my rental car that he gave me. Drove down to the drop zone, and I did six fun jumps that day. And it was all, you know, obviously, they were uh, covered by the company. They just want you to get the lay of the land, understand the landing area. And, yeah. and I chased every single tandem instructor. There were six guys in rotation, or five. And I jumped with each of them once and kind of saw how they ran their program. And then I did that. Uh, the next day, I showed up, and I took the vice president of the company on a tandem, and then I was in full rotation. And honestly, I spent the first three months there really enjoying the experience, having the absolute time of my life doing, I mean, jumping all day, but then, you know, going out and enjoying, you know, living on an island, uh, in, in a crazy island with cultures that you've never experienced before. And there's everything from cockfighting to fucking parking lot fights to scuba diving, which I had never done. Hey, big shout out to Rob Wallace. Sorry, I'm going to burn you. He's a dive master. My first scuba dive, he briefed me on how to scuba dive on the way to the scuba dive, which I found out later you're not really supposed to do. Sorry, Rob, just threw you under the bus. But that's that was my introduction to scuba diving. So I got all these beautiful experiences, and I really fell in love with it. But the whole the first three months I was there, all I was hearing about was what windy season is like because the trade winds blow in. Mm-hmm. And shit gets a little dicey, right? I mean, you're dealing with a beach skydiving environment. They exist all over the world. Everybody expresses the same thing. Yeah. You got wind that comes in off the water, and it's spicy. The doldrums is what causes that. Yep. Really kick the, especially around the equator, which is where I think you guys are very near. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, Saipan has the Guinness Book of World Records for most moderate climate in the world. It never gets below 75 degrees, rarely gets above 85 degrees year-round. The days don't get longer. They don't do daylight savings time. The clocks stay the same year-round. Um, and so anyways, I, I was there for three months in July, August, September, and then, and October started rolling around and it started getting windier. And I was like, dude, cause I've always been sort of a wind weenie in the sport. I've always w- aired way on the side of caution yeah. cause I, I just feel like I, I just never, you know, I was always really, really careful. And so I took everything super slow, but the company and the guys that I worked with were nice enough to ease me into it at my own pace. And I honestly trusted my manager. He only... I followed him into battle only when, and he, I knew he was making all the right choices because he shut it down in conditions that I was okay in jumping with. When I was first there, he's like, listen, the first thing I want you to know is if you don't want to get out, you don't get out of the airplane. He's like, if at any point you don't feel comfortable with the skydive, do not jump. Land in the aircraft. The owner doesn't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. If you land in the plane, I'm going to congratulate you. And there was one one skydive that I was there in like the first two months, dude. I was one of the last guys out. And we had some weather coming in off the ocean. And it was getting a little bit cloudy. 
and the first five guys had a decent spot. If I were to get out, I would have really been racing a little bit to mm-hmm. get in before the weather came. And one of the things you don't want to do is get out right on the front of one of those cells because a lot of times it's uh, 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 it, it accompanied by heavy wind. And honestly, you're jumping on an island, so you don't want to be in the white Dude, I, I've actually jumped in the front of a cell where my video guy landed in zero wind. I landed in 35 gusting to 40. Straight up. You see a storm coming, there's a calm before a storm. Yeah. That means a storm's coming, motherfucker. Straight up. Don't jump. So and, and I landed in the plane, dude, with a customer. And I thought I was going to get ostracized by the guys that I worked with for being a pussy. And uh, my boss congratulated me. He's like, dude, that take, he's like, it takes more balls to ride the plane down than it does to get out. Yeah. And um, I've, I've done that on a number of occasions. I've actually ridden the plane down because I wasn't comfortable with the conditions. We communicate with the ground the whole time on the way up to altitude with what the winds are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because we... There's nothing there that we want to mess with. We don't want to screw anything up. Nobody wants to get injured. So we're very careful about it. And uh, so my whole prerequisite to working there through the winter was kind of worried what the winds were doing. But we eased into it, and I succeeded through the winter. I had a really successful time, and uh, I, I was stoked. It, I, I, was, I was really terrified about windy season, and next thing I knew it was February. And the winds were forecasted to start, obviously, scaling down at that point into March and April. And then... Basically, once you're into May, you're smooth sailing again until October. So smooth sailing. What are you guys looking at? Ten regularly? Uh, yeah, that's a good estimate. Pretty steady. Uh, pretty steady estimate. Yeah. Uh, eight knots in the morning to fifteen by two. And back then you're down pushing to twenty to thirty in the winters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yep, it'll get up there exactly. It'll start in the morning, and and it, dude, it's so funny because I I remember the emotions associated with working there because on my drive to work, I cranked down this road called Issa Road where you can look out in the ocean and my ultimate wind indicator is what the white caps on the ocean are doing. Sure. And so you know how it feels. You're driving to work and you see a wind indicator, dude. Your heart starts pounding. You're like, oh, man, am I ready for this? And uh, you're frankly working with the right guys and you're getting the right instruction. And I had the right prerequisites to be successful out there. And it ultimately was... um, a really successful year, dude. I'm, I'm stoked. There were so many times throughout the, throughout the year where I was uncertain of my ability and yo, Ben beer fridge. Yeah, absolutely. Tell the man what you want. Oh, I don't need anything, but I think Ben wants a beer. Oh, I'm just letting him get a beer for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take one. hundred percent. Okay. And so who's that for? Is this for me? Thank you, sir. Dude, that's weird. One just appeared. I thought I only brought two. And there's three. Did you buy Shiner? Uh, we have Shiner in the fridge on problem. I don't know, dude. Right on. You know how beer appears at our house. We don't drink it. We don't touch it. So, yeah, the whole dude, the whole year was, uh, was a constant battle of knowing whether or not I could hang. And, and, the con- and I'm not I'm making it seem like the conditions are more intense than they are. Like I said, the manager shut down. When I knew I was kind of good, de- good to go is when he shut the operation down while I was still comfortable to jump. And when that happened, I was like, oh, like, dude, I can do this. Yeah. And then I, and then I started to settle in, and uh, things got really cool, man. I, I, like, those guys are my brothers. They're really great people, and I'm super fortunate to have met them, and I've learned a ton. I'd be really curious to meet, like, the whole crew, just because I've got three homies there. Yourself, Brad. Dude, they're so and, fucking and rad. And Rob. And, man, Rob is such a dear friend of mine. I've got so much love, so much respect for Rob. I'll talk all the trash I've about him. I've followed him for so long, I know what side of the harness he's hanging his dick on, dude. I can tell if he sneezes under canopy. Yeah. Like, I literally have been right behind him, and I say fly tight on his ass. He's taught me so much, man. Rob's a shit. Rob is great, man. Uh, Brad, I love Brad. I actually did... 
So I did Rob, Rob's Brad AFF. is an absolute living legend. Go on. I did uh, Rob's AFF course, not his tandem course. I did Brad's both tandem and AFF. And I met Brad as just a videographer. And I showed up to Skydive Dallas at the time. It wasn't Spaceland yet. And, hey, I'm here to run the AFF course. I show up at 3 in the afternoon, and one of the first people I meet is Brad Patterson. I'm sitting out on the deck by myself, chilling, just ready to j- j- just kick back. I-, I ain't worried about a thing. And Brad's like, hey, what are you doing, dude? Well, I'm just hanging out, and he hangs out with me. Hey, man, what are you doing for dinner? I don't know. Hey, man, we're going to this place called The Loft. And I said, when he said we, him, him and I. He took me to the loft for dinner. He took me over to his place. We played pool. We hang. We hung out. Dude might be the ultimate host. Dude, he from fuck you. <laughs> from right then and there, he was a good friend, and it just never ended. So I love. I'm a bit jealous because now Matthew Peterson is there, Tommy Miller is there, Brad Patterson is there, and Rob Wallace is there. You'll be back eventually, and those and some of those guys will rotate. But man, what a fucking good group of people, man! I'm a bit jealous. Dude, we we have a sick team, and it, uh, dude, there are honestly, and Brad specifically, if he hears this, he might be listening right now. He might be watching this, and he's going, "Oh no, oh no, don't say anything." Dude, Brad is a living, walking legend. I've never seen anything like this guy. <laughs> dude, oh my God, Brad Patterson. He he's dude. He's an ultimate. He's a really good friend. He's a good mm-hmm. host, and. The dude will throw. If you want to go out and have a good time, let's just say you've got the day off the next day and it's time to go out. <laughs> it's time to go out and have some fun. Like, dude, there is you'll never beat him in anything. <laughs> like, I can't even I can't even begin to describe. He's an awesome guy, man. I, I'm super lucky to have met him. And I met him because of you. He actually can't, I think you met him during his tandem course. He yeah. came here to do his tandem course with me, and that's when y'all met. And, and Brad you had the same first interaction with him I did. As soon as you met him, you met one of your fucking best friends. You met a good dude. You met somebody that you're just going to love and cherish for the rest of your life. And now we bring out, we've got this, like, dude, they just constantly bring out these fucking soldiers. Like, I, I've learned so much, dude. Like, when we need help on the island, like, I'm working for this guy who's got, you know, X number of thousands and thousands of tandems, tandems out in the Marianas. And then we bring out this dude named Justin. Who used to work at Spaceland way back in the day? Who works at Guam now? Justin. He's got twenty. Justin Locke, dude. dude. Justin. Did you know Justin Locke? Uh, I don't think so. I think that was a little bit before my time. Justin this started guy. the whole Spaceland chain there. Yeah. He. This guy's got twenty thousand. So as as soon as we're down a guy and we need help, they pop this guy up from Guam. He's got twenty thousand jumps out in the Pacific Ocean, and I'm now I'm learning from how this guy does his shit. And then hey, we need help. They hire this girl named Kim Winslow, who just happens to be. A bat on Arsenal or whatever. She's like one of the best free flyers in the world. She's such a badass at doing tandems. She's so good at her job. Then she shows up, and I learned so many skills from her, dude. I like. I just I've gotten the ultimate of a really cool like sort of advanced intermediate to advanced tandem school from these people, and it, it just seems like every couple months they dump somebody else into my life who has like a lot to show me, and because of that I've been able to soak up a ton of knowledge. And you know, ultimately, be better. You know, try to be better. the 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 hardest part is not getting burnt out, dude. At this point, the hardest part is not getting burnt out because when you do, you know, eleven to twelve jumps a day every day, like you just gotta constantly find that motivation. Understand that these people are paying a premium to do what you did on your first time, and it changed your life. Dude, listen to that right there. If you're a tandem instructor, if you're a skydiving instructor, and you're listening to what he just said. I care what you get paid as far as I want my friends to make the best money. As far as customer service goes, I don't 
fucking care what you get paid. They pay $200. Straight up, dude. They deserve $200 of customer service. They deserve it, to change their fucking life. They are almost always there to celebrate something special. Their birthday, their friend's birthday, an anniversary, their vacation. They're there for the ultimate life experience. They pay $200. They deserve $200 of customer service. We have a lot of dope videographers at Space Line. We're very, very blessed. But I've taken a couple friends recently on tandems, and I request Mr. P for the videos. Part of it is, and I told you this, I just want to skydive with you, dude. And this is a good, cheap, lazy excuse to skydive with you. But, Nick, you give that, like, hey, this is your lifetime. How this often is your are you slinging experience. a drone outside the... Uh, enough to stay legal. Right on. Uh, straight up, dude. Yeah. I actually, most tandem courses, when I take you on the front ride, it's a recurrency jump for me. Oh, okay. The director of tandem operations for GPT has a probably very, very similar problem. Yep. Um, it, it's... it's uh, these, these guys are great, but you're telling me all these things and all this education you guys are getting. I've come up with a great plan. Something that's changed over the years is emergency procedures you were trained for by UPT have changed. Some people argue and say they haven't changed. And I'm not going to necessarily argue or agree or disagree that they have or have not changed. What I'm going to tell you is what you once knew is probably different than what we say today. Maybe because somebody taught you different or maybe because the ideas have changed. What's the mal? Uh, collapse drogue and toe. The old book answer says pull your reserve. Collapse drogue and toe. Disconnect RSL. Cut away. Pull your reserve. On a Sigma system, if your drogue's inflated, and then you pull your drogue release, and it collapses, but nothing comes out, more than likely your container's open. Fair statement, right? Yep. So the fear is if you just go straight to your reserve, the bag falls out, you have a problem. You cut away, so if the bag falls out, it goes away. You disconnect your RSL first, because if the bag falls out, both attachment points. So sure. you have three anchor points, riser, riser, RSL. Sure. So there have been quite a few changes. Something I've been doing, something I've done, and actually I've done this with Spaceland, is I do tandem instructor emergency procedure review i don't sit with you and say yo bro what's your reaction to this hey this is a malfunction what do you do i do this cool why sure i don't care what your answer is i care that you know the why i don't care you know what i care you know why because you make a more educated decision right so tandem instructor emergency procedure review takes an hour to an hour and a half per instructor even if you're good it's important after the video we saw from yeah then uh, the other thing that I've been very blessed to do and consulted with a couple of DZs, including Spaceland, is I do tandem canopy coaching for tandem instructors. What y'all need to do is y'all need to actually bring in an expert in Saipan to do tandem instructor emergency procedure review to invest in these high-quality assets you got. And while that guy's there, maybe he does a little tandem canopy coaching for a couple sure, weeks. Sure, sure. Now, if I do that, uh, maybe I'm Wallace the guy. Is the dude. I don't know, man. Then what that needs to happen is I need a video assistant to help me produce this. You know We're what I'm all saying? going back to Saipan. Yeah, Mr. P. <laughs> dude, yeah, dude. Rob Wallace is your guy. He's dude. That guy. Do you even understand what's going on? He's trying to get himself and me out to Saipan right now. He's telling me talk to Rob is what you're telling no, me. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Communicate with him, dude. I'm going. You guys got to go to Saipan. I'm already there. It's, uh, it's like uh, round trip. Um. Round trip, we're looking at like eighteen hundred boys. Oh no, no, no! I'm getting Saipan to bring me out so we can take care of business. They're, they're going to bring me in as a consultant, as a contractor. Yeah, we're an expense to That's the drop zone. Like. Right? That's what I like. Now Dude, you guys are speaking my language. I can, I can negotiate. I know the people with the checkbook. Now he's hearing what you're saying. Right? Now I get that. it. Sorry, guys. I'm yeah. a few beers deep. And back to I can do this by myself, but it really is helpful if I have a good production crew with me because when I shoot these tandem video landings, I'm shooting landings all day long. To have another video guy help me, it's super important. What do you think? I need to be there. That's all. Whatever I need to say to say, yeah, I need a free trip to Saipan, I just pretend like I said that thing. Boom. That's what he just said. 
So uh, maybe I, 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 I say this lightly and just, but at the same time, I'll talk to Rob. I'm serious. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, there's it's my excuse to get to, to Saipan. Dude, it's a great place to visit. And there's, you know, uh, we got we got great people. And I would love to see more of you guys. And we got to figure out how to pipe me in from 8,000 miles away. It's going to work, man. Oh, that's it's easy, gotta man. It's got to be easy. I got OBS. You know the patch to bring Skype into OBS. I know how to picture in picture in OBS. It's all there. It's all there. It, it, it's all there's there. There's uh, uh, there's a number of podcasts. Are, are that we gonna do, do a, a just remote? They all remote in. There's like five or six people that are all on the same screen. They remote in and do a podcast. Are, I've seen them. We should do our very own uh, Mayweather McGregor fight companion featuring Braden podcast. Oh, dude, that would be a little too much chaos and fun <laughs> for a good way, dude. Well, and the other thing too is when that shit goes down, I'm likely. I'm likely in rotation. I'm like I'm likely jumping. Oh man, that yeah, that time difference is is that hard so to aggressive. to keep uh, relationships up in, yeah, this, you in just, the U.S. with you the just time don't difference? Do it. You just don't do it. But, well, I mean, we we're still friends. We, I yeah, say we've we kept up talk. a relationship. We've talked. Well, I was yeah, I was thinking the best time to do it like when I get up, like this morning I got up and I wanted to text Sherry, and it was like I want to say 8 a.m. here, and it was like. 9 p.m. there is the time difference. Let's see what time is it in Saipan. I, dude, I'm on it right now. 12.52 right now in Saipan. Okay, yeah. 12.52 in the in the afternoon. 12.52 p.m. Yeah. So these dudes are... I, I've actually got a bunch of texts from these guys. They're, they're watching the podcast. So right now it's 9. It's so we're rolling about 12, 15 hours. About 15 hours ahead of us. Okay. That, that's where you're at. Yep. You hearing from our boys in Saipan? You yeah, hearing from dude. Brad Patterson? Uh, he hasn't said anything, actually. Good. Then let's throw Brad under the bus. Tell me the best throw Brad under the bus story you got. Dude, I... Uh, hey, Brad. I would love to, but I can't. I can't do it. I, Dude, I have so oh. many good stories. I have, I, have, I have way too many good stories. None of them I have permission, his permission to tell. And I got to go back and see the guy. So I can't, I can't burn him. But just know this. The guy is awesome. And uh, if he ever makes it to Spaceland, just... Buckle your fucking seatbelts. I don't so. care where you go. If you meet Brad Patterson, buckle your seatbelt. What do you miss most about about living here or in the states or in Houston or any anywhere? Gaming. Hundred. Well, you and you. But then second is gaming. Game. Dude, I'm so a gamer. Wait, how come you can't game in Saipan? So they have fast enough internet. They have a fast enough download speed to game. But that unfortunately doesn't matter when you're so far away from the nearest server. Your ping time. It doesn't matter how fast your internet connection is. Sure. You could give me a 100 megabyte a second download, but my ping time to the nearest server where people game is going to be at least a half a second. So so you're getting killed a half second before you can do exactly. anything. Exactly. And, and to put it in perspective. I'm already killing them. Exactly. So I see you. My crosshair's on you. Don't point I that pull, thing at me. I, I pull the trigger. Okay, by the time the bullet gets to you, you've moved, you know, halfway across the screen. You've seen me. And so you, have you tried me. this? Have you tried to do it? I actually played a little bit of Rocket League. I bought an Xbox One because there was a game that came out by a company called Play Dead Studios. Whether you like video games or not, you need to, if you haven't played Limbo, you need to download it. If John Barry is still watching right now, he's flipping his shit because it's such a good game. It's available on a mobile platform. Uh, then they waited five years and then they made a game called Inside. And I'm so fascinated with the company. It's a it's a platformer. It's a 2D platformer game, but it's they're they're so built. They're built so well, and they're puzzle strategy uh, games that tell a, a very brilliant story. They're so fucking good. And I bought an Xbox One just to play that game. And so I did that, and then I downloaded Rocket League and tried to play a little bit. I played against some Chinese guys and actually did okay. I played on the East Asian servers. And the East why Asian do you have to bring up to their Chinese? 
because Chinese and Koreans are notoriously the best in the world at playing video games. So if I held my own, that just says I, I'm still able to do something with a mm. shitty ping. It's still racist. You have a decent ping that direction, a decent <laughs> ping to the oh, West, yeah. to, to US, though. I mean, that's yeah. one of the things that we don't play here in the United States. Uh, some of the games I play, there's a lot of Brazilian servers we can see. And my friends cuss the Brazilian servers, and they hate it. And it's not because the Brazilian... And some of my buddies are like, oh, the Brazilians are cheaters. But I'm like, no, bro. You're on a Brazilian server. You're getting hosted there. They're getting a quick ping. They're seeing everything immediately. We're getting lagged. So we're just dying because we don't know what's going on. So you actually filter your servers based off location, distance, ping. Yo, I'm getting a story. Do you know what ping means or you have an idea what I mean means? I've tested the ping on uh, what's that website that's so popular for testing speedtest.net speed. yeah so I've used that but I, I don't actually know what the ping so means. ping is a word and I don't know where it comes from but John Barry is a submariner and John Perry, Barry would definitely appreciate the word ping uh, for sonar text you would send out a little beep and it would hit something and the beep would come back and okay. the time it took for the beep to come gotcha. back is that ping I pinged it ping ping it came back that's the ping Roger all right I just got permission to tell a story about Brad. Bring it. From Did Brad the, just say? No, from my boss, which is, is better than Brad. Oh, if my boss, yeah. If my boss says it's good to go, it's fucking good to go. <laughs> so we used to... Net every, now, the current way that the, the drop zone is configured, we work seven days a week. It's one of the best things that's ever happened to us because we used to all have Tuesdays off. And when we all had Tuesdays off, that means Monday night, was an absolute disaster because we all knew that we could sleep in on Tuesday. Once we had to work seven days a week, there was no night for everybody to go out and party anymore because we all had one of a, everybody else had to work the next day except for one guy. So there was no longer opportunities for the whole group to get together. So when we had Mondays, Tuesdays off, it was a shit show. This was a fateful day, probably back in September, October. We go out to our favorite restaurant. We start at Himawari, which, by the way, has given me. Severe food poisoning two times. Himawari? Himawari Hotel. There's, it's a Japanese restaurant that's on the ba bottom floor of a hotel. I had food poisoning five times when I was in Saipan. <laughs> two of those I wanted to go to the hospital. The first time I had it, I spent 12 hours in the shower shitting into the drain and vomiting at the same time. With yes. like literally just trying to get ibuprofen in my body and drink as much water as I could. It was horrific. I've had food poisoning five times. Three of the times were arguably like pretty minor bouts two of the times were like hospitalization if there's people listening they know exactly what i'm talking about so himawari is our spot when you start at himawari you're going down a very very dark path because what you do the first thing you do is you order five bottles of hot sake five asahis for everybody at the table everybody's drinking sake everybody's drinking asahi you get the ball rolling we all eat sushi we're having a good time we're having laughs we rent out an entire table in the back corner of the restaurant we're ripping it up, and we haven't gotten to do this in a long time just because no scheduled days off anymore. But this was the good old days, right? And so then we'd go from there. We'd transition immediately to our bar called Johnny's. And Johnny's, everything goes downhill. You start shooting fireball. You get crazy. And it just gets, dude, it gets wild. I've lost all respect for you. Right? You said fireball. We buy fireworks from the Chinese store. You can buy mortars, like legit mortars, and we'll, we'll, we'll set them off without even putting them in, in the tube. We'll just light the yes. mortar and throw it in the street. And they're awesome. Dude, they're incredible. <sighs> and the cops will show up to, the cops will literally show up and they'll go, uh, hello, sir, you know you need to put that in the tube. We want that one to go up in the air and blow up. We don't want that one to blow up on the ground. You have a good day. While we're drinking and shooting off fireworks. Like, there's nothing, I mean, you can't get, There's. you have to try really hard to get in trouble. Have you ever set a mortar off on the ground, by the way? I never have, no. Dude, it's a Beautiful half-dome explosion on there. It is gorgeous. It's incredible, right? So 
2, 2.30 in the morning, I'm starting to fade. All right, it's time for Braden to get home. Somehow I take a taxi home or whatever. I, I disappear. But for some of us, the night continues to go on. One of, other, one of these guys, is, his name is Brad Patterson, and he happens to be partying with one of the other gentlemen in the company. And it's about 4 o'clock in the morning, and they're wandering the street in Garapan that's closest to the hotels, and they're hitting up massage parlors trying to get a late-night massage. Now, whatever that means, there's massage parlors everywhere inside Garapan. With happy endings? That's absolutely an option, sir. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to conclude whether or not they were trying to get a happy ending or not, but no, those, no, are, those, but those are, are available. But it was 4.30 in the morning, and this guy wasn't in business, and Brad was sitting there. He was arguing with the guy, and now and the other guy that's saying that he's watching this guy argue with him about how bad he wants a massage, and he has coined one of the best lines that's ever been told in the history of our company. He, all, this, all my buddy hears from inside the massage parlor is, you don't want the money? We got the money. You're fucked. He pulls the fire alarm and walks out of the building. Okay. What? Yeah. I don't know. Right? Okay. <laughs> so this is... Wait, and, you don't want the money. We got the money. You're, you're fucked. fucked. We, we don't know what, what it means. What part of that makes any sense? We don't know. We still don't know. But and he fucking is he, How shitty is he right now? Oh, dude. Com- dude, completely blacked out. Completely <laughs> blacked out. Okay. Okay. Brack and party. And, they're, and so he walks out and they're building a, conce- they're, they're building a casino. And my buddy's there. He hands him all of his stuff, and he says, "I'm gonna go climb, climb that crane. It's 500 feet tall. It's a crane that you use to to essentially build a giant hotel and casino. Yeah. And that's the last my buddy sees of him. So I, <laughs> the next day, I wake up at like nine in the morning. Groggy. It's our day off or whatever. And I wake up because I hear somebody stumble in my house. And I, Brad was my roommate, and he rolls in in his boxers. And he's, he's only in his underwear, and he's completely black. He's covered in grease. And the police had brought him home. They didn't, they didn't take him to jail for public intoxication, because that's not what they do. They, they just bring you home, because they're fucking awesome. But Brad had, cli- had climbed all the way up the crane and was swinging from the hook. <laughs> what? Are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> fucking 400 feet in the air. Completely blasted out of his mind. <laughs> and the cops found him walking down the side of the road covered in black grease. We're talking like Derek Zoolander after the mine scene covered dude, in black Dude, I don't grease. know. I've never seen that, but yes. <laughs> like, dude, he... You, you don't... It's impossible for me to describe... Yeah. It's impossible for me to describe exactly how legendary this guy is. And so I get a hold of him, and it's 9 a.m., and he's at my house. He's covered in grease, and I'm like, dude, what happened? What, what the hell happened? And he's like, dude, those are two of the best cops I've ever worked with. I'm like, what do you mean? Worked with? <laughs> what is he, fucking CSI right now? <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? I've best cops with. you've ever worked with. He has a lot of these type of interactions. You know what I mean? And he has both their names written down on a piece of notepad. He's like, dude, these guys deserve a commendation. He's like, they're good cops. They're good fucking cops. And... I'm looking at the, like, as I look at the piece of paper, I'm like, okay, lieutenant, like, whatever, and lieutenant, whatever. I'm looking at the piece of paper, and I look back, and he's naked. It was like I did one of these. Like, I, I looked at him, looked at the paper, looked back at him, and he was totally naked. And he had a bottle in his hand that he got from the freezer. And I'm like, Bradley, and he's just drinking straight now, and he's completely buck naked. And I'm like, Bradley, we're done. We're done drinking. And so... I take the bottle and I run outside with it and I'm in my underwear. He's still naked. <laughs> and I chuck it down the dune, down into the jungle. And we live like in a, in a pretty dense thick of the jungle. 
I chuck it down there. He gets all pissed off at me for a second. And um, I, I don't actually know Brad all that well at this stage in the game. Hold up. I got a message coming in. He might be wanting me to add a detail. Perfect, sir. Oh, okay. Right on. He's good. I, I hit all the details. So I chuck the bottle down in the forest, and then I'm like, let's get this guy tucked in. So he he sits down in the Lazy Boy. He's buck naked. He's laid back and uh, in the Lazy Boy in my house. And Rob calls me up because he wants to take me. This is the This is my first scuba dive. He wants to take me on my first dive. And he calls me, and he's like, he's already lived with Brad for like three months. And he calls me. He's like, let's go scuba dive. I was like, dude, I can't really go scuba dive. I'm kind of having to babysit Brad right now. He's like, dude. He's like, that's Brad, man. He's like, he's just fine. He's like, is he asleep? I was like, yeah. He's like, he's all good. Let's go scuba diving. I was like, so I just leave the naked guy in the lazy boy? He was like, yeah, just leave him there. I was like, okay. So we went scuba diving. By the time I had gotten back home, like he was fully showered and like dressed in like city street clothes. And ready to go like nothing happened. Oh, dude. He was like, he goes, I'm so sorry about last night. He's like, shit happens. I was like, shit happens. <laughs> and that was, we went about on our business. You know, I've never been the drunk guy in the fucking recliner. I've never been that guy. Well, you've never been the drunk guy. Yeah, I've never Just been the drunk right guy. There. Never have been the drunk guy. And I feel like I need to ruin a night and possibly some friendships and get super fucking shit-faced. Hell yeah. Wow. I actually can't believe I'm hearing that out of your face hole. I mean, I'll probably never actually do it. But it's just like, uh, I mean, if you guys are going to try and talk me into scuba diving... I'd probably do the getting super shit face thing first. Wow. Speaking of which, what happened to Mr. I don't know. Ben Nelson disappeared. I don't know where he went. Many P. Peaced out. I'll tell you what you guys are missing in this room is a fourth microphone. Uh, Overtime, that's coming. So right now where I'm at is that mic right there is one of my borrowed mics. I have a full, I have like 13 mics that I tested different type styles, side presentation, dynamic condenser, whatever, and came to the conclusion that these were the styles I needed. And money's been. You heard some of the money situations with dealing with this uh, yesterday, dude. And the the price you told me you got in at. Oh, I'm still with good. The quality you're putting out is fucking sick. See, the biggest problem still I have a lot is of money. I am making nose love to this pop filter all the time. So actually, my goal that he probably Ooh. doesn't like is to get another one of these. Ooh. No, I think that's that a mic. really good idea because then I'll start. Es- I'll, I'll not Eskimo kiss. Is that the Anheuser time. you bought to do voiceover with? No, that, that's one I borrowed from a buddy of mine, and it's part of a, a full system of setup I have. And I eventually want to return it to that dude, so I'm going to actually get another one of these, uh, Audio Technic- Technicas. Uh, I forget the, n- the number, but these are really, really great mics. They're highly recommended in the podcast scene. Um, but What's so fucking funny? That <laughs> mic- I'm watching footage of myself rub my fucking face on the goddamn <laughs> he, he gives filter. Eskimo kisses to the pop Dude, I, I do it as... Like, Totally unconsciously, I just start rubbing my nose on this thing because it feels so nice. I caught him one day doing. I'm like, yeah, he totally called me out on it. Are you Eskimo kissing the pop filter? And now he does it all the time. Mm -hmm. I can't help it, especially when I catch the rim just a little bit. It's like, oh. So my goal is to once I replace that mic, that will become my backup mic for that fourth mic for Mister Mister Nelson. I have one more headphone uh, outlet, so I can actually, and I already have a backup headphone right now, so I can put four headphones live. And then I could put splitters on that. So my goal is to actually get two more mics said and done. Because I told you, new chair, couch. Right on. Two guests. That's sick. So then I need those many mics. Dude, do you know? I need those many headsets. Dude, if I fu- dude, if I lived in Houston, do you realize I'd be fucking begging to do podcasts? I would fucking live here, dude. Yeah, why wouldn't you be part oh of every God, single podcast? Dude, I would dude, fucking live you here. Dude, straight up. 
from the beginning, I've said it oh, to man. today. I've said it, and actually, Nick said it on one podcast. If Braden lived here, I would be fired. He would take over my not throne. True. Not true. He'd do my thing. No, that's and, fine, man. And you, no, not true. No way, dude, you've done such a good job. I'm here for <laughs> color, dude. I don't do any of the tech. I, I'm here to drink, dude. I push three buttons and I still manage to fuck uh, it up every time. Producer, here's the here's the thing that we've talked about that needs to be added is, I'll, and I'll show you how to drive this. What you need to do is on OBS, this is going to be boring to the users who are watching. How many users we got right now? Not very many. All right, so like pay attention to that because I found that's a huge lie. Okay, I, I've I'm seen sorry. two viewers and four people comment. We ha only have like 4.6 million people watching right now. Right on. Perfect. So inside the scene selection, all you need to do is add a single window Yes. that is just your Chrome browser and you can click on it and not click on it. So you can have something pulled up in Chrome when you want the users to see it. It's already set in your window as a small... Uh, just a pop-up in like the bottom right corner. You click the window, it appears, and then it disappears when you want it to. I'll show you how to do this later on, Nick. I already know how to do these things. I I've used yeah, these yeah. before. Um, I've done some picture-in-picture -picture, uh, uh, broadcasts for the rating center as far as other things go. And it's super easy. Um, I want to show you a couple things. Yeah, I just got to line it up with... Uh we just need just to find line up the window with the browser, right? right? And then I can show whatever well, I want. Well, no, actually, you just picture do Picture in picture. What you do is you you add a in inside the window inside the scene selection you add a frame you add a picture and it's a window and then it'll ask you what window do you want it to be and you select Google Chrome you select your Chrome browser it's it's pretty dope and then you can throw on a picture of my hot girlfriend for everyone to see <laughs> she did, she was looking pretty how you did saw you her? how did you meet her wasn't didn't he have that up on the I iPad? met her at Johnny's Johnny's yeah. What's Johnny's? Johnny's is our watering hole. That's, that's our bar, dude. Oh, that's the bar. J-O-N-N-I-E-S, Johnny's. J-O-N-N-I-E-S, Johnny's. Yeah. We can actually just... This never DJ's explaining technical things to me that I will not remember. This never has to be live. Right now you can broadcast the whole desktop. We could show the whole desktop, apparently. I'm going to get you figured out on this. this I'm going to show everyone all of the things. Oh, Braden. So when are we going to the tunnel? How um, long, hold on, step one, how long have you known that you were coming? Uh, I mean... How long have you had a plane ticket in hand? Uh, not, uh... Just over a month. Yeah, 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 month. Plane ticket in hand just over a month. Yeah. Planning phase, we started planning this before we started planning, before we started getting the uh, intro ready. We started planning this before the intro. You guys been plotting on me, what's yeah. up? Oh, motherfucker! <laughs> so, uh, how, well, maybe that's not a good question. When was the last time you flew in the tunnel? So, originally, my plan was to spend enough time in Tokyo to fly in the tunnel in Tokyo. They have an ISG tunnel there. Um, did not be I was not true to that plan. The last time I flew in the tunnel was likely with you at whatever the last time we were at the... Um, Austin tunnel together? No, it would have been the memorial. Memorial, okay. Yeah. It would have been memorial. I have a vivid memory, or vague rather, of us circling each other on our heads. You know, I had my very first, I guess maybe this wasn't the first, because iFly did fly me to California once, but they flew me to Portland for another project. Sick. For, fly me, flew me to Portland when was for that? a video project. Uh, I was there maybe a little over a month ago, they sent me up there. and uh, I didn't know you were still doing work with them. Who's yeah, your contact there? Patrick Frammel. Do you know Patrick? Fuck yeah. Frammel's yeah. the shit, dude. He's, the lawyer? Uh, yeah, he's What the guy. a good dude. He cues he me in on projects from here to there, or here and there, and... I still talk to Rusty. I'm going to do some projects for the IBA here pretty soon. Rusty, dude. You know what's cool about Rusty is I don't know him that well. 
and like really? every, I get the feel that you guys are boys. Well, we like, are. You we guys we are, are fucking boys. Tight. But I hate to say that because Rusty is like such an old school celebrity in the tunnel flying community. You can't just roll around and be like, yeah, I know Rusty Lewis because you sound like a shithead. But I'm a yeah, I'm a fucking boy. I he, when he was flying corporate jets, he used to call me from the phone in the jet while he was flying corporate people around, and we would fucking talk business. Rusty's my boy, actually. So I'm gonna take back everything I said. Rusty's my boy. <laughs> And every couple months, I'll just get a text from him, and I send the same thing back. He's just like, miss you, man. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. He's such dude, a good I, dude. I really like Rusty a lot. He's so like, solid. I, I hope to feel like one day Rusty and I are boys. You You'll know? never get there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You'll never get on my level. Hater. But, no, when we email, like, I love when he says, hey, mate, you know. Makes, such a good Makes guy. me feel super in the club. Dude, you he's know? English. He's handsome. And no, but he's great. You know, the most, the most humble fucking dude on the planet he he like at one point it's probably not the case anymore but at one point he had more tunnel time than like anyone else on the planet oh that's no surprise and he would never bring it up in conversation i interrupted you go on no i was just gonna say he he's just i know that he's a good dude because last i was bidding for that for a project for them he said hey we want to do this this many videos for this thing what's what's it gonna cost and i was like well let's say i don't want any money let's say i just want some ridiculous amount of tunnel time and i was like let's say like (laughs) Blah, blah, blah hours. I want this much. And he's like, oh, we can do like way more than that. <laughs> like, So to know that I came to the table with the number that I thought was going to be a lot. And he's like, no, dude, we can do more than that. It's like, this is a good dude. This is a good guy. I, I, I like found out what I'm doing next week with Nick Law. That's what I just learned. Fuck yeah, dude. What? What are you doing? Flying in the tunnel. Doing some tunnel yeah. time. Hey, I haven't got that tunnel time yet. Flailing in the tunnel. I got to be real. With I got to make 80 videos for them first. Dude, they, so they sent you to Portland. Yeah, so you, you know they laid people off in Portland. You know what All Abilities Night is? A lot is? of places. More than Portland. It, I think they had some company wide layoffs. Just yeah. trying to save Dude, some that money. Stings. They're, they're trimming a little bit. They're they're learning to work more efficiently with the staff they have, so they don't need as many staff because they can be more efficient. I don't know. How I, I, I think about they're that. trying to work out a three man rotation, three instructors. So one teaching class, one driving, one in the tunnel. Every instructor that ever listens to this, they know that's way too fucking much. It they is a know lot. That's they were doing that at Memorial for a while because they were understaffed, but I think they tried it company-wide for a little bit to see if it's something that was feasible, and I don't think that it is. I think that they end up really dude. behind. Dude, they yeah. end up behind, and, and you end up, dude, you're compromising out safety, staff. dude. You're, compro- you're, you're, dude, you're working your guys too hard. Those classes, dude, especially at a place like Houston or a place like Dallas, Dude, those classes work you over, man. You get these fucking big, heavy students that just, I mean, based on a number of different factors, have no business being in that wind tunnel. When we went there with Judson, they were working that three-man rotation. And yep. it was slow when we went there because we went at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, actually, we went at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. That It was a weekday. But uh, even dead, those guys were they, they were, they were all occupied the entire time. Dude, the three men, one yeah. driving. One in the tunnel, and then one gearing up students. And yeah, one, students. one taking class, yeah. yeah. Jesus. But uh, I, why did I bring this up? Why did we start talking about this three-man rotation thing? Oh, you asked me about Portland. So uh, do you know what All Abilities Night is? Negative. So they, they have people, let's say that you uh, are in a wheelchair, or let's say you have some crazy bone disease, and your bones break, and you I can't like do anything. So they uh, accommodate people of any disability. And these people come in, and them and their families fly for free on All Abilities Night. So th- it started in Portland, and now has, has spread to be a company-wide thing. Way so to go and score points after I was just going to shit on them for having three 
three instructors, they well, bounce I, back. So at, in Portland, it's where they started the whole thing. And the, the, the woman who started it, she has a, a son who's autistic. So she's really familiar oh, with yeah. the special needs, children, community. You know, How's he doing there with the noise? I know it's an issue. Uh, I, I met him. He seemed like a pretty cool kid. He, he really liked to fly. Um, but uh, he didn't seem to be to be bothered by uh, what was going on at the tunnel. I just I, I feel like I have a memory that sometimes kids with autism are like overloaded by like sensory overload. Depends on the spectrum. Yeah, um, right, right, right. I, I grew up working with special need kids. It's just something that I've I I've grew been up a lot. on the spectrum, so I know a lot <laughs> about it. My parents worked a lot in churches, and they dealt with a lot of special needs kids, just because that's what you do. A lot of times, it almost seems like church is people's Sunday babysitters. There are people who send their kids to church on the bus because that's how I got my free time for four hours today. And there are a lot of special needs kids in churches because of various reasons. I don't know the personal motivation of the parents, but those are some of them. Right. So we dealt with a lot of them, and my parents still deal with a lot of those. And and even I have a neighbor, actually, man. Uh, his daughter is autistic. She's 13 years old. And I have not got to hear her play the violin yet, but apparently she is a goddess with a violin. Wow. And, and I got to meet her recently, and I immediately opened up to her. I have a huge heart for, for special needs and different uh, folks. And uh, the spectrum. Some of them deal really well with noises. Some of them don't. It's like any extra different need. And by the way, I saw your girl post uh, or share or say who's, something. Who's is that? that on the stream? Oh, that? dude, that's not on the stream. No. This is just us private. Okay, you're you're right looking on. at my computer is what you're seeing yeah, down that's there. That's her, dude. She's beautiful. Dude, I like her a lot, man. You are dating up. Thank God for women with bad taste of men. You know what I'm saying? Dude. Don't leave me. Dude, yeah. seriously. Yeah. I'm way out of my league with this one. She's fantastic. She's way smart. And she's a reporter, dude. She does the reporting for Saipan, so she works really hard. She does a really good job. Does and she do any live reports from uh, the nether regions of Braden Smith? No. <laughs> because I'd be interested in seeing that. No. Uh, and here we go live to Braden's taint. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know he wipes it the right way now. <laughs> Where he's been wiping front to back, Braden. She definitely doesn't do that. Oh, I, my God. Fact, she needs to start. She's listening to that right now. Yeah, that's fine. I might be hey, Sherry. Hi, Sherry. I expect a uh, friend request pretty soon. Nicholas Lott. By the way, uh, John Barry, holy shit, let me know when you want to fly. Uh, I want to come fly. Fuck. Or when you fly, I want to come to fly. So John oh, Barry wants fly to with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, what are you doing tomorrow afternoon? Nothing. I'm off. I mean... Let's do You're it. You're always off. Where, where, I know what you do. What, I'm not dude, asking what's the, you. What's the schedule like? Can you Let me pull whenever? it up. I have a tab for that. Oh, ben found that earlier. Where the fuck did oh, Ben do you, go? Do you he still, just totally rolled on the us. password and shit. Hey, no. Do they still no, trying to keep that secret? No one has the password. Don't they try to keep that fucking shit secret. It's so funny. I do serious work for the company. <laughs> I have privileges. Dude. <laughs> um... Dude, we're <laughs> listening. I'll friend you. That's what your girlfriend just said. Sherry, you're going to hate me. You should definitely not do that. No, yeah. Well, save your time. Save your energy. Say, save your life. You Sick. seem nice, Sick. and I'm a monster. Don't you, love how they, don't you love how they got that built for mobile? <laughs> yeah, dude, how it I, scales I, to mobile automatically? I, I, I love it. What cracks me up is I've actually had a couple instructors go, man, what's wrong with the password? I'm like, you're using the wrong password. What's the <laughs> password? I'm like, I don't even fucking know. Dude, <laughs> I don't even know. You know what was cool? When I used to work for the IBA, I used to have all the IPs for all the cameras because I would I would run like their competitions remotely. So I could like be sitting at my house at like 1 a.m. and just, you know, just be bored and see if they're like, I know that they're like doing tunnel training or mm -hmm. something or they're flying late and I could like tap. I could just totally open up the live streams of the cameras, which is, in my opinion, a feature that they should 
open up widely, but there's you know some logistical areas. Okay, I mean, we got two thirty, three thirty, six o'clock. The evening looks pretty open. Six thirty to seven thirty. So what do we? What are you doing tomorrow? Six thirty, dude. Do it. Okay, I'll give him. A, I'll give him a call tomorrow. Put me in the. Put me in, coach. God, I'm so excited to hold hands with you upside yeah, down. Yeah, I brought, dude. I brought my G3, dude. I'll tell you what. I f- completely forgot how to fly in my head. It was so cool. I went out and did. It was on my one year anniversary in Saipan, <laughs> and I went and did. We just happened to have a four pack, so we could do uh, two fun jumpers on that load. And it was me and Kim Winslow, this fucking badass free flyer, dude. Unfucking believable. Chick. I looked at those pictures. All right, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. You saw him. No, and, dude, I she's such today. a badass. We didn't dirt dive anything. She didn't want to dirt dive anything. She didn't fucking need to know shit. I just went to her. And I was like, listen. What's going to happen is we're going to get out of my head, and I'm going to need a little coaching on the hill. You're going to need to crack my body position a little bit, and then you can Hold carve around stable. me. Dude, and that's exactly what I did. We got out, and she's like, boom. She's like, chin back. She gave me like just the perfect tips and had me fucking stable on my head. She let go of me, carved around me, flipped to a sit, you know, did that whole thing. I, you know, I pulled out my usual bag of tricks. Nothing special, but, you know, I can show up. I think it's there. special. Yeah, like, dude, I'm. Yeah, Speci- I'm not. I'm never gonna break a record. I'm it's never gonna be special. But I'll tell you what, together. dude. I'll show up. I you can pull me in from the bench, and I'll do what I need to do, depending on the skydive. But you are 30 days away from breaking a record. That speed record. Fuck yeah. What, yeah getting man. fat. Getting fat and breaking speed record. God, do you, hey, around, do you want to have a contest of who can get the fattest in 30 in 30 days? Uh, do you no. want to lose everything you own? What do you want to bet on that? <laughs> I don't know. Dude, I've, ne- I've never dude, been good at gaining weight. 30 days? Do you realize my appetite? Dude, I constantly have to control myself like a drug addict. You're Right now, when you look into my eyes, you're looking at a dude who's thinking about food. Dude, what, let's I'm have, always hungry, Let's dude. have a taco eating contest. Curse. You want to go to Torchies? We'll eat some fucking tacos? Oh, brother, Torchies. Brother, 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 brother. Come on, we'll go to Torchies. We'll, I was thinking about Torchies we'll, all day. Dude, we will order trashy trailer park tacos uh, and nookies until the fucking sun comes how up. How about that queso? Do I get queso? Oh, dude, of course. Come on. <laughs> Why are you even bringing up queso? I, already, I just ordered yeah. two orders of chips and queso while you were talking. Uh. <laughs> Dude, I love torchies, man. I, though, yeah, food is something. In fact, I scheduled my visit around entirely just going and eating pho for the first time. Like the Vietnamese, like I go and have pho at a place on the island that it's actually also a brothel. While I'm eating pho on the island, there's a Chinese mamasan who will come and offer me a menu of women while I'm eating from time to time, which is really kind of awkward. That's awesome. Yeah, but the pho that they serve isn't any, Wait, any good at all. We can go to Saipan, have pho, and prostitutes? Dude. Dude, it's in the same building. I'm looking up tickets right now. Legitimately, this woman comes up and she goes, you want date? She goes, you want date tonight? And her face is pulled all the way back because she's got all this Botox and like a crazy face. And I'm like, no, it's okay. She's like, you sure? And then she like waves a, some young girl to come over who speaks no English and tries to offer offer them. Ooh, I saw those ticket prices right there. $2,000. Yeah, 1860 was the lowest number I just saw. Yeah, it's not cheap, dude. You, dude, have you looked on Google Maps where the fuck you're going? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Hawaii is halfway there, and I remember that awful flight to Hawaii. Dude, it's so far out there, man. You are exposed. There is fucking nothing. Nothing. I, it's, it's Hawaii's middle of nowhere, and then you go in you're even that more. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Dude, you like pho. Do you like uh, ramen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I'm good, down. Good proper ramen. Well, absolutely. What are you doing for lunch tomorrow? Dude, I'm gonna be at the drop zone. There's no question. I'm gonna go and fun jump all day. Go do your jumps then. Yeah, uh, dude, I'll tell you, man. If you like ramen, there are some good ramen joints here in Houston. And tomorrow, Valerie and I happen to have the day off at the same time. Oh, kick ass! My day off was gonna be planned working with you. 
you've resolved that problem. It, yep. it was it was you just car decided issue. to scrap it. Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow morning, I'm gonna wake up, do a little bit of work at my desk, take care of a little bit of business I need to take care of, and I'll tell you right now, my wife and I are gonna go have ramen for lunch because oh my god, there sounds is some, good, doesn't it? There is some killer. Now here's the one problem with ramen. God damn it, don't follow my diet worth a shit. But that is just one of my guilty pleasures because I love me a good pork belly ramen. That is not that keto life. No, no. It, it is not, dude. And I walk away from there feeling just. Are you trying? Are you trying to do a keto fun. thing? I say I eat keto like. Is right. how I actually explain it. So a lot of my meals are very ketogenic. Valerie shops very ketogenic, but we just make compromises and we make acceptance. Quality acceptance. of life goes up. Um, dude, I honestly believe that. I've lost 25 pounds. I lost the first 12-ish pounds you look great. through just straight out cutting out sugar. And then since then, um, the next tw- uh, 12-ish pounds, it's been almost purely through more keto. And I'll tell you right now, there's zero doubt in my mind that every single time I break the keto diet, I see it on this. I weigh in twice a day, very measured times, very measured circumstances, uh, empty bowel, empty bladder. I, I, I make sure I have a consistent weigh-in twice a day. And when I am not eating smart to the keto diet, I immediately see it on the scale. If I'm eating keto and I'm and I'm and, and, and I don't know if I'm ever in true ketosis, but when I know I'm pushing very hard and I'm eating meal after meal and being very smart about my diet, I see. Dude, get burn. the pee strips, dude. You don't have to test your blood like no, this. No, I don't crazy think the pee strips. I don't think the pee strips do it, man. No. I don't think they do. I think if you were a diabetic and uh, you're testing for ketoacidosis. I think, God, I might be even be getting the wrong words, but I think that that's what the P-strips are for. Oh. But I think to test for nutritional ketosis, gotta do blood. I think it's a blood thing. See, I'm not and, so... And I've got that blood meter. I'll prick, your th- I'll prick that little finger. Dude, you can get my little prick. Dude, I've seen him do it. So I'm not... So I don't mind the prick. I don't mind the blood. I, I can deal with that. I'm just not so 100% sold. I'm not, I believe in what the keto diet is. I'm sold on the benefits and, and, and the changes and the difference. But man, you and I are the same, dude. I'm constantly dreaming of food. I constantly want food. I am a fat kid at heart. Straight the reason up. I got up to do 200 pounds is because I'm fucking hungry. Dude, I live in a jail cell. Oh, dude. I live in a jail cell. Ice cream. Ice cream. I want ice cream. Cookies. Right now. Cookies, dude. Let, let's get I mean, some I, junk I food. I think everybody's hungry. I think everyone has that feeling. I think that I want candy. Evolutionarily, we weren't candy programmed bar. to have food available all the right. time. Like It's just like... <laughs> Snickers. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Rocky Road. Mint chocolate chip. <laughs> you speak the truth, man. Strawberry rendezvous there is with brownie. No reason no, for my body to store this much fat on my body yeah, at any given time. Evolution never imagined this. Never yeah. imagined supermarkets and you know agriculture. And we we just have food all the time. So, yeah, it's programmed yeah. into your body of like, yeah, I want to eat right now. Because historically, food hasn't been so readily available. So it's like, yeah, when food is there, you eat it. And then you're going to put on a little bit of fat. You're going to burn that off when you don't have food. But now we always have food. So you keep eating and you put fat on. And then you keep eating and you put more fat on. And there's just no end to it because you can always get food. And so, I mean, I, I love... I love being on a diet because it's difficult, because it's a struggle sometimes, and because I enjoy the rewards of being able to overcome the feeling to eat. The you know? focus we talked and about also the thing today. The focus that it requires translates to other aspects of your life. I oh, know yeah, that. for sure. I mean, it's just like uh, John Barry, speaking of him, has told me a million times, seen me stretching, and he'll say, hey, do you know that stretching increases your pain tolerance? <laughs> like a million times he said that same line to me. But I think it's the same with, with fasting and with anything that's difficult. That Any takes, challenging stuff. Yeah, it's going to apply to other things. And, uh, I mean, you listen to the Rogan podcast as much as I do. That uh, There's a lot of new science coming out that's 
It correlates the, 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 the connection between struggle and feeling content in life. And it's like, yeah, I, I did this difficult thing. Like, I wanted to eat ice cream and pizza and goddamn sandwiches all day today, and I didn't. I didn't. Dude, I stuck to the thing that I warm. said I was going to do, and man, do I feel great. And because, now what else can I accomplish? Yeah, right, exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that same uh, ability to, uh, you know, uh, stand up to struggle, stand up to something difficult. Now, now what can I put that same... That same feeling, what, what else can I apply that to? Dude, I'm about to fucking burst. I'm going to go piss. I'm going to have one more beer, then we're going to wrap this thing up. I know we're getting close. No, no, it's all good, man. Do your thing, man. Uh, it, it's You and I talked about it today. That rewarding thing is it's huge for me. I used to always think, like, man, it's my reward meal was kind of a cheesy line. But today I work hard. And you and I, we, we, we've gone to a meal recently. We're going to a meal again recently where it's straight up a cheat day for you. And for me it is, too, because I, I push my limits to, uh, like, I'm, I'm not even pushing. I'm beyond what I can eat. But now I have to work hard to deserve that meal. So as much as I love food, it's even better when I get, dude, when we get that chocolate fondue and dipping strawberries. Dude, it's going to be my, crazy. Oh. I'm going to be, uh, you're, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be all out. Dude, and it's going to be a good time because that meal is not only going to be a fat, juicy meal, man. Uh, uh, just kind of get people into what we're doing. A group of us friends, we're going to go out and do fondue for the night. The Melting Pot is a phenomenal restaurant. If you ever go to the Melting Pot, expect to spend a little bit of cash. But cheese fondue, man, a good salad, a, a, an entree fondue, man. I'm going to have lobster. I'm going to have shrimp. I'm going to have beef. I know this already because I know what I get from this joint and that chocolate, man. But the amount of time it takes to eat fondue, it's the fellowship of people. As good as the food is, we're going to have a damn good time. We just, we just got to get that locked in. We got it locked in. I just need to let uh, uh, Lombardo know. Oh, so she's the only one that hasn't confirmed. She's the only one I haven't told the date. I I just told her we're gonna let figure it out, and then we'll what about Brayden? Is he gonna be in town? Isn't he gonna be in town? No, that day? he's not. That oh. pile of tits. Hold on a second. We're gonna find out when he gets back. From he's the not gonna be back. If he is gonna be back, Brayden, when do you come back from your parents? I'm pretty sure he's already. He's not back in time. Uh, I, it's like the twentieth or something. I I gotta look. We need we're to find going out, out for sure. the twentieth, right? The night of the twentieth. Melting pot. Thursday night. Fondue everything. I don't think I'll be here. And, what? And, Why? And, you just and, said you're going to be back the 20th. And you, the horse you rode in on. Pile of tits. Dude, he just, he's worthless, man. Fat kid in my ass. I he thought, doesn't appreciate food. I love food. the melting pot. Uh, a, a group of us, a, good, a group of good friends, uh, Stephen, Nicole, him, Sam, myself, Valerie, uh, uh, Tommy's little girl. Kick ass. We're all going to go do the melting pot. Just, just a good time, man. I really enjoy the place. Uh, Nick's been before. Has Sam been before? Uh, you're Sam? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Valerie and I have gone on a few occasions, and I don't think... Uh, I'm positive uh, Nicole and uh, Stephen haven't been, and I'm, I don't know about uh, Lombardo. I don't think she's been either. So you've been there, dude. It's such a great Fantastic. social experiment. It's the best. It, it's so, like as awesome as the food is. The fucking everybody social scene is it, way better. Except for vegans. <laughs> vegans wouldn't like it. But everybody dude, you else. know what's funny? You know I was vegan for a really long time, right? Dude... I was vegan for like nine years, almost ten years. I know everything about you. Okay, Go well, on. hold on. I'm just you. sharing it for the viewers. Then <laughs> the people don't know this. I, dude, I didn't. I actually didn't know that you were legit vegan. Oh yeah, dude, forever. It doesn't surprise me. I stopped me, eating meat when I was twelve. Dude, 
because I saved a bunch of baby birds out of a fucking nest, and I had this crazy adult panic attack of like, I love these birds. I can't eat meat. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> and then it, shut the fuck I up. I swear to God. When you were twelve. I was twelve. Was yeah. anybody else in your family a vegan or had any dietary restrictions? No, I had a friend who was vegetarian. Oh, so you just rolled in the house for like, mom, whatever you've been giving me, it's gotta yeah, change. No more. No more. <laughs> no more. I love these baby birds, and I can't eat them. <laughs> Oh, that's so fucking good. Uh, oh, but I watched a, a documentary the other day made by a complete fucking idiot, which is a shame that that's, uh, that, that that's allowed. Terrible. But this guy that was just a huge, uh, he had made a, a, a documentary that was basically like uninformed vegan propaganda. Like he would call the American Cancer Society and he would say, hey, I found, he would just call some random customer service person for some, some number he found on their website. He would say, hey, I'm on your website, and there are recipes that involve meat. And this study that I found on the internet says that meat increases your risk of cancer this much percent. So why is that on your website? And it, this is just fuck? Joe Schmo who's trained to answer questions from fucking oh people God. who want to give donations. Oh, God. He's bastard that has to pick up the phone and, and deal with this bullshit. Yeah, and that's the stuff he's putting in his documentary. So it's like, oh, well, I asked them a question they couldn't answer, so I'm obviously right. And it's like all this really small-minded shit that I would have loved when I was vegan to listen to this guy Dude. and be like, oh, yeah, totally. These guys, everyone needs to be vegan. These guys don't even know. Now that shit bothers me so badly. I, Dude, so I recently, well, not so recent, but I watched a... So, you know, Bill Maher just recently bumped into that conflict because of what he said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because yeah. he's not, he's a house, you know what I mean? He's not a field. You don't have to say the N-word. You can just say N-word. We're white Okay, people. he's a house N-word, right? Um, and he got into that whole controversy, right? And recently, it's got me thinking about Bill Maher. But he made a documentary once upon called uh, once upon a time called Religious. Hilarious. It's hilarious. But here's the thing: I see a similar thing like that. Like in Religious, there's a scene where he goes into a church next to a truck stop and tries to yeah. preach his atheism to these guys, and they obviously disagree with him, and they obviously don't listen to his points. And I'm just like, dude, what a waste of fucking film and, frankly, my time. What did you think was going to happen when you went to some truck stop church in the South? Did you think you were going to walk in and convert people? Did you think that you were going to display how ridiculous their Christianity is? It's like, no, dude, all those facts are already on the table. See, I, I mean, I, I'm not a religious person, you know, I? Uh, but I, I view that movie a lot more as a comedy than as a documentary. Right on. You know? Spinning it from that angle, I like a lot more. Yeah, but I mean... You gotta. I mean, you gotta realize there there are crazy people in this country or, or anywhere in the world that believe crazy things. Yeah, and, and I, I, like, I honestly don't even go as far to call them crazy. I just call them, uh, you know, they are raised in a certain. You, you well, know, I it's mean, like it's, a, it's psychology. Yeah. Like the if you if you study the the base, like the root of all of this stuff, there's a there's an inclination in the human uh, brain to believe in things. Right. And if you explain it all the way, then you can you can see all religion is that same thing. All belief is that same yeah. thing. My belief in being vegan, my belief in being kind of a weirdo naturalist hippie, like it's my brain wants to find something Straight to up. believe in, and I understand that that's a function. So I'm going to do my very best to assign that function to positive things that I think lead to positive outcomes. And it happens to be super comforting to believe in an afterlife yeah. when you watch relatives die and you yourself are faced with the afterlife yeah when you realize that oh my god someday this is all gonna be gone and you may have thought about it after eating a pop brownie <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know if that's you true or not. turned off but you i mean that can be very fucking intense yeah so we've all i mean 
Yeah, anyway, so I, I understand the comforting uh, part of religion. God, how do we even get started on religion? Oh, religion. Religious. you talked religious. about, well, you talked about the vegan thing, and you talked about seeing a documentary that was so fucking stupid, and that's what I thought about Bill Maher's documentary. No offense, Bill Maher. You know, you're fine, but I'm not that I much I don't of a think fan. Bill Maher's listening right now. Nah, he might be. But fuck him. <laughs> Dude, no, he's, I, he's our number two fan. You know who the number one fan is. <laughs> yeah, I do. My yeah. bestie. Your bestie. But no, I... Uh, I thought the movie was funny. Have you seen uh, Bill Nye debate this guy Ken Ham? I've uh, I've, I've witnessed a number of Bill Nye debates. I don't know who's who's so Ken Ham. Ken is Ham is a curator of a creationist museum, and so he's a he's a New Earth creationist. Are they doing it as they like walk through? Yeah, they walk through this. The, uh, it's a with life, kids. Yeah, the ark. With the, kids. They've rebuilt the ark, you know? <laughs> yeah, and they go through and just justify everything in the Bible. Yeah. No science, no rationale. Just the Bible says this, so we're going to figure out some crazy fucking way to make that true. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely lunatic. And the, the young people that come up to him and the questions that they ask, like it's so obvious that they've led these crazy sheltered lives. And it's like, don't you have the internet? Like, don't you have the ability to ask any question you want right. and get a pretty objective answer on the internet? Right. And I, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with people believing in things for the sake of believing in them. But when those beliefs come to put down others or the things that other people believe in or to cause someone to build a suicide bomb yeah. or to burn people because it's the Crusades and they're witches. Yeah, that's like, when shit gets real. Yeah, so, I mean, the religion is, from one person's beliefs, I don't think it's harmful, but when that coalesces into everybody's beliefs and the things that someone will, you know, that mob mentality can can rationalize, I think it's really dangerous. So I'm hopeful that in the future, people will uh, think of something else to believe in other than, than religion. Well, one of the things that I think, too, contributes to it mostly, or has a large contribution, at least in the people that I know, is how close you are tied to your family. Because our parents grew up in a different time. And if your parents are religious, if you're a 20-something and your parents are, are religious, it's likely that you were raised in a religious environment. And if you grew up close to home and you stayed close to home and you shared that same... Dude, there's no way that you're going to, like, become an atheist. It's, like, really difficult to, like, not... To, like, have all the same friends and shit and then all of a sudden stop going to church and, like, believe... Like, you're going you're gonna to bark up a wrong tree, but... We live in a community where that's super easy because none of us live near our parents. Now, I got to argue with you for one second because you know this. I grew up in a very religious society. I grew up in private schools. I went to private college. I think you know I went to pastoral the I went to Bible college for pastoral theology Bible major. Did not know that. I was an assistant pastor in a church Shut for six the months. Shut fuck up. I, dude, we're just shitting on Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I know the DJs. Dude, how uh, did you know that and you not stop me sooner, dude? Because, no, because he I, knows my beliefs. I mean, I don't know if I really know your beliefs. Did you think I, I was I, disrespected at all, knowing how I feel? Uh, I don't think that you would feel disrespected. I think no. you'd feel pretty open-minded to yeah. someone else having or a difference of opinion. Dude. Respect each other. That's my that's my yeah, biggest thing. Right on. So that being said, I I went to Baptist high schools. I went to Baptist elementary schools. I also went to others, but I went to a lot of private Baptist schools, including Baptist Bible College. And today I'm friends with a lot of people on Facebook who went to those same Baptist schools, who are the kids we grew up and so the people you just described. You know how many friends who are agnostic and atheist in my Facebook groups who are former Christians? It's actually a fair number. It's amazing as some of the friends I have on Facebook who grew up in a Christian lifestyle, a Christian society, who are devout, staunch, 
ultra, like I grew up in a household. I grew up in a society that women not only, only wear skirts and dresses. When you're sitting down, they can't come above your knee. Well, no, dude, I, I did the same shit. That's what I was, the, the, what I was saying is that I grew up, dude, I made profession of faith. I was raised in Christian schools my whole life. I would still be maybe doing that stuff if I hadn't gone to boarding school and moved away. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I had stayed local, that's yeah. that's what I mean. It's like the, our friends, our circle of friends is mostly people that have transplanted and no longer live around their original group of friends. That was the point I was making. Right, and I was only, I was going to agree with you and say that I think uh, religion is very much a cultural thing. Straight up. It's so not a coincidence that there, you know, America is mostly a Christian nation that produces yeah. mostly Christian children. The same thing with the, the Middle East and Islam and... Uh, you know, you can. It's you know, regional and, and cultural thing that people who are of religion generally have children and pass their religion and their beliefs on to them. And uh, I don't. Did you ever see the movie Jesus Camp, dude? You dude, did I put you on to this? You recommended that to me. I watched it and uh, I was I was blown away. <laughs> so DJ, this, so this movie is a documentary about uh, little little kids. I think they're probably maybe between the ages of six and. 12 or 13. It's on Netflix. Going to, to Bible camp. You need to watch like and eight it's, minutes. It's called Jesus gist. Camp and it's, uh, it's, oh, dude, it's insane. It's so intense. It's, it's basically the a documentary of the, I don't think the people in the documentary really understood what the people were filming for. Otherwise, uh -huh. I don't think they would have really agreed to it. But, serious. The, it just shows the indoctrination, like the brainwashing of these kids. And, like, they have a room full of kids praying to a cardboard cutout of George W. Bush, because this movie is a few years old, and begging him, praying to George W. Bush, this cutout of him, to make abortion illegal. Dude, it's These are seven-year-old kids who just, yeah. they do not understand what that means. There's no, unfortunately, I believe this. And I, there, there are kids in tears, like crazy adult tears, crying dude, over, please, George Bush, make abortion illegal. Red-faced, tear-streaked faces of, like children crying to God. It's crazy. It was, and, it was wild. And this woman who I'm sure doesn't understand the context that she's being painted in in this movie because mm -hmm. she looks pretty fucking crazy, but she's like, she's she's just talking. I think she's on an interview on a radio show and she says, you know, it's, it's proven that if you can get someone to believe something before the age of seven or eight, psychologically, they'll believe in it forever. And it's like, lady, that doesn't make God real. Like, it doesn't make any of the things that you're saying right now, it doesn't make them true. Mm -hmm. Just because you can get someone to believe a thing, just because you can get a whole lot of people to believe a thing, does not make it true. And it doesn't mean it's going to stick. Because I know a lot of us have changed that life. I, I don't find what you're saying crazy because, unfortunately for me, I grew up in a lot of churches that were very open-minded and said, this is what we believe, this is what we do. But at the same time, you've got to interpret things on your own and find your own way. Uh, my parents were very big on question everything we teach you, to question everything you believe, because if you don't question it, you don't understand your beliefs. If you don't understand your beliefs, you're blind and you're silly. So thank God my parents, and I, yeah, thank God, my parents raised me in the way of question and doubt all your beliefs so you understand what you believe. And, but a large number of my friends are sh I brainwashed. I, I, I hate to say that word in association to religion because I think organized religion is a much larger problem than religion. Religion is not necessarily God and church. Religion is something that we all have inside ourselves. Dude, and honestly, there's like a crazy, like, so... Sherry, raised Mormon, okay? This is your lady? Yeah. She's from Utah. Straight up. 
So she's, dude, she's amazing. She's so fucking cool. And she's so cool that I don't even give a shit. Right? She, she's so rad. But she hangs out with some of the Mormons. There's a Mormon church out on, on, a, out on Saipan. And uh, I see things and like, dude, I would love to shit on. And dude, she's heard plenty of crap from me about how dumb the Mormon church is and stuff. And I like, I, I rant about it. Uh, honestly, frankly, too much. And to the point where it's just, we don't we really even talk about it anymore. But there was a dude in her church that was driving to work or something. And he saw this lady from Chuk. She was a Chuki from the island of Chuk. By the way, Chukis are fucking crazy. When the Spanish con- conquistadors came through the Pacific Islands and were overrunning everybody and making them all Spanish, they went to Chuk and they fucking turned around and left because they were the craziest warriors <laughs> of all. Dude, they didn't fuck around with Chukis. She saw this lady from Chuk walking down the side of the road who had like five kids with her. Turned out she had seven kids, okay, all under the age of 11. And this guy, this Mormon guy, he's a white guy from the States, Caucasian. He's like driving to work. He sees her. He like finds out from social services that he might need help, that that lady might need help. He adopted all the kids. He's a Mormon guy. He just went up and adopted seven children under the age of 11. He took full responsibility for all of them. He's like, that lady needs help. I'm going to help her. This is my duty. I don't know what his reason for doing it. I'm going to make up the next sentences. This is my duty. I am a Mormon. I'm going to do this because of God. He adopted all seven kids. I made up that shit. I don't know exactly why he did it, but he fucking did it. And that is one of the craziest moral and financial responsibilities I've ever heard of someone just undertaking Jesus. because they thought it was a good idea. Jesus Christ dude, of Latter-day this, Saints. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> dude, so I hear shit like that, and I'm like, dude, I would love to beef uh, on Mormons all day long, but I see a guy fucking st- just do something like that, and I'm like, I I literally no. can't. I couldn't look you in the face and tell you what you believe is not a good thing. See, I mean, Mormons have really good, strong family values. I was actually just yeah. talking. You know what family home evening is? No. So in the religious or in the Mormon religion, family home evening is on Mondays. On Monday, it's everybody's job in the family to stay home and spend time with each other, play board games, do all the shit that families do at home, you know. And I think that that makes for really strong families. I think that's like people from Utah generally have a pretty strong work ethic. I think it's a good culture, and I think the families are strong as long as everybody fits in. I don't the, think I've ever met a Mormon I didn't like. Go on. But the the moment you have a, you know, I dated a, a Mormon girl for like two and a half years. Roger that. And she had a brother who was gay. And the brother, the gay brother, was like disowned from the family. He was an embarrassment to the family. They, you know, they didn't talk to him. Nothing, and he he didn't fit. You know, he they were worried that at, sun, at Sunday church that the gay brother was going to be the just thing that suck was everyone's about. dick. <laughs> He's just no, going to no. run around and start fucking blowing <laughs> people. I don't think that was a concern <laughs> oh, so much. My bad. They That's were just, a way to spin it. They were just worried what the, what are the my neighbors going to think about our gay son, our gay not church going son, and they totally disowned him. Oh, and it's like dude, sure, sick. sure, it's good until a, until a point right. where your beliefs in God or religion or whatever it is, Joseph Smith, that now, now you're distancing yourself from your family, from your own blood because uh, because they're different, that they don't fit the mold. Now we've then gone I down think the sketch gets, wormhole, dude. Yeah, so you I know? think that's pretty monstrous. It's a spectrum, man. It's a dude. It's a wild spectrum. I think uh, good. I think good lives within it all. You know. I uh except for Islam that shit's crazy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not. I'm just kidding. There's good there too. See the me- the message is I mean I don't know it's hard I I've never read the Quran. I don't know a ton about it. I know that it's a very violent book that talks explicitly about a lot of violent actions that you do to people who are different, to people who don't fit the mold, to people who are yeah. you know the infidels but it's taboo to refer to those and people who are 
Islam light, like pretend that that shit doesn't exist. Also, never read the Quran, but everyone that I've talked to that's read the Quran tells me that those passages exist, including Sam Harris from the Waking Up Podcast. Big shout out. Sam Harris is brilliant, and I agree with Serious. most of the stuff that he says, but at the same time, I think that he uh, enjoys being a little bit controversial dude, and enjoys it, enjoys being a little bit pretentious. He you know my, it. you know how I've been listening to a lot Christopher Hitchens. You ever listen to him? Only through the avenues of Sam Harris. I've never like gone out and dude, sought he's him out. Got good you you go on YouTube and look up Christopher Hitchens. Like he's got a ton. Of, he's dead now, but he's got there are a ton of debates uh, that he's taken part of. He's a it's, legend in the dude, debate it's, corner. Right? It's amazing. He's super legit. He's so smart. He's so sharp. And uh, man, he makes some really good points. Fuck yeah. Man, so, as much as Debbie Downer comes in, uh, I, I'm not crushing this conversation, but I do need to look at one thing here. We have nine minutes left on the timer. Facebook turns me shit. into a pumpkin in four hours. So the podcast has no time. Then we can make the sucker as long as we want, upload it, and you can download it to your phone. So our podcast listeners have zero issues. Yeah, but people are going to see four-hour podcasts, and they're not going to listen to those because they think that's too long. Dude. Oh, dude, I do get a few complaints nobody, about the length of these. Dude, nobody does four hours. What the nobody. fuck are we still doing here? Rogan Nobody. does. Uh, Occasion. Yeah, he yeah. Still does. Yeah, yeah. Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. listen to it. Yeah. I uh, I don't know what to say, man. I didn't think I'd be able to talk this long. Time You'd be flew. amazed at how many people come to me and say, A, I listen to these as much as I can live. B, I watch the entire thing. The number of people actually watch this entire thing in chunks. They, they consume it. And th- th- they take it over time. And that's great. But also, there's a lot of people who consume podcasts like we do. I consume a four-hour podcast in 20-minute chunks yeah, or a two-hour chunk sometimes. So fortunately, people act – it blows my mind, the conversations people are having based off of this. Dude, I for sure know that I'm going to be the number one downloaded podcast because of my fucking front white ball sack story. And if you didn't <laughs> listen to it already, tune into two hours and 15 seconds. I'm just kidding. I don't know exactly what it was. <laughs> oh, and no. do, not, do not make a cut out of that and make it a singular clip on YouTube. <laughs> that sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't even think of that. Straight up got it done now. Fuck. Thanks, man. Um, it's uh, actually right now we're averaging uh, just about 135 downloads per episode. That's sick. And uh, that's because we have a few week early episodes. Uh, we're really averaging somewhere around 150 and 160 in the last several. Yep. Uh, Nick's was the first one. So you actually breached 200 downloads. Oh. You busted over 200. That's crazy because I don't understand why anyone gives a shit. Because it automatically episode, downloads the first one. There we go. Okay. There we go. Now it makes sense. Dude. Dude. DJ just fucking lifted you up. He was and like, hey, and this I mean, I really would like to sit in that seat again someday. Yeah. Because it's, like, my, I mean, I was the first one. It was really rudimentary. I'm sure this I'd never listened to it. I'm sure this sounds awful. And I had a whole list of notes of stuff that I hoped we'd talk about. But it's it's so easy to go off on tangents, straight like up. things that you this don't I hit on things, dude, to, my, to talk about. My manager has been hitting me up after I told that Brad story. He was like, dude, he's like, you need to tell this one. He's like, this one's my favorite. <laughs> so I have more, dude. I have more material in my arsenal for next time. Okay, time out. Next time. You're coming back in about 20 days. Let's have him on one more time yeah, before dude, we leave. totally. Shut the fuck up. I get to do this again. Yeah, Let's you'll do be it, dude. Double down, dude. No way. Yes, yes. You no in? way. I'm, dude, I'm 100% in. Okay. No question, I'm in. I would love to do this again. Uh, dude, are you Kay. joking I might me? have to spend the night here because I might be getting shitty on Braden Smith's second podcast. Dude, dude straight up, I got I a guest room. 
I got three couches in the house. You know I'm gonna my make house f- is your house. Goddamn fool of myself. Are you guys ready for that? Dude, bring I'm, it. Down. I will say things that might ruin our friendship. Doesn't bring matter. It. Doesn't matter. Bring it, man. Let's have some fun. I don't give a shit. You can't ruin this friendship. Man, anything else you want to throw out there? Anything else you want to add for our friends to hear? Uh, here's my big shout out, dude. I feel bad for hiring Matthew and Tommy. It wasn't all me here at Scott, uh, out at fucking Scott of Saipan because I feel bad pulling them from the space and crop. But I want uh, the Boyds to know and anybody in a management position at that drop zone that there's no better spot in the world to fucking Scott. I love Scott of Space in Houston. Mm-hmm. I've not spent a lot of time at the other space on drop zones, so I can't speak for them, but I know that space is shit. They have been so good to me in every capacity. They have uh, they've taught me how to skydive. They taught me how to love my job. And they gave me a place to fall back on when I went out and tried to spread my wings at other locations. Uh, they've been a family to me. I, I can't say anything bad about them. And uh, I just I hope there's no bad blood. Um, and that's, that's all I got to say. I, I fucking love them to death. I know when anybody in everybody see, they see you there, they still love you, they still have you. Um, Nick, anything you want to bring up for this boy? Awesome, real shit, man. You are a great person, dude. You're really a really good friend. I shed real tears when I walked into this well, room, I, dude. I love you. I love you I like love a brother, too, man. man. For sure, your blood to me, dude. There's You're my one fucking person boy. I want to see more than anybody else. When I came back, it was you, and I had to fucking wait. I had to wait a day to do it. I was too jet lagged to do it the first day I came back. There was no way I would have any. Energy By the way, May twenty second's the day we planned this. We talked about it for a while, but May twenty second was the first day I, I looked at the text. Yeah, um, dude, I cannot thank you enough. Number one, for just being a dope person. You are a good man. You are a good guy. DJ Broden, dude, I owe you a lot more than you know, dude. I well, actually, you know what I owe you, and that's private. But yeah. you know what I owe you. Um, number one, that. But 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 thank you for being a great person. Number two, thank you, thank you, thank you, dude. You've always been such a good friend. You've been so receptive. And one of the signs of a good friend is we can talk shit and we still love each other nonetheless. But also, man, you motivated me through being a, a friend and a fan of Podcast Together and through actually trying. And, 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 dude, what kind of fucking idiot throws a computer up at his house and starts recording him playing video games and broadcasting? Straight up the dopest, dopest idiot. Yeah, yeah I loved watching that shit, too. I would I would sign on and just talk the most ridiculous, awful shit that I could think to talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I would get Braden laughing oh, about it. man. And, uh, yeah, it was... I wonder was if him and I ever argued. I, I bet you we are... There's a point a couple people... Uh, bombed on me and banged on me. He's like, no, 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 man. Such and such is one of our homies. L- let him be. And, But I can't thank you for the influence you've actually been, man. And I'm so happy you finally made it here. You're coming back at the end of this month. We're going to do this again, even if we've had to do two episodes as- that week. But know this, man. You live in Houston. This is our show. Fuck. That's this cool. Is th- you're not welcome here. This is are oh man, that's show, my such friend. a that's such a cool that's such a cool offer that's such a cool invite and I'm stoked to do it again before the end of the month and now now my boss is gonna hit me up he's gonna you gotta tell this story you gotta tell this story Boom! so now I'm so like, you'll have some stories locked yeah, and loaded ready yeah, to roll I might I might have something in my arsenal ready to rock Love and you. and you're gonna have a little bit of a stand up routine to practice maybe maybe we'll see either that or we're not friends anymore yeah well, well there's you know, that you lost that man that's you a threat that. so cool man Braden. Thank you for being here. Mr. P, as always, man, you are the right hand here. Fortunately, I wipe with my left hand, so you're good and clean right there. From the front, we know that now. Till next time, guys, that is Mr. P. Thank you for having me. This is Braden Smith. My name is DJ Marvin. This is Gravity Lab Radio. Blue skies. We are out, guys.